and gentlemen, I had to make sure that I unmuted our mics, but we are here free from the backstage, live on camera, raw and direct, presented to you guys on a Saturday morning where you can only find that uh, real gaming content right here with Living Split Screen. Uh, that's every Saturday, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. UK time. And audio listeners, we're plugged in for you guys too. Hopefully, you are going to end up enjoying this episode as well. But we are on episode 116. You're locked in with Living Split Screen, a non console essential platform covering everything going on within the gaming industry i'm one of your hosts steel rain and uh i got a brother from another i gotta get to he's also the uncanny gentleman in case you didn't know about that uh he's probably one of the most uh identifiable people if i would say from from what i've seen you know people are constantly checking for him i'm pretty sure they're gonna be sneaking in on his starfield streams and lurking in the background and uh, Palm's going to end up writing a book after he completes Starfield. So, Jesus. Uh, yeah, hey, I'm just saying, I got that much faith. The game's going to be that great. Palm's going to sit down. He's going to be like, look, still, uh, I'm going to have to take a break from Liver Split Screen. I got to write my eulogy. I got to write a note to Todd Howard. Let him know how much of a... How, how great this game was, how appreciative I am well, of gonna, everything that he's done. That's going to be in the preface of the book. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah, so I'll have that. I'll well, have that. Yeah. There you go. There special, you go. A special tribute to Top. Well, looks like what better time to introduce him now? The uncanny gentleman himself, the X-Men that is not Cyclops, but he is in love with the Phoenix, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. My brother from another. And uh, one, of the, one of the best friends that I've made in the last few years. My guy, home. So, what's going on? Bro? Hey, 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 hey! Good morning. It is Saturday morning. We what a week we are. What six days? Five what, days. Five days. Mm -hmm. five, five days away from the real game of the year contender showing oh, on up here, here. Listen, listen. We're gonna hear enough about Armor Core. Six. Okay. Steel's got five days left to convince everybody in the world that it is truly the game of the year oh. until the real heavyweight shows up. No, I'm just joking with Steel. Um, because it is living split screen, because it is Saturday morning, because I have had to have his hype surround me about Armor Core Six. Oh, of course. But I did pop in to that game the other night because I did buy it. Uh, I did pick it up. Uh, got it on PC. Got for so steel, right? those, yeah, I got it for 47 bucks. Um, right day of still on sale. CD keys. Shout out to CD keys. Shout We're not keys. sponsored by them, but shout out CD keys. Um, got it for 47 bucks. Picked it up as I thought I would, even though, again, it's going to disappear from my life in five days. Yeah. Um, I had to try it yeah. out for myself because, again, I played Armor Core back in the day as well. Not as much as Steel did, but I did play a bunch of the armor cores originally you guys know that so i had to check this out had to check it out in 120 frames on pc yeah and man oh man i know steel's gonna talk about it too he's gonna go more in depth than i will yeah. because i played for about an hour and a half maybe two hours uh i popped in the steel stream uh invaded the other night uh while i was doing it but my god from software is at their absolute peak they really really are they have shown that everything that they've learned 
from their meteoric rise with the souls genre up to Elden Ring, which was obviously the peak. Right. Uh, they everything they they've learned up to this point, they put into Armored Core Six. Now, yes, it is cross gen. So, uh, you know, are the visuals going to set the bar? No, they're not going to set the bar. But does any from software game do that? No, it doesn't. They have a unique style with their games. It's not for everybody. But with Armored Core, talk about clean. Talk about crispy, especially on PC, ultra wide, 120 frames. Controls feel great. Uh, the movement is as expected. Steele and I have been trying to tell you all that maybe didn't play Armor Core what this game was about. This isn't your plotting big, gigantic mech. I feel like no. I weigh one million pounds game. No, this feels like I am an elite, agile ninja warrior kind of mech game like this is and again not every builds that way there are some builds in this game that will slow you down Mm -hmm. um but overall that's exactly what this game is about and it delivers in spades it it really does the melee combat boosting into a sword double sword slash feels freaking incredible right the weapons so far and again i haven't opened up uh too many yet because they do cost uh, in-game money that you earn, right? right. Of course. Um, I haven't opened up too many yet, but the weapons I have been playing with, they've got heft to them. The missiles look great. The effects look great. The explosions right. look great. Like I said, there's something... I was trying to pinpoint it the other night with Steel on the stream. They, they, there's something different about the way they do their environments in this game, and I don't know how to explain it, but it just looks good. I tried to explain it as like an architect's initial designs, not the, not the full layouts, not, not the, you know, not that stuff. I'm talking about when they initially just draw up what the, what the building they're designing is going to be. It's got kind of a sketch look to it, but a clean sketch look to it. I don't know how to explain it, but it is freaking awesome looking. Um, and uh, just having a blast with Armor Core 6 the other night was great. Um, it felt like old times again, uh, but just in 2023. Like, that, they did yeah. what they needed to do with this game. They brought it up to date. They gave it the best chance for success possible. And what can you say? I think on Open Critic, it's still hanging at 85 or something like that, maybe an 83. That is a stellar score for a mech game for an armored core game like that is huge and obviously concurrent steam players are showing yeah, that the showing, words getting out yeah. right One hundred fifty thousand, i think peak uh but it's already that's climbing stoked. today yes yeah, i so think i saw clobriel uh put out no it wasn't clobriel it was hazardor shout out to has uh hazardor put it out i think this morning or earlier it was already at one hundred thirty thousand this morning which Damn. means it's going to climb so i expect this probably to peak over two hundred thousand uh minimum uh this weekend maybe even more because the word's gotten out that this game is good it's tough the bosses are tough the first boss if you get this game if you haven't yet and you get this game and you get into that initial opening kind of prologue sequence that kind of gets you ramped into the game right you get to the first boss, which is the helicopter. I'm not spoiling anything. It's a helicopter. We've seen it. They already showed it off before. Right. Um, 
and you're having problems with it, don't worry. Everybody's having freaking problems with it. Steel hey, had problems with it. I had problems I had with more, it. I had more problems than Pong did, yep. and apparently a lot of people are having more problems yes. than even I did. Um, yes. Which is crazy. That was because that was the one thing that I was I was going to I was gonna be very... That's why I didn't say anything when Pong first yeah. started playing. So I wanted to see what his experience was like. But when he did it in three tries, um, yeah. I definitely... Because a lot of... If you guys ended up watching my stream that I did for Armor Core, uh, the very first one, episode one... Uh, it, I, I got kicked, I got killed by that boss several times, not just three, not five. He, like, he, he, he was on me, like, yeah. but yeah. I also yeah. was coming off of playing Armor Core for Answer recently, also coming mm -hmm. off of playing Verdict Day recently. In those games, as akin they are still to Armored Core and similar, this game doesn't play like those games do. So, a lot of those bad, like, a lot of those habits that I built up, um, were kind of ingrained and i had to get past that like no this game doesn't play like that get that out of your head you right. need to be, play it like the game is trying to show you how to play um yep. and just like i told paul in the chat i was like hey let's be a little bit just be a little bit more aggressive really, really take advantage of those moments yeah. and then boom it's a couple tries later he he got it knocked out i was like damn that was impressive but if paul could do if paul could do it guys like i'm not Again, <laughs> and Paul gets this frustrated. True, he can get, he gets true. frustrated with that yes, type of shit. And yes, I'm telling you, it was one of those moments. Games. It was one of those yeah. moments. Like it's it, it can be done because I see that complaint yes. going around. Yes. People are like, "Oh, yes. this this boss is fucking stupid. I don't get like this doesn't fucking make any sense. Yes. How does how do you make yes. this the tutorial boss?" And like I was talking to somebody um on Twitter about it because uh, they were talking about they beat it within the first couple of the tries or whatever. And mm -hmm. then somebody else under them was like, oh, it took me this this many tries. And I was like, honestly, mm -hmm. this that first boss that you run into is a, hey, are you comfortable with the controls check? Literally. Yeah. And if you're not, it's going to blatantly show you over and over again, hey, you might want to make sure that yeah. you're comfortable. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, anyway. absolutely. No, 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 no. It's fine, Steel. I expected you to jump in on some of this stuff um, and add to it when you get when you get to your intro, too. I, I just. The first boss is going to be a temperature yeah. check. For yeah, you. it is. Mm -hmm. And I think, oh, no. Oh, no. It's Alex. He had he he had to play it multiple times, too. And he said, well, this is definitely going to. Oh, um, and if you think gonna, he's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's like he's like this is gonna he's like this is gonna weed out some people right i'm paraphrasing Bro. but he just basically said this is gonna weed out some people right up front hey a god so, emperor he said yeah. the boss was made to filter out the weak he, yo yeah. if y'all think if, if people are thinking that gunship boss is made to filter out the weak yeah. no. no the boss no. that you fight after nah i'm not gonna i'm not yeah. gonna, well they showed yeah. it the dude they the dude showed that showed it. in the trailer that shot a bunch of missiles um yeah. like he had a fucking the whole missile barrage yeah. around him or whatever the rack, that yeah. mech that's an interesting fight. Okay. Yeah. That's like that's that's all I'm gonna say about it. that is a that one is going to be the one to filter you out, whether you just say, oh, I don't uh, I don't know about this. <laughs> right, right. And I think that what they and, and it's fine. Again, these these are from software games, and I'm glad they didn't the way armor take cores it down because the, the yeah, the old armor cores were just like this. Steel and I try to tell everybody yeah. again. That's why you know it, it I'm glad they didn't change it. I, I'm glad that they've made it more uh, difficult. It, it, it's more approachable, right? In a lot of ways uh, they, they've obviously added a lot of um, quality of life stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to change your mech out during your mission, like that kind of stuff. 
that's all different from the old armor cores. The old armor cores were like, no, you got to die and then go back to restart the garage the mission, and then yeah. go, yeah, restart the mission and, you know, try a different setup, right? That's right. that's the way it used to be. It's a lot more friendly now. The menu screens are a lot more friendly now. Uh, the the You can go and just look at the basics, but then you can get hardcore and look in depth into what you're, you know, what you're trying to build as well when it comes to stats on the different weapons, on right. the different body parts. All of that is still there. Still had to tell because I was like, why can't I see? Well, I don't even remember what I was looking for. I, oh, I was looking for range. I was looking for range on weapons. Now, that's not something most people or a lot of people won't probably even you know look at consider but but. it does matter in this game so and he had to show me you know you had to hit y to i think it was to get into the deep details of the stats but it worked out and it all like uh, popped up and i'm like oh there's all my armor core stats look at that this game isn't for the faint of heart it certainly isn't i'm glad that so many people are trying it and checking out again there are going to be new mech fans who've never played a mech game uh, or from software armor core game before that are going to fall in love with this. Right. And that's great for the genre. That's great for from software. I want them to be highly successful as Steele said with this game, because it means we have the potential to get more mech games. Right. I will tell you this, like Steele just mentioned this game rewards aggressiveness, right? In a lot of ways, lot, it rewards yeah. aggressiveness. Sure. There are times you can sit back, pick off enemies, and kind of choose your spots where you go in, um, kind of weaken the defenses per se, uh, and then move in. But you but won't it be does rewarded want for you. That. No, you it, it does want you to get in there. Uh, the other thing, as Steele and I talked about in the lead up to this launch, we've had multiple Armor Core discussions when right. we first started getting hyped about this game. You do not want to stop moving. If oh, yeah, there is no. an enemy still <laughs> no. alive within your range, no. do not stop moving. Do not. You can take a moment to gather yourself if you get behind cover. That's fine. But do not expect those enemies to wait for you. Okay? You be ready because you have to be boosting. Boosting is the key. Get used to it. It's just one of those things. I've caught myself already. Again, haven't I, I popped in armor cores on the 360 because I did pick them up prior to this game launch right. and I, I was fooling around with them, but it took me a couple minutes to get used to. Oh no, I don't even want to just be base moving, like just your regular movement. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be doing that. I want to have my boost on the ground and I want to be moving. Like I, right. I want to be getting around, getting in and out, and getting close when I can. And use that melee. That melee head does have the a melees, recharge. I like on the it. melee in this game a lot. The melee rocks, man. The build. melee, it does have a recharge time on it. So you got to be yeah. aware of that. Once you use the melee, you're not going to be able to go back in for for like it's three about, to five it's seconds. It's about six seconds. Is this from, from my okay. estimate? I was trying to from what I, I was just kind of counting. Seen? So, but yeah, Five but use it. Get in, get out. It this game is this game is really good. So if you guys have been wondering what it's going to be like it is very very good but it is very very tough there's no difficulty settings so don't expect to put it you know Mm -hmm. don't expect to move down the difficulty there's no settings whatsoever um and expect to again try different builds on each level on each boss see what works best for you like steel said the other night and I'm sure he'll speak on a little bit more. Yeah. The game okay. isn't necessarily built for one playthrough. It gets better the more you play it, the more that you go back and replay and there's the changes levels. in the story. There's too. changes in the stories and all that good stuff. But you it's about you figuring out 
how you play as a mech pilot, right. figuring out your best builds and also getting to know the enemies and what works and what doesn't work. That's what this game is a lot about. It's a, it's trial and error. It's kind of roguelike in that fashion. Um, it's, our, it's trial it's error. Like RPG and, style, man. Like that's yeah, literally RPG, what it is. Yep. It's yeah. putting, putting you in this experience. Hey, this is all the elements that you could use to take advantage of your playthrough. How are you going to combine these things um, to take advantage of these things that we're throwing at you? Not like, um, you know, RPG in the, in the essence of like a Bethesda Skyrim or nothing like that, no, 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 but more so along the edge of like that's the only real souls comparison other than some of the bosses being having yeah. more of like that uh staged move sets yeah um that's those are really the only two comparisons that you could ever make to um to from soft but again um for to the souls games and the reason i bring that up is just because again you see a lot of that conversation happen again is this is still very much different from that um in many different ways but you can also tell that they've they've grown as a studio man like yep. you can tell that the development yes. has grown yes. they have changed resources. the resources have 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 gotten much higher so there's a, there's a lot of quality because they want to make this and because they want to make because they want to make this their next franchise we talked about this yeah, they had an interview too we talked we brought this up the fact is they don't want to just have souls right right they they want more than just souls they want to have a better cadence with their games right. and that means having more games in the pipeline not just soul exactly. games and that's why they're bringing back armored core when a lot of people would have looked at the sales numbers from the previous armored cores which we've talked about as well and said why the hell are you bringing back this franchise like exactly. this is niche like niche niche like this is really niche exactly um, so why are you doing this? Because From wants this. They want this in their lineup. They want regular Armored Core games coming out just like Souls games. Um, and I think that they probably are going to try a third. I think that's where they're going um, because it just makes sense. That yeah, it does. You have a game coming out every two, three years in that those franchises. Like That's a great lineup for a studio like From Software, and they have the ability. They have the talent. They can grow that studio. Plenty of people are going to be want to work for From Software, so mm -hmm. they can build up to that, and I think that's exactly what they're going for. But this is a great return to form for Armored Core and really bringing it current day and allowing more people, new fans, to find out that they love Armored Core and what better time than having from at their highest popularity point bring back a franchise again that was very niche. This is a great moment for From Software. It's a great moment for gaming overall for the industry because, again, this can open up for more Huge people door. to try bringing mech games to life. That's what we want. We used to get pretty good damn good mech games now a couple of them were made by from software right like carl mounds and those yes. kind of games were made by my from software too but i think more people will be willing to try to bring mech games into the industry now uh if from can prove this that there is more than just 250 500 people willing to buy a mech right. game if they can get this game to two two and a half three two, million three, three yeah they're gonna yeah. three million that makes it much more viable. So again, hats off to From Software. Uh, you know, I, I I spent a lot of time on Armor Core Six here. So real quick, um, this week have not gone back to Baldur's Gate Three. I, again, time wise, I can't sit down for four hours, and that's what happens to me in Baldur's Gate. It's a testament to Larian that I know myself that I can't 
you know, get my sleep in if I'm going to pop in Baldur's Gate well, 3. Well, you so, and Mav also have a thing right now where it's we like have a thing Starfield's right now. around Star- the corner. <laughs> Mav is even worse than me right now. Again, no, the man went live after PM funny. and the PM. We did funny. three and a half hour, almost four hour show on PM and the PM. All of a sudden, I'm I'm hanging out with Steel, and all of a sudden I looked down at my phone. I got a notification that Mav's going live again. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Is there breaking news or something? What, why is he going live again? I'm like, well, maybe he's streaming a game. No, he's streaming Starfield ads and <laughs> the direct and he's excited, the concert. Man. Like, yeah, he's on another level with his. I really don't feel like playing anything. It hasn't been that bad for me. It's just Baldur's Gate 3 really, again, is a time thing. I just don't want to get into it and and not get my sleep in because, again, I've been, you know, messing with this headache, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So um, but I I, I jumped back into Diablo 4. Diablo 4 is at the point for me where I can stop playing it, especially playing solo. Since nobody else is playing right now, I'm playing solo. It reminds me of the old days of Diablo 3 um when i was a solo player except for my kiddo and i beating at co-op and that kind of stuff but otherwise i played most of diablo 3 just solo so it brings me back to that loving my build as a necro uh it's a really fun solo build um i can run nightmare dungeons by myself like i can do everything which is fantastic so just been going back to diablo 4 having a great time trying to get up my levels in the season trying to get to 100 because i don't you know again i paid for the ultimate edition i want to make the season worthwhile might as well get all the award rewards and stuff right um, i'm like i'm like a level 76 77 now in, in the season pass so just trying to do that um and then otherwise just uh everspace 2 uh, i posted some screenshots yesterday about everspace 2 yeah again as a space shooter looter freaking awesome it's really dope uh, that people are catching on to the game they're trying yeah, it out really jumping in and having a fun time it's gorgeous, with it. yeah bro. i've seen a lot it's of people gorgeous and it kind of it fills that need for sci-fi in there. Yes, it's only space flight. Yes, it's only a shooter. But, it works. but at the same time, it's got yeah. some RG, RPG aspects to it. Absolutely. Um, and, and the story's good enough. It's it's not gonna you know win any awards, but it's good enough. Um, but it's a great game and it feels great. The flight controls are absolutely amazing. They are probably second to chorus. Uh, if you guys heard me talk okay. about chorus, uh, when chorus yeah. came out, chorus is probably the best flight controls uh, I've ever still in comparison with. to Everspace. Yeah. Damn, Everspace nice. two is very close. Once you get comfortable with it, it's a great game. Everspace two. I highly recommend you go check it out. Mm-hmm. It's in game pass. Just a great game. Um, and uh, bro force forever as well. Bro, <laughs> nice little, I love bro force, bro. It's just, it's, it leans into what it is. It's not trying to be something crazy. It is what it is. It's a 2d shooter. Uh, it's fun as hell opening up all the different characters that are all based upon eighties and nineties action stars like Terminator. You know, they got diehard Bruce Willis in there. They got, they got all of it. They just lean into that. They got RoboCop in there for God's sakes. It's freaking amazing. It's fun as hell. It's quick and dirty. You sit down, play a couple levels and then go do something else. It's it, bro force forever. It's also in game pass. It's, it's just awesome. So it's just a good time. Um, so I've been doing that as well, but that, I'll end it there, Steel. I had enough talk about Armor Core 6, I think, for my little two-hour gameplay session or hour and a half, whatever the hell it was. But you, sir, you, sir, have been putting in the work. You've been putting in a lot of work. A little bit outside of just uh, creating an emblem. So, I mean, I haven't put in a whole lot of work. Uh, I got caught up. (laughs) about that my important. game session it's important uh, i mean when you have to make it from scratch and you can't import anything i mean again i like the fact that you can't import it, it takes me back to those black ops two days where you had you had to make a custom emblem um 
so that that's been really dope so that's kind of what i've been working on so any of the emblems you'll see in here were created by me so there's that but armor core six man uh i'm like i mentioned backstage it is it is an amazing thing to see and feel when a game and ip that you have some belief in um that you have always cared for um but never thought that it would possibly catch on um in the future just because of how niche it was right and the whole mech and mecha thing is no matter what side of it that you look at um mecha being more the fast paced mech being more the slower paced action um no matter what side of it that you're on either way it's niche right so i don't know what it is but people have something against robots i felt like i've always noticed this and i mean it's terrible probably thing to draw a conclusion from but like even from like the power ranger days right or the voltron days it's like some people had something against if it wasn't transformers like it just wasn't cool enough like i don't know like i know robotech was cool back in the day um gundam was cool but it still had its own it still had its own niche audience like there's anime and then there's like mecha anime or mech anime and they're like oh, who wants to watch that stuff or play that stuff and that's kind of the feeling that you had especially when you go back and look at the numbers right made a little trailer going through the different metacritic scores and whatnot and when you have a series that since playstation 2 the game hadn't scored anything over a 76 i believe or 78 it was the highest that it got back in the day and then it literally plummeted to where the game couldn't get anything above a 60 like 5 64 or something like that you why why would i anticipate that FromSoft would want to bring this game back but hearing that they did just kind of really coming out of nowhere um introducing this and then it releasing to the seemingly amount of success that it currently has people just really on top of it and i know some there's some new sites that are like oh because of the hype of elden ring because what from software has done with elden ring um oh armor armor core is going to be able to see some success and yeah i can agree with some of that it's definitely opened it up to a wider audience overall uh but i think quality games just speak for themselves overall right uh you can this time around there's there's more of a budget to play with we now have technology that really complements this game very well like i saw people making comparisons to like a three like oh well, armor core looks like a 360 game it's not that impressive and all the um come on man. again like maybe go back i just played verdict day and for answer on a 360 emulator the game this game doesn't look like those games right um i know paul had his little glitch or whatever and we were, we were being funny where because it did make it look like it was an old like an older game because the jack it's my game bar it's my game bar. it's so bro. weird i it's weird it, it washed it out and then i had to turn off my monitor turn it back on because i was trying to take a screenshot right and for whatever reason when i was hitting my screenshot on the controller right on the pc it was washing it out and then i reset it and it was fine and then i tried another screenshot and to steel's point it literally downgraded my graphics where they legit almost it was a little bit better but almost looked like the armor core on 360 like it was goofy looking <laughs> like it, and, it and i lost my ultra wide and everything it was like i i was like is there a retro mode and i was half joking but half being serious i'm like did i activate a retro mode because this looks kind of cool actually in a way 
but yeah, no, it was it was it was. That's that it's it's that PC life, man. That PCMR, right? PCMR, uh, you gotta you gotta love yeah, it. Pong's, happen, Pong's experiencing more and more how how great it can be. Um, yeah, how fun it is just to tweak. I'm always reminded. You know? I'm always reminded of the consistency on console and the convenience of console. Uh, these yeah, games like yeah. to remind me of why mm-hmm. I like my couch so much. But then I get in game. <laughs> I'm my ultra wide and I look at it and God damn, this is beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, so armor core overall is definitely a, is definitely a challenging game, right? Um, it's definitely from soft to tradition (laughs) as far as what I would try to get anybody to anticipate or expect. Um, it's it's literally that if you've played souls games if you played any of their games you know that the challenge is going to be there is it those other games though no um i saw somebody mention that oh well you got to change uh your build for every mission no you don't i'm hard-headed ladies and gentlemen like i don't know if you guys have paid attention to that or noticed that or when i play games um especially it's my passion it's my hobby i like to play them how i like I like to give them, I like to give myself that challenge. I like to see how far a certain build can really go. What is my true depth to this? Is it a skill issue or is it a equipment issue? Um, one of the bosses I fought yesterday, which you're probably going to see me get my ass beat for 90 minutes straight um, on on stream because I wanted to. Sh- <laughs> and the main reason, because a lot of people don't like showing content from them suffering or not yeah. doing well or I. I personally don't give a damn about any of that. I feel like those are the moments that you would want people to see. Even if you're bumping your head up against the wall, show people that you are not perfect. Hey, I had to get this right too. People may feel like I'm a decent game. Like, look, I struggle too. Like everybody is going to have their moments, but if I'm stuck playing a certain way, you'll, and you'll notice I tried to fight one of these bosses with a pistol and my, um, my laser gun and some missiles and i probably should have been backed out of the mission and tried to reevaluate and matter of fact um at the very end of this clip what's funny is because this uh the towards the end is going to be part of some uh some of my gameplay session from last night i got my i got be so bad i had to i had to go back to the garage and figure and figure shit out because it just got to a point to where i was like i can make this doable but it's getting to a point where it it just wasn't making sense anymore, right? Like I felt like I could have been, I could be doing better. Why put myself through this? And that's exactly what I did. I backed out after trying for that ninety minutes that you're going to see me get my ass beat for. Um, I went back, swapped two guns, <laughs> right? I didn't. I, I think I changed my legs too, uh, so it gave me a little bit more viability for as energy goes, because that was the main thing that I've been noticing. I'm just abusing my energy sometimes, right? Get caught up in these bosses. I'm trying to push the limits. That's the other thing that I do too as a gamer because I am familiar with FromSoft. I'm doing certain things to see what the enemies are going to do and how they're going to react. Can I get away with certain things? Do I have iframes doing certain things? Um, what, what options do I have available to me? And I don't mind pushing those boundaries as far as that goes, right? So... It's just different. There's, there is that that layer of it there. But don't be scared. Like, if you feel like a build is working for you, don't be scared to kind of push yourself and say, hey, uh, you know, I feel like this can work. Let me let me continue to push it and see if I can make it work. But also don't be afraid to go back to the garage and try to figure some things out. It's not going to penalize. It's not going to be a penalty to you, right? Uh, it's not going to take away from your experience. You, if you feel like you need to change your build, 
every level, there might be something else going on, right? Maybe there's certain stature that you're not really paying attention to. It shouldn't be that often. Uh, so just take your time with it. Enjoy the game for what it is if you can get into Armor Core. And again, I know that this game will not be for everybody. I'm not expecting it to it for it to. I can see a lot of Souls fans not wanting to get into this because it is I think more complicated than Souls games are. Although, again, even those, I feel like there's a certain level of misunderstanding on some levels um, as far as perceived difficulty and whatnot. And again, unless you're going through trying to S-rank missions, like some of the missions you'll see that I, I was just replaying them and I'm essentially just replaying them for stream because you don't want to really go through and try to s um try to s your missions until you've beat the game once or twice right so you have the parts that you need so you can take advantage of because it's all about speed um how much damage you're taking things of that nature so and then that's when it comes down to the more sweaty side of things too when you're starting to get to a point where you want to s class missions because changing your build in the middle of the mission takes marks it takes marks against you so if you want to get that a you want to get that s especially you have to restart the complete mission no matter what point that you are at uh so you'll want to make sure that you have a good build together so that's why i make that suggestion there but currently um armor core is definitely up there um as far as my game of the year overall because i'll be honest because of that bit of bias that i have for just being a mech fan myself and because the game is running beautifully feels great uh like it's it's definitely above jedi survivor currently um because of that bias but i'm not i'm not super far into the game either right uh, i don't even think i'm towards the midway point i got caught up for at least six hours making a decal uh, making an emblem so it's like I've been spending some time doing that uh, kind of up and down. And that kind of worked out because I had a lot of things, different things going on. So I just kind of, every time I was able to sit down, just pop in the emblem editor, mix it up. Uh, so again, uh, that's kind of been my experience thus far. And then, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much been most of my week um, just prepping for armor core and whatnot. Cause other than that, um, I hadn't jumped back into wayfinder yet. I just, the server issues had, had really kind of turned turned me off. Again, I jumped back in and was played for an hour, and I got kicked back off. And I was just like, I'll just wait for this game to. Like, I have some faith that the game will be actually end up being good. Again, Wayfinders is the uh, M new MMO um, that is on PlayStation and PC only currently, uh, but they're having some major uh, server issues. I haven't checked on it uh, this week at all. Um, since about midpoint this week so maybe they fix some of those things but another thing too about armor core real quick is don't be afraid of going to the training room right the training room has some of the best music that i've ever heard in the game i i, sw I swear to moses it does like i feel like every time that i go in there is it's you got that like i feel like i'm in an edm concert like it just feels so amazing i'm like yo i'm just want to chill in here for a bit what's what's going on and even me like i tend to not really take advantage of those training options sometimes i'd rather go out on the mission to truly take advantage but this time around they made it so much more viable because you can change literally all of your equipment right there in the training room on the fly you can see how um, all of your weapons will affect the different types of enemies um, mainly you'll want to use it on ac on other armor core units so you have a good example of uh, what your damage is truly doing 
it's so versatile. It's 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 pretty great, man. Um, really enjoying it. Way better than I even I could have imagined. And I'm so and I'm so happy that it's that it's here and that it's exciting. So, but we definitely got Starfield around the corner, man. So, and again, between uh, I, I wrote this to somebody on um on Twitter on X that between Starfield and Armor Core, I I think I'm good, man. I I don't. I don't know what else could release between then and now other than like Lies of P or something like that that could really pull me away from jumping into both games, especially with Armor Course PvP seemingly going to be looks like to be pretty fun. So But yeah, man, it's been it's been pretty much wild week, man. Just prepping for Armor Core, ready for that. More streams are gonna be incoming for Armor Core too. So be on the lookout for that. Um Yeah, man, it's kinda kinda been my week. So I love the hype, brother. Love the hype around Armor Core 6, man. It's been a long time coming, and, and we talked about it a lot, and uh, now it's finally here. And like you said, in a lot of ways, it exceeded our expectations. Yeah. So um, it's fantastic. And again, to see as many people jumping in that are, uh, that is a good sign. Uh, I'd love to, I, I, again, I want this genre to grow. We both do. Um, we want more people to experience mech combat. Um, again, like you said, it's not going to be for everybody. And in fact, even within the mech genre, there's people that don't like fast moving mechs that want plotting mechs like you get in Mech Warrior 5. It is a totally different style. Right. That's okay too. I just want more people to enjoy mechs or to find out that they do like mechs, right? Um, it is just one of those things for me. It's it's childhood. I grew up on on Robotech and and Voltron and and obviously Transformers. I mean, again, are Transformers really mechs? No, of course not. As well, yes, really they are technically though. Like they are they're mecha. They are mecha. They're mecha. They're, they're mecha. Yeah. Mecha. So, but uh, Robotech was the big one for me. Like yeah. actual mech style. Like, and again, when people say mechs aren't supposed to move like that, Steel and I had some DM uh, okay. a couple <laughs> weeks ago about this, and I'm like, bro. They've I'm like, you guys, ob- tell me you haven't watched Robotech back in They've the day. Tell me, tell me you didn't play Battletech the pen and paper tabletop game back in the day because yeah, they had they, lightweight mechs that had massive movement to them, right? Yeah. That Like, yes, fast-paced pa- fast mechs have always been a thing. Maybe they're not your thing. That's fine. I get it. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a big deal. But come on, man. They've been around. We've got lots of examples. So thousand percent. And we'll, do, we'll talk a little bit about Starfield, but I do want to get into these upcoming games first before yeah. we get too yeah, deep yeah, into yeah, Starfield yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Because oh, yeah, yeah. uh, I see some people mentioning that in the chat. Uh, talking about Steel. Oh, I think Steel's going to change his game of the year opinion when it comes to Starfield. And I might. I mean, again, Starfield has a lot uh, of things working in its favor. Again, it's going to be a story that um, is much more involved. It's going to take your experience. You're just going to make take whatever you give it so it's and it's it's a different style of game and it's we'll see yeah but it's already got some pluses for steel that's why i'm excited for steel so it's good it's gonna be fun um yeah let's get into this upcoming uh week of games Steel, uh do you want to shout out the chat do you want me to uh Uh, go ahead shout out the chat go ahead shout out the chat real quick yeah absolutely Yes, 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 Dakota Macross, of course, but most people in the United Perfect. States know it as Robotech. So that's how it was advertised to us, but obviously Macross is, is the series. So um 
Let's get down to it here. We've got some amazing people showing up early Saturday morning, at least depending on where you are in the world. But I love to see this. So we got TMHW Gaming in the house. What's going on? We got OCD Gamer up in here. We got the Dakado. We got East side vandal that's right min may she was one of my first loves man yep she was one of my she probably was my first cartoon love uh lynn min may let's go uh dark zone 2525 what is going on we got Derek in here what is happening uh we've got m gene in the house what's going on m gene we got talos ray what's going on talos ray uh who else we got in here we got some amazing people we got perfect shogun in here we got the one and the only blue moon fc as well dropping on in here we got jason max in the house always dropping in with just remember xbox is number one that's jason max's tagline love it brother great to see you in here as always who else we got up in here we got nixie in the house one of the ogs what's going on nixie uh great to see you as always we got the red monkey butt in the house what's going on red monkey butt uh who else we got dropping in here we got the one the only the absolutely amazing lady Foxfire in the house. Great to see you, lady. Thank you for dropping on in and saying hi to us. Appreciate you. Uh, we got God Emperor Sofa King in here. What's going on, God Emperor? We got it's Timmy. It's Timmy's up in here. What's going on? It's Timmy. Great to see you as always, my friend. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? We got Sanchez MTZ Gaming. What's going on, Sanchez? Great to have you a part of our show as well. Um, and I think that's as far as I can go back. Oh, we got the legend, the one, the only peace, love, life, Dragon Heart Yobi. What's going on, Dragon Heart? Great to have you, brother. As always, love your energy. Bring it on in here, man. Bring it on in here. If you are in here, if you are lurking right now, because we have nearly 50 people. Somewhere out in this world, if you are there, we love you. Nothing but respect. Uh, I greatly appreciate you guys dropping in here and checking out me and Steel this morning. Uh, is Steel back? Can't, nope, he's not back. We got an empty chair still, so I'm going to keep this rolling. Um, we got a lot to get into. Uh, this week has been Gamers Christmas Part 2, um, at least from my perspective. Uh, Gamescom has kind of taken over as the live event to be at now that E3 is officially no longer a thing. Now, not to say that, you know, Summer Games Fest by Keeley didn't do some great things. Not to say that, obviously, the Xbox putting on their show still in L.A. around that time, uh, that E3 time and keeping it alive with their showcase, which was massive this year, Um was not a thing because it was, there was a lot of people down there. A lot of community members went down there, had a great time. Keely always brings in a crowd. We know that there was still something of an E3 in LA this year, but really gamescom is a juggernaut that a lot of people didn't pay attention to, um, especially here in the United States, because obviously it's on the other side of the world. Sure. We all knew about it. Sure. We all saw the news coming out of it, but we didn't really pay attention to how big it was. Now that that is still there and it's still iconic, the amount of media coverage coming out of Gamescom this week uh, was extra and it was fun. Uh, it was a blast. And obviously 
to add to that Xbox decided that they were not only going to show up, which they always do at X at Gamescom, but they decided to show up in a big gigantic way, obviously with Starfield right around the corner, a lot of games coming out Forza, you know, we know the lineup. They decided to actually go all out. Phil Spencer showing up for the first time in six years. He said the last time he'd been out there since 2017 kind of set the tone. Then you got Todd Howard. God himself had never been to a Gamescom. I was shocked when I heard his interview and he said that he had never been to a Gamescom in his entire career. First brand new IP, 20 plus years in the making in his head. Woo! Guess what? God Howard shows up to Gamescom. Yes, he did. This this Gamescom this week was different. It really was. Felt the different. energy there was crazy. Like the the amount, and again, the community members, especially like Boxenberger and Wandering Dutch and Gaz yes. and everybody heading over to Germany to get the Gamescom. Well, Boxenberger lives in Germany for God's sake. So well, he's a train right yeah. away. So, but anyways, but for the uh, to see that and to see Xbox show up. And all the big wigs, Aaron Greenberg, everybody there having a whole Xbox game, game kind of like fan fest there as well was extra, extra special. But the media coverage, again, the news coming out of there, not just Xbox news, but lots of game news really was cool. Keeley did a great job with opening night live. I thought it was one of his best shows yet. Again, I keep giving him props. You don't have to like Keeley. But I keep giving him props because every show, it seems like he learns a little bit more. Although, Keely, after the Game Awards, how do you not have security in the yeah, back really ready to um, rock and roll the minute you see somebody approaching the stage? The minute you see some a, somebody oh. up, bro, bro, there was plenty of time. I saw Keely looking at the dude as he was coming up, and there was two of them. But how do you not have security ready? It still took them 15, 30 seconds to get up there to get those two guys off the stage. So, Keely, got to learn from that. Like but otherwise, otherwise, opening night live was great. Again, no big new game announcements. Keely told us up front that that wasn't going to be the case, that we were going to see a lot of just new footage from games we already were aware of. Right. But I thought the pacing was fantastic. And yeah, it was. All the games were freaking awesome. We got like Crimson Desert. We got Black Myth Wukong updates. I mean, it was one after another where they started off with Starfield with Enon Zur, the composer for Starfield, who is oh, just a master at what he's doing right now really with good. Starfield. You know, they're up there the with the piano, set the mo, set the mood, right? And then they go into the new live action Starfield trailer, like really opening a like opening it live was really awesome to see. Everything out of Gamescom again. That's why I said it's kind of Gamers Christmas Part Two for us this year. It really has been. This week has been a lot of news, and we're gonna get into it, Steel. Yeah, but we do have upcoming games. You had an empty chair, so yeah. I was just continuing My the fault, conversation. Man. I appreciate that. Kind you of gave an overview. I heard I was listening to you the entire time. <laughs> man, I had to make a little trip to the uh, see if the Browns win the Super Bowl, man. So, oh, uh, I'm, talk I'm talking about sir. the Cleveland Browns, man. Yeah. When's no, the last no, time they went no. to the Super Bowl, man? They got a they got a good quarterback, don't they? Listen. Listen, so I was just giving the chat a little overview of what's uh, what we're going to be talking about uh, with Gamescom and that kind of stuff coming up here. But uh, yeah. we got to get into this upcoming week of games as let's well. Let's get into it, man. So let's get down to business. Let's get down to business here. So, of course, we're going to Game Informer, and we are going to the end of August and beginning of July. And really, 
or July, September. Jesus, you're going backwards. I wish I was going backwards sometimes, but not this time around because really there's only one game this week that matters, right? There really is. But we're going to talk about other ones, okay? We are going to talk about other ones. I don't know how many there are. I haven't looked at the list. I don't know how many people. Let's see here. How many games are we going to have this And uh, let us know if you can hear us fine Um, since we changed sources. If you can still hear a Pong, please say, got it. Or um, hit a, just you can just tap Y in chat for us. Uh, yeah. you the Browns. Yeah, I mean, nobody said they were a good football team. I just, <laughs> I had to check. I had to check Wikipedia whether they had been there or not. Um, uh, but yeah, make sure to let us know if you can hear us fine. If you can hear me fine, um, that way we know that it's not messing up with the sources or anything. I know y'all will say it at some point, but yeah, yeah, they will. They will. All right, so this is going to be the week of August the 28th, and no, there is not a lot of games, and I probably know why most games have moved out, even oh, yeah. though it's oh, yeah. not official week, but we're no, still going to talk about we'll it. We'll throw it in there. Of course. We'll in there. Of course. Hey, millions are going to be playing. Let's be real. Uh, all right, so let's start here. August 28th. You mean so this first game? Been... That's what the one you're talking about? Yeah. Goodbye, Volcano High. That's the one that everybody moved out of the way from, right? Listen, no disrespect meant whatsoever. This game just is not for me. It's been a running joke. I thought it was your game of the year. The original one? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's made by co-op, man. Bro, bro. It's an adventure game. It's developed by co-op, published by co-op. It's an adventure game. Goodbye, Volcano High. Of course, this is the cartoony. Uh game that involves dinosaurs that are in relationships and relationship yeah and so you know yeah, like goodbye that? volcano high i know it's like hey, baldur's PlayStation Tate, 5, anime play playstation 5 playstation 4 pc this is a playstation console exclusive oh huge i mean gigantic news that this is launching this week august 29th August 29th so anybody looking forward to goodbye volcano high please do enjoy please Put up those screenshots on the X and give me some gameplay as well. I want to see some goodbye Volcano High. All right. So that is coming out. Then we got Samba de Amigo Party Central coming out on the Switch uh, August 29th. A lot of people like Samba, right? Samba's been around as a rhythm game for quite a while. Samba is a well-known, iconic rhythm game character. So Samba de Amigo Party Central Switch. It is developed by Sega, published by Sega, one to eight players. So, again, getting that multiplayer going on the Switch, which obviously the Switch is well known for their multiplayer games. But when it comes to rhythm dancing games, shout out to Samba. Again, I even know them. I even know him. And I don't play these types of games. But Samba de Miego this week, rhythm music game for everybody out there on the Switch, August 29th. Then we do have a big indie game, a big indie game. And I'm not it looks interesting, man. Here. Yeah, that trailer that they showed this kind of cool. Bro, this classic RPGs, they've seen a resurgence as well due to the indies. The indie scene with classic style RPGs, and we're talking about 8-bit, 16-bit style games here, really have kept this genre rolling. Yeah. Like there are some very, very good examples. This one is one of the bigger hyped ones out there because it's got a lot of uh, a lot of Chrono Trigger to it and Chrono Cross. It's got a lot of influence from what many, including myself, consider one of the best JRPGs of all time in Chrono Trigger. So that's why this game got so much hype. 
And yeah. our buddy uh, Psychonauts has definitely been pumping this up. This is a game that he said he was even more hyped to play than Starfield. So, um, no, it was. Well, uh, am I looking at what? the wrong game? Oh, Sea of what? Stars. My fault. Yeah. I was. Uh, I, I, yeah. clicked, I clicked on Under the Waves. I'm sorry. Ladies oh, ladies. yeah. Yeah. No, no. Don't do that to the chat. They're going to be fault. like, what the hell is Pong talking about, man? What is this dude on drugs? Sea of Stars by Sabotage coming out finally this week. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Game looks and plays gorgeous. I touched the demo a little bit. Um, It is available day one in Game Pass. So again, if you have Game Pass, no risk. Just download it, check it out, and see if you are into this. Otherwise, you know, wherever you want to play this game it is on and again it deserves it deserves the hype that it's getting um it really does um so go check out sea of stars uh it is worth it i think in my opinion just from the demo um this is going to be a great game i am going to get to this game at some point again of course i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that i'm playing this week because i'm not i'm not gonna play this week because i've got i've got another game coming out which we'll talk about in early thursday right launch yeah, Thursday night. Yes, that is correct. 8 p.m. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time um, uh, in the United States. So Valerie worldwide. says, for fairness, it's also available day one in PS Plus Extra. Well, uh, oh, see a star. It is. is. Nice. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. I, oh, that's right. You are right. That, no, no, absolutely. Thank you for reminding. Nice. Again, they don't put this, they don't put out weekly reminders of what games are coming in. So, um, but you are correct, Kelly. That's right. That they, they cut a deal with both Xbox and PlayStation. So yeah, if you're on PlayStation as well and you and you've got PS Plus, uh, please go download it. Um, for sure, 100%. Thank you for reminding me of that, uh, Calorie. Don't do it on purpose because, again, I, I'd love to have a weekly reminder of what's coming out on there. Um, uh, so, yeah, don't see the stars. Like that, yeah. yeah, they don't do yeah, that. If do it's it. not on the uh, uh, Game of Form upcoming, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, see you stars this week. Go check it out. Uh, and then the one that Steel wanted to jump to before see you stars, Under this the, the Waves, yeah, also on august the 29th as well developed by parallel studios published by spotlight by quantum quantic dream it's an adventure game i love under the sea adventure games this one did catch my eye when we saw it um looks pretty damn cool again under you know interesting yeah ocean exploration is always mysterious to me because we don't know what's underneath there it's like one of the most unexplored areas ever right so uh, I always like these types of games. Under the Waves, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, August the 29th. Go check out Under the Waves. Somerville, uh, the um, the game that launched last year on Xbox, uh, is finally coming to PlayStation. Um, you know, it was a timed exclusive. Um, it was Game Pass Day 1. Um, this is by Jump Ship. Um, this is a side scrolling kind of, yeah side scrolling on yeah for sure i mean it is um if you guys like inside this is from the form makers right so you want to go check this out somerville not everybody enjoyed uh not everybody thinks it's their best work of all time um but somerville has some very cool narrative beats to it 
Um, again, I didn't finish it. Um, obviously, again, grazing. Uh, but Somerville definitely has its moments. Um, and I think it's really cool. I love the art direction in this game. Uh, really well done. The atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, is definitely uh, sets the correct tone for the game. Um, and you'll be kind of drawn in by it, in my opinion. So go check out Somerville. It's finally coming to PlayStation this week as well. So if you're only on PlayStation or if you had, didn't check it out and you want to check it out on PlayStation, go do so. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, August the 31st. Uh, then we got a game and a franchise that has been around for a very long time. I've actually played the first couple of these. Um, I kind of fell off. They were cool, just not something I you know made a priority jump into, but okay. they, they continue to make them. Trying. Trying 5, A Clockwork Conspiracy is coming out this week from Frozen Bite, published by THQ Nordic. It is a platforming slash puzzler game set in fantasy. And you can have, they actually have co-op up to, I think, four players in this one as well. And you have to use different characters with different abilities to figure out some of the puzzles while you're platforming. Um, It's a really cool system and a really cool concept. Again, set in a fantasy. So you got your, you know, you got your wizard, you got your, you know, roguelike archer character, et cetera. You got your knight. Really, really well done. These games are polished. The the graphics, the animation style that they use is beautiful. Colors just pop off the screen. All different types of environments that you're going to wind up in. So try and five. I know there's a fan base because, again, they keep coming out. like It's like one of those regular things. So try and five. Clockwork Conspiracy this week. Uh, uh, that's coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the 31st as well. That's the end of the games this week. There's probably wow. a reason why. Well, yeah, there's probably a reason why, Steele. Yeah, Jez just made a post um, at 8.34 yeah. this morning saying he found out about yeah. a lot more games coming to Game Pass yeah. soon. Um, yeah. I mean, take that for what it is. I'm not saying that you have to take his word literally. Um, but just to give you guys kind of an example yeah. of what he means by that, uh, currently, because Idlesloth made a post, Idlesloth is somebody that kind of – combs he combs the internet for for information about what's going on throughout the industry um but shout out to idol but so for an example you got sea of stars starfield lies of p party animals payday 3 lamplighter league forza motorsport city skyline jacent um persona tactic persona uh five tact excuse me and persona 3 and he said that there's even more coming in between that yep so it's like there's a lot of things that are that are upcoming uh, that I definitely want people to start getting excited for. I think we're starting to going to see the uh, not, maybe not the avalanche quite yet, but I do think we're, we're seeing a little bit of some. We're seeing some boulders roll down the hill, right? There's or maybe there's a big one, then there's a few small ones like Starfield. That's that's going to be a gigantic boulder that could possibly cause an avalanche um, with other upcoming games behind it because of the time, uh, because of the the time that that game is going to end up taking, right? Uh, Starfield is by no means going to be a small game. Um, I know people were saying that hey, you can beat the game within forty to fifty hours. Uh, though again from what i've always been told that's not how you play those games typically um and people who are playing the game uh have been kind of saying i forgot who it was specifically i believe it was acg if i'm not mistaken who said that um if you mainline the game 
It doesn't really, you wouldn't even no. want to hear your, who was that? He said it, that? it was Grub. It was, it was Grub. Jeff Grub. It was Grub. Okay, Grub. Gotcha, gotcha, Grub, gotcha. Grub put out a post because they're all under NDA, so they can't say anything right. about the game at all. Like, other than we're playing it. But Grub put out a post the following, the day after he got his review code and said, I don't want any, I don't want to read any reviews about Starfield from people who only played the main mission. Yeah, like that was Jeff Grub. Lines, this, this, right, that was Grub. He said, that's not how you play these games like that basically confirming that this is a classic bgs bethesda game studio game through and through that the sandbox everything you do outside of the golden path is where this game is at so, however we did get other word this week we'll get into it too because there was some comments it, made man. by pete hines let's let's go through xbox wire real quick okay, and then we'll yeah, hop yeah. into starfield okay, we'll just roll into starfield because yeah, I got Xbox Wire. I did post it there for you in the uh, in the uh, DMs as well. Um, so yeah, let's let's run through this and we'll get into Starfield. It'll just roll right into it naturally because obviously Starfield early access right. this week. You all know it. We all know it. That's what it's all about this week. Everybody jumping in the premium edition. There's gonna be millions of players, so we'll get into that. So let's roll through and see if we missed anything. So we got Agatha Christie, Her- Hercule, Poirot. The London Case, August 29th for Xbox Series consoles. Again, Xbox Wire. I'm just reading because they do a weekly um, look at what's coming up for the next week. So that's where I'm reading this from. Um, it's a, de- a detective adventure game, of course. So again, if you're into detective adventure games, we got an Agatha Christie new game coming out. Uh, we also have the making of Karatika. Uh, Karatika is an old beloved game we're talking about way back and what they did here is actually i'll just read this description fully play history go behind the scenes of jordan mechner's landmark game karatika in this interactive documentary from digital eclipse with archival materials video features and more experience pixel perfect versions of the legendary game with all new features Karatika. Go check this out. Karatika is classic when it comes to games. It's it's a legend. That's why they're even doing this. So go check that out. Uh, we talked about Sea of Stars. The Bridge Curse, Road to Salvation, escaped a haunt, escape a haunted college campus in I'm a good. cinematic horror experience unlike any other. So go check that out. Steel's hmm. going to be diving day one into that Ooh, for sure. You already know. Uh, that is August 30th. Uh, then we got Call of the Wild, the Angler, another fishing game coming out August 30th as well. This is from the creators of the Hunter Call of the Wild. So they are now making a fishing game. Are you um, an angler? I, I like fishing games. I do. If I had, if I was not playing every other game, like fishing games are cool. I like to relax the fishing games. But I just, again, time-wise, they do take time because Again, that experience is like, like there. You got to go find your spots, like, and you got to pick the right lures and all that good stuff. Right. I love, I love fishing games. Um, Daymare, nineteen ninety four Sandcastle. I actually almost downloaded the demo. There is a demo out for this game. If you guys want to go check it out, uh, it should still be available in Xbox. Uh, Daymare, nineteen ninety four Sandcastle, a third person story driven survival horror game prequel to the critically acclaimed Daymare 1998. It's got old school Resident Evil vibes to it, okay. for sure. So I almost downloaded just to check it out, um, but I didn't because, again, I was 
I was like, am I really going to play this demo before starting? No, Probably I'm not, not going to play this demo. So, but Daymare 1994 coming out. Then we got 100 Days coming out. The uh, winemaking simulator. Hey, all you winos out there, listen up. They got a winemaking simulator for you. That's right. Everything gets a simulator these days. Sim games are big in certain circles. So go check yeah. this out, August 30th. I don't think I need to explain it. Big it's winemaking. <laughs> right? Revhead. Steel Revhead. A oh. car racing simulation game where you must build your own racing car. Yo. I didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't if either. You like building cars? Though. If you like working on cars, I personally, again, I grew up in a family with an actual mechanic. Stepdad who built his own cars, right? Mm-hmm. Rest his soul. Amazing, amazing human being. Uh, now that I got older and appreciate him for everything he did. But he tried to get me into building cars, working on cars. And I was like, no, nah, I just want to drive. Like, I will drive race cars. I will drive fast cars. I love driving fast. Right. Like, that's my thing. But working on them is not my thing. But there's a huge group of motorheads out there. And this seems like the ultimate game. I had never heard of this game until I just yeah. popped it up right now. Hey. Race car racing simulation game where you must build your own racing car. Go check out Revhead August 30th. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who do. How to escape August 31st, an escape simulation game where two players will need to cooperate uh, on asymmetrical gameplay and devices. Okay, if you guys like escape rooms, there you go. Co op one. Q- what is this? Cubite Classics Gourmet Warriors August 31st. The year is 20XX. World War III has decimated the planet. Recovering from nuclear war has never not been easy as citizens of Zeus. Heaven Magic City will tell you. Somebody was doing some really good plant medicine when they came up with this game. Sur- surrealistic side-scrolling beat-em-up. Originally released in 1995. I do not remember this game at all. Never, ever have I seen this game or played this game. So again... Gourmet Warriors, August 31st, side-scrolling beat-em-up. Go check it out. Hmm. Sacrifice Your Friends, coming on August 31st, a fast-paced party brawler. Need I say more? Fast-paced party brawler, Sacrifice Your Friends, August 31st. We got Tenebris, Pictura, an ultra-corporeal action adventure brought to you by the creators of Megaton Rainfall. If anybody is a big fan of Megaton Rainfall, don't know not gonna lie to you i've never heard of it but if you're a big fan of megaton rainfall developers coming out with a new one tenebris pictura go check this out it's got extraterrestrial beings in it looks like it, escape yeah. from like escape from a strange collection of paintings with dubious origins payday okay no. yeah no not payday <laughs> uh, all right cats and other lives um, oh, cats and the other lives. September 1st, following the passing of Bernard Mason, this patriarch of the family, all remaining Masons returned to their childhood home for one last time as Aspen, the cat of the household players, take on a journey. So another cat game, everybody. Another cat game. Stray just dropped on Xbox. Now we got another one. Hey, more Mary. So go check out cats, the other lives. Then we got dreamers, September 1st, uh, an emotional journey story about friendship, exploration, personal growth. Interesting. Join the three characters in their adventures through a 3d world. There you go, guys. Uh, Puzzles, narrative, collaborative, split screen, split screen. There's that word again that everybody's used to. Yeah. Experiences. 
So there you go. That is Dreamers. Then we got Escape First Alchemist coming out, a multiplayer first-person escape room adventure game. Oh, escape wow. room games are all the rage, I guess. Looks like Escape it. First Alchemist on September 1st. Uh, then we got Hexapoda, uh, fight giant insects for the future of humanity. Oh, God. Okay, cool. All right, Hexapoda, that comes out on September 1st. And then we come to the game that obviously in... Uh, this game is access. small, Pong. This game, look, yeah. it still needs to justify why it needs to exist it when exists. we have No Man's Sky. Yeah. Um, I mean, No Man's Sky is dropping brand new uh, DLC. They're going to have some mm-hmm. more story in there. Um, I, don't other than, you, I don't know if you heard the latest one. So no, what was the, what's the latest no one? Man. Let me know. You didn't, you didn't see the clip yesterday? No, what, what's, what's, the, what's, what's the latest one? I need you to tell me. <clears throat> no Man's Sky and Destiny 2 have already covered exactly what starfield is the same the exact thing right the same exact thing stop capping and hyping up Starfield. you already have no man's sky and destiny too destiny it had a traveler you got this thing that brings you back to life you can respawn now that i think about it that doesn't sound like anything the way the starfield's doing and it's a first person shooter made by Bungie who made a halo and it plays kind of similar to that and there's not very there's not much exploration to truly be had matter of fact they actually were going for an mmo originally style game but the game is literally not that at all so is does destiny even know what it is and then no man's sky like the game the game is good you know but didn't it take seven years for it to be the game that it is right now? And mm. also, I don't think, well, actually, I know because I've played the game. Um, no Man's Sky doesn't have a real story outside of reach the center of the universe. If you want to use the other people that you, um, or the, what was the emperor? I don't, I don't, I can't remember the emperor's dude's name. There's literally nobody in that game that I remember anything about that was memorable outside of the playtime that I had with Boogeyman. That's the most memorable experience that I've had. Um, me and him going out exploring and having fun, um, in a co-op type setting, which is cool, right? Nothing to take away from No Man's Sky. And again, Sean, uh, Sean Murray is a, is a dope dude, right? He made a dope game, didn't release the greatest. They've been supporting it, continuing to release free content for it. We're getting huh. even more DLC. But, that team's put in six years of work on that game. But this that people said we're dead. Like, again, that's how bad it launched. And people said, not going to play this game ever. And Sean Murray and Hello Games, again, like you said, Steel, all kudos. Hats off to them. They put down their heads. They went silent yeah. for a long time and then came back, started dropping updates, additions mm-hmm. over and over and over again for six years. But but just listen, but listen what you have to preface all those things with that from everything that we've heard and what we have seen behind the scenes, Starfield's not going to have it those doesn't even issues. matter. It's a Bethesda game. It's a Bethesda that, that, game. And that... Nobody does it like Bethesda. Nobody. So again, it doesn't even matter what people want to say. Yes. Is it a sci-fi space game? Of course. It's going to have similarities to all these different games. Of course. Just like most games have similarities to games that came prior to all of them. No matter which one you want to pick. Very, 
rare that we get new genres created where it's never been done before. There's always going to be influence because of the history of video games. All this talk is such nonsense. There is only one Bethesda. If you don't like it, if you don't like Todd Howard yeah, games, for you, if you don't like Todd Howard, different. if you don't like Bethesda, that is fine. That's totally cool. Again, Steele and I are not the guys who go around saying you must love the same games as us, or you're not a gamer, or yeah, you like trash games if you don't like our games. No, not at all. So just come out and say you don't like Bethesda games. That's totally cool with me. Again, not everybody plays every single game. We've had this conversation. 50 50 million, somewhere around there, Skyrim, right? 50 million. And that doesn't include all the people who bought it multiple times, right? right. That's not 3 billion. That's not 2 billion. That's not 100 million. So not everybody plays these hyped up games. Yeah, no. That's okay. But the fact is, there's only one Bethesda. The fact is, they've got multiple yeah. game of the year games underneath their belt. The fact yeah. is... They've created multiple games that people call generational. Those are the facts. And nobody, people have tried, people have come close. There have been plenty of great examples that I really love of open world sandbox style RPGs that are obviously influenced by Bethesda games. Right. But there's still only one Bethesda. What, and it's the only one Todd Howard and his eight. An OCD Dude. gamer brings up a good point. There are unavoidable similarities, yes, a thousand percent. But there's course. a there's that in a lot of different games. <laughs> but two Pong's exact point right there, and that's something that again it boggles my mind personally. But maybe it's just because I'm not just like overly critical um, about everybody's opinion and saying that feel like that you have to feel or think a certain way for us to try to be in the grants, but. For me, and I'm always gonna I'm gonna continue to say this the same way that Pong says he's a casual Halo fan. I'm a casual Bethesda fan. And I do feel like it's disingenuous for people to all of a sudden act like Bethesda hasn't been making games for some quite some time, right? Or they don't have a some have a certain style to their games, especially when you're talking about Bethesda in particular, right? That you look through their lineage uh, again, since from what I've heard, since um, what what is that? Since Oblivion, like no, there, even even since Morrowind, oh, so you can go back to that, Daggerfall. Like, Daggerfall was doing things that no other games at the time were doing. But if you really want to hit when they made it big, was Morrowind. Morrowind really set the tone for all their future games mm -hmm. and what they were trying to go for, and kind of laid the groundwork for the formula that mm -hmm. they use in their games. There are still people to this day still modding and playing Morrowind. And that is like 20 plus years now. Like, yeah. That's the influence of their games. Well, not just, but it's not just about the influence though. It's just the, yeah. the type of style yeah. of games that they make. Um, that's because you only get influence steals when you do something right. that people find to be some of the greatest of all time, right? The greatest of all time. It's that's like from right. software and souls games. They influenced a oh, whole yeah. genre. Yeah, that's that is a that is a right? genre because of because of from yeah. right. That that that's what I'm right. saying. That's kind of what Bethesda did for open world sandbox RPGs, Western style RPGs, yeah. high fantasy. They did that, and they also just did it with post apocalyptic with Fallout. Mm -hmm. They are some of the first, not the first. There was plenty of other games trying to do this. But they came up with a formula, a sandbox formula that is unique 
exactly. that actually influenced the industry. Period. Period. Point blank. They yeah. did it. They did it better than most. So, like, I mean, I'll, I'll set the stage for you a little bit, and then we'll lead into the whole Starfield conversation. Because again, you are definitely going to be the uh, the main proponent, right? Um, you're yeah. the you're the you're probably yeah. the the way that I felt about Armor Core, and again. Oh, yeah. just give you just to give you guys some examples. I'm not saying that Palm feels this exact way, um, but leading up to the release of Armor Core, um, and I mentioned this last week, you get those feelings of like butterflies and stuff like that, where you're just like oh, you're like oh. so excited, where um, like Palm, I'm having been like where it's kind of like you don't really want to jump in anything else, um, or every time that you do see something about it, it gets your excitement right back up there. You're, you're amped up once again. You're like, Oh man, I can't wait to be able to do ABC things. So to see that the premium edition coming with early access is coming on September 1st, bringing it back to the upcoming games. Um, August 31st for the United August States. August 31st. Sir. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, it's going to be <laughs> no, Thursday night, 8 PM central. No, no people need to get it right. Cause we're going to, there's going to be some streams happening. You guys yeah. need to be tuned in. You guys need to be tuned in, but, so August 31st, 8 p.m. Central Starfield will be going live um, for us here in the States. Pong, like talk a little bit about what yeah. is the hype behind this game? What makes you excited about this game? And then not only that, because they also show during Gamescom um, an additional, what was it, 30, 45 minutes? Um, I believe it was 30 minutes of the opening gameplay. No, it was actually like 15 minutes. Oh, it was, oh, it was shorter than that. Oh, damn. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was like. Because somebody, somebody posted the whole thing. It was like 12, 15 minutes. Oh, they damn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, so yeah. with them showing even more gameplay of that, and I know we saw some additional yeah. gameplay behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Again, 45 oh, yeah. minutes yeah. off screen. We'll talk, we could talk about that dude, too, who ended up going to jail for <laughs> stealing property from his work because... I I, I just I don't know again like people do these things and think you're not going to get caught like yeah yeah guys let's just be just be a little bit smarter about what you're doing like again I'm not going to say yay or nay to any of that but um just just be smart about what the hell are you doing uh, I mean shout out to him he got some gameplay out there and he oh no yeah <laughs> no, 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 already, <laughs> I, I posted cheers under J Rock's post about it because I was like hey, you know yeah stupid criminal but I'm like you know I got to give got to give him Probably sold some people on the game. Bringing us, lie. Yeah. yeah, I got to give him props for bringing us footage. Like, hey, thank you, sir. You with the extra mile, you put your life on the line for Starfield. Thank you. Right. Yeah, ex exactly. So with <laughs> with Starfield now literally less than a week away, right? Um, you have four days, literally. Well, five days at this point. Got to count. Got to count Sunday. Um, yeah, five days at this point <laughs> for this game to be out. This is one. Uh, that is definitely your most anticipated uh, mm. top of the hype meter. I think to say that cyberpunk wouldn't even be able to hold a candle for the anticipation and mm. the hype that you have for Starfield would probably be an understatement. Yeah. So, and I know you're going to come from a very passionate place and, I, and I, there's been a lot of different smoke that's been had this week about Starfield and people overhyping it. Again, we got, uh, we were talking about a video yesterday by, um, in DMs about another guy who was also apparently a Bethesda fan and you had some strong takes about that. Um, but it's just perspectives, right? Um, right. Yeah, it's definitely fine, but it was just that perspective and the more that I'm exposed to it, um, again, just like how people are when it comes to multiplayer or uh, Halo or certain IPs that people may not get the hype behind. What is it? What what is it for you um, for Starfield? And then to add on to that, 
what additionally have you heard now that's kind of come out as new information yeah. um, that has kind of a- up that ante for you even further? Yeah, yeah. And exactly what I was going to do, because I think people that have been tuning in here still for a while now, PM and the P or PM and the PM as well, but living split screen, especially you've gotten a lot of Starfield talk and you've gotten a lot of the reason for the past year and a half, two years as to the hype behind for me personally, right? right? Why I'm hyped about Starfield. Like we've gone through this because since the beginning, Steel, people have tried to downplay this. Obviously, ever since the acquisition, they have tried to downplay Bethesda. Um, again, there is a whole group of people who legitimately put Fallout 76 in the bucket um, of Bethesda games. Um, and that's fine. Again, okay. Todd put his name on that game. It is what it is. If you want to call Fallout 76, a part of that and say they've lost it that fallout 76 proves that okay that's an opinion right um it's definitely something that you can certainly hold on to if you want to um you know i disagree wholeheartedly and i've laid out the reasons in the past why right the fact is is that starfield is is a game that comes along only ever so often it's one of those games from a studio that doesn't put out games on a regular basis much like we now see with rockstar and, and gta um you know that the hype itself it generates its own type it's a black hole it it, it generates so much hype because of the names behind it because of what it means to finally have a game from this studio specifically because there's so few and far between relatively speaking right that it creates this storm it creates a black hole where everything becomes about this game love or hate and everything in between is all a part of this that's why i said from the beginning we talked about it it didn't need 3 months of marketing no Paul, there's saying, no way uh, there's no way Listen, we I we've got people in this community that I respect, people that, you know, again, I go, I've been on their shows that felt that Starfield needed three months of marketing, that they needed this massive marketing push for Starfield. And I'm like, guys, what are you what are we talking about here? This is Todd Howard. This is Bethesda. Everybody forgets what these games mean. This week solidified it. Like we've seen it building and building and building, but this week at Gamescom really solidified it. Now the interviews are going out, especially like Pete Hines. Todd's done a couple interviews, but they've been very short. Although his GQ interview was extremely, extremely good. And everybody should go read that GQ article. But as far as the live interviews at Gamescom this week, Pete Hines has been out here as the face. Like he's been talking a lot. And giving big interviews and giving a lot of information, a lot of tidbits. But Gamescom definitely solidified what I was talking about when it comes to Starfield or when it, what I'm talking about when it comes to BGS game launching as far as what it does. It attracts every single piece of attention. And they didn't need three months to start rolling out Starfield. No. Yes, we had the direct. Yes, we had different things happening. They were kind of doing marketing. They've kind of been doing marketing for quite a while. But once the ball gets rolling, like it's a nonstop train, a hype train. And so for this week, for me, Steel, 
honestly, it's gotten to that point. Like Mav said, Mav's talked about is, is like every other game kind of just goes, ah, do, I, do I really feel like playing anything right now? No, I just want Starfield. Just, yeah. Armor Core really 6. Yeah. <laughs> and I did buy, I did buy Armor Core 6. And again, it's I'm, fun. I'm I, I popped into it. No, 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 no. I popped into it because again, I still want to play games. I do want to play games. It's just that Starfield is on the back of my head right. all the times, nonstop. Pete Hines came out this week and he did a fantastic sit down interview. Um, I believe it was actually with some of the team members on Twitch uh, from their European side of their studio. Um, two girls, I forget their names, whatever. Retro. I sat down with Pete Hines. It was a great, great interview. And he dropped some massive, massive moments. He also had uh, an interview with IGN this week during Gamescom, everybody's favorite IGN. But let's be real, they still get all the interviews. They still get all the behind-the-scenes stuff. So yeah, whatever, big, it is right. what it is. They're big. Um, where he dropped the big one that everybody kind of focused in on, where he said in his current playthrough, now they didn't really weren't clear on this, but we found out later, this is his current playthrough. He's had multiple playthroughs. So he's got 300 plus hours into this game. But on his current playthrough, right, he is about, what, 50, 60 hours in or 150 hours in. Yes. 150 hours. To say 150. 150. Yeah, 150 hours in. And he's not even close to doing everything in the game. Not even close. Like his expression said it all. Like I, I, I've purposely not done things obviously waiting for the final build, but he's like, I've purposely not done things. I'm not even close at 150 hours. And that kind of blew up. He had another uh, one interview where he stated that he was about 80 hours in and Todd called him and Todd said, how, how far are you in? And, and Pete was like, Oh, 80 hours in. And Todd's like, how are you liking the main quest line? And Pete's like, I haven't even touched the main quest line. And Todd's like, what? What are you doing? What, what are you doing? And so he went back and played the main quest line. And then that led to the interview where he talked about how the game doesn't really start until after the main quest line. Now, that's interesting to me, Steele, because we talked about Grubb's tweet earlier where he said, I don't want to hear any reviewers who only mainline Starfield. Because that's not how to play Grub the game. also brought up another point um, as far as the whole thing with P. Hines that you're mentioning right now. Yeah. That it's also hard to take his opinion sure. at face value because he sure. is a de- he is a dev too, right? Um, he is well, somebody that's yeah. getting that's getting tapped in. Like, hey, he this and this isn't just his first playthrough. He's not new to the game, so he's going to be impartial to it too because he is intrinsically attached to the IP of, in of many course. ways, right? So it's like taking that from perspective, but it doesn't mm. eliminate... Yeah. It's, just, just, to, just to your point, I want to add on, not take away. Yeah. Um, yeah. To your point, even, even with that being said, and nobody said that you have to take his words extremely critical. You don't have to take no. any of the devs' words extremely None critically. But when you that. add that on top of everything else that you're hearing about the game, um, whether it's leaks or people yeah. just trying to say very like they're trying to be in the shadows but at the same time yell out certain things about the game um, that have enticed them or have interest them or say mm-hmm. uh, like again Jeff Grubb did say hey if you're playing, you're playing that main part if you're just playing main story then you're not getting the breadth of this game no no, no. you get things that t- just kind of 
add on to each other, kind of like a Jenga tower. And you could try to keep pulling those, uh, pulling the bricks from out, from the middle, or from the sides, or whatever you want to do. I think, I do think that the hype is just starting to kind of um, implode on itself a bit um, because of how uh, people are trying to like, they're excited, but also trying to um, keep their expectations low for whatever reason. So, well, sure, sure. Of course. And then people do that because again, there's some people who can't handle disappointment and that's fine. Again, that's, that's your deal. Like that's some people disappointment hits them very hard, but what I was going to say Steve, is why this is interesting that he said that the game doesn't really start until after the main quest right. and why this is different from the past and why I do take this quote as face value, because we also got word this week that there's a game plus mode, which yes. is the first time ever for a Bethesda game game plus in Bethesda games was naturally built in because you never really had to stop playing a BGS game. You could continue to do stuff because of the sandbox aspects and because of modding community, right. bringing out new stuff constantly for the PC side of things, especially. So why I was bringing this up steel was because that game plus mode, which is super secret, they won't talk about it other than that it does exist really has me scratching my head for the first time on a Bethesda game. When right. people used to say, why are you hype for Starfield? You don't know what Starfield is. Of course, my comeback was all I need to know is that it's a Bethesda game from Todd Howard. It's an open world RPG sandbox that I've experienced because their formula is my favorite formula for a game. It, it Amazing. I don't need to know anything else to understand that this is going to be a game that I'm going to love. Right. I, I, again, unless they absolutely break their formula, unless they absolutely screw up, I will love their games. I've loved their games day one with all the bugs when they got their name, bug Thesda. Mm -hmm. I've loved every bit of their game. So I didn't need to know, but now steel, they're adding another layer by saying, Oh, wait, we're this time around. We're giving you a game plus mode that we're not going to talk about because it's something different than normal game plus modes, but you're just going to have to find out for yourself. Which throws well, me for a loop too, because it's like <laughs> traditionally I, again, I was yeah. definitely only planning on going through that game one time because it's typically what I do right. now hearing that the new game plus mode, not, and I like new game plus modes that actually add to the experience versus, Oh, I'm just playing new. I'm just playing the game right. on a harder difficulty. Right. There's right. a, there's a difference for that. Um, and in here, to hear him them say that, hey, this new game plus mode has more of a, the perspective that the decisions and things that you do in the overall story are going to affect your new game plus is ex is extremely interesting. And how does that even work? Like, what do you mean by that? Is the right. game still going to start the same? Or when I go to certain places, is it going to start the same? What if I'm not happy with the way that things do? I get a choice to say, hey, I don't know, man. I I want to completely restart. What if you don't like any of your choices? Are you just forced to live in the world that you created at that point? If you want to play again, well, that's what that's what I'm saying is that's the question mark. But this also puts an emphasis, Steel, for the first time in a Bethesda game to finish the main quest line. There are people out there legitimately, Steel. For me, the fallouts that never completed the main quest line and have hundreds of hours into Bethesda games. 
and enjoy them and call them the greatest all time without ever completing the main quest line. There you are can't say that there. though, Paul. That's not fair. You can't. You can't or, say. You, you can't can. say that. You can't you say can you enjoy the, the game, game without fully beating the game. Right, 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 right. I I understand that. That that's one way people perceive gatekeeping like that that that's not possible but in these games what i'm saying is that that's normal steel but now this game plus mode almost puts an emphasis on that main quest line like no you're really going to want to bring this game to completion so now this is throwing me for a loop because i don't know how i want to play this game now because normally i'm off doing a billion other things outside of the main quest line. And they had already had me scratching my head because of the force powers, the, 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 you know, the space magic, whatever you want to call it, that they have hinted at. And most people and including myself speculation wise are saying that's attached to the artifacts, which is the main quest line. So if that's true, well, that's already incentive enough for me to start playing the main quest line because I want to, get the force powers i want to see where that goes i want to see what that is but now you throw this game plus mode on there on top of it steel now i'm really like holy shit how big is this game right how many hours am i really like is this i'm gonna have to focus in pay attention yeah is this going to be the game that you really do go through the story mode so that you can get to that point And then get to the game plus mode and then do my normal off in a billion different places. Like, I don't know because they won't tell us. That's just increasing my hype for this game. It's not taking away. It's not detracting. It's a different layer that I haven't experienced with a Bethesda game before for me personally. So now I'm reevaluating. But it's increased my hype because I'm like, what else are they going to throw at us? What else could there possibly be? And again, this is all prior to now that i'm playing on pc modding community and all that kind of stuff which they also touched on i i i'm just blown away here steel i i just don't know what to think at this point but i just know i need this controller i need the controller in my hands i need this booted up and i need to start experiencing it and i watched the leak and again i'm not going to spoil anything i respect people who do not want to see or hear leaks i get it i'm not gonna do that just because i don't have a problem with it i understand why people do so i'm not gonna do anything outside of the fact that i watched the leak i watched all 45 minutes before it got taken down off screen on a cell phone camera at a terrible angle on the series x legitimately on the series x real real footage did nothing but increase my hype as well because holy shit you could tell even with that kind of footage how much polish is in this game how much detail is in this game compared to your skyrims compared to your fallout 3 getting to see and yes we've seen it we saw a ton of gameplay footage in the direct i understand that but creation engine 2 showing up on series x and you could still tell that it looked great. And the other thing I'll say too is for everybody out there that's kind of mm, 30 frames, console, blah, blah, blah. I got to say, I kind of believe Todd now because yes, could I tell it was 30 frames? Of course I could. I could tell it was 30 frames. But damn if it didn't look good, Steel. Damn if it didn't look smooth. Like there was moments where I forgot I was doing, you know, watching this in 30 frames that I was seeing 30 frames. 
like it looked clean. Like there wasn't that jarring aspect that sometimes happens with 30 frames when you turn the camera. Like it looked like a really great example of 30 frames. And again, I'm a guy who doesn't care about 30 frames. I can play games at 30 frames. It doesn't bother me that much. But I, I got to say that it looks like they did a great job with it. So that's all I'm going to say about the leak. But the leak, even as bad as it was footage wise from a cell phone off camera or off screen, still got me more hyped for this game. There's a lot, Steel, and there's going to be a lot to uncover. And again, everybody's experience with this game is going to be completely different from the other person. Steel, you mm-hmm. and I are probably going to be starting opening night, August 31st. Oh, guaranteed, yeah. In early access. Mm-hmm. And But our experiences outside of the, the starting point and that that opening sequence. Oh, it's probably going to be much different. Again, It's I'm, going to be much I'm, different. I'm trying to get fly. That's what I'm saying. It's, look it's going to be totally different. We're going to have different stories to tell each and every day about what we did in Starfield. We're going to have different things that we discover. Everybody is, especially now with the procedural generated planets and the right. way that they've set them up where n- no two people's planets are necessarily going to be the same. That's going to create even more. I heard some people say to tracks that they would like to have that experience, like being able to meet, you know, Getting into the DMs and saying, "Steel, go check out this planet. No, Got to go here. I found you're this cool going thing. to have similar experiences, but it's not going to like that variance yeah. is still an addition to that yeah. to the to the mold breaking that Bethesda likes to do. Man, it's it's traditional to what their games yeah. are. Like there are similarities in your playthrough, but there's nothing wrong with having a different planet. Like this isn't. It's not going to be so like." removed where it's like a no on like a no man's sky level like oh this planet just another thing it'll probably be we get into the discussion you'll it'll start off like that but then you get deeper into it and be like maybe oh okay well I, I had some of those things on this planet or yeah or because again because we also know because that's another fear of this procedural generation of bethesda i guess for a lot of people for whatever reason although they have said that the game has more created content than they've ever put in any other game. Um, this is too, it's Todd Howard's baby. And it's probably the, this is the game again. You guys were talked about this on the PM and the PM. Uh, this is the game that Todd pitched when Zenimax literally probably should have made another fallout <laughs> or should have made another Elder Scrolls first before Elder they did Scrolls. anything it was else. El- it was Elder, Elder Scrolls, Scrolls because he, he pitched this right after Fall of Four. So they, he should, they probably should have just made another Elder Scrolls, right? Yeah. Build off the Elder Scrolls Online hype um, and just continue that mantle. Elder Scrolls, Scrolls 6. Is the, is well, I know it's massive. Franchise. Yeah, of course. It's their biggest franchise. Right. But knowing that you, but, but at that yeah. time, this is just perspective, right? And again, yeah. for me, yeah. I feel like perspective is important, especially in the gaming industry, because we don't work in that industry, right? We don't know what's going on through these guys' head. But to hear that we do know that Zenimax was getting to a point because of the digital era and how things were moving and progressing that they needed games and that's why they created Elder Scrolls Online, Fallout 76, um, even Fallout 4 in some ways to be more online accessible, um, just more accessible all around. To see a game like Starfield get pitched that literally is a gamble because it's a new IP. You're also expanding the universe. There is no, this is another point that people have brought up. There's no lore previously to back this game up, right? So you're you're starting with a brand new idea. Business-wise, this move doesn't make sense. But the fact that 
they had enough faith um, in Todd to make this and bring this game Robert to Robert Altman. Uh, Robert Altman, thank you. Um, that yep. he had enough faith to bring this game into reality and just even greenlight it in the first place. Yep. It's not Xbox's um, reason that the game is here, but it is Xbox's reason that I think that the game is going to be as feature complete or yes. as and put polished. together and polished as it's going to be yeah, on release. Sure. And so we've been hearing that too. Interesting thing I to mean, see. We've, we've been here. hearing that too. So far, so good. You know, the least amount of bugs. Again, believe what you want to believe. Take everything with a grain of salt. But, you know, some of the, some of the, the leaks that have happened have suggested that this is as close to bugless as you can get in a Bethesda game, which will be jarring in itself to a lot of people that expect those bugs. I've even seen people make the posts about, Oh man, it doesn't have bugs. It's going to take away some of the charm. Like that's Bethesda. Like, and there are, again, I enjoy most of the bugs of Bethesda games, like getting hit by a giant in Skyrim and flying a thousand feet in the air. It's not supposed to happen like that, but, but that funny. was like a main, that that's one of the main funny, memes man. that came out of Skyrim that like people were like oh my god this is freaking amazing I just got batted a thousand feet in the air by a giant like that was cool right but anyways let's get back on point here the the fact is is that this week with the interviews with the information coming out nothing is detracting from the hype it's only expanding people's expectations and sure are there some expectations out there that are pretty wild and some that got clarified this week that maybe you shouldn't have had those expectations again the game is still yes. a game at the end but the game is a game like... the game is a game but this is going to be the biggest sandbox we've ever been given yeah. and let, let, let's let's get down to some nitty-gritty here from pete hines's interview here it. uh shout out to idle sloth uh for breaking this down too um he brought down a lot of the major points that, that Pete has brought up. So um, we already talked about the game doesn't really start until after the main quest is one of his quotes. Mm -hmm. uh, says it's his favorite Bethesda main quest ever. Again, take it for what it is. It's, you know, of course they're going to say that. It's their newest game. Of course they're going to say that. But obviously they're ultra excited for the, the main quest line and, and narrative that they've created here. I'm expecting it to be pretty grand. Uh, again, when you talk about universe, when you talk about answering the questions of why we're here, what's out there, the big humanity kind of questions, right. I expect Bethesda and their writers to do a great job. I expect to be kind of introspective while playing this game um, at times. I expect there's going to be some of that emotion involved. So um, I will take him at his word for that. He once accidentally got sucked into the vacuum of space because he boarded an enemy ship and the pilot took yeah. off. This is the same scenario that Todd talked about trying to hijack a pirate ship that had landed or bounty hunters that had landed and were attacking him, trying to hijack that ship and the pilot still being on board and taking off with him in it. And all of a sudden he finds himself in space and he gets thrown out and is dead. So that's freaking, again, the randomness. That's what another piece of Bethesda games that I absolutely love when it comes to them. Uh, multi, a multiple passive um, uh, points of interest across the galaxy to find. An example he gave was a set of farms where people give resources to the people of other planets. Yeah, this was a big one too, where he just said, you're just going to, these random stories, these random events that you're going to come across as you are exploring these planets, as you're exploring the universe, those are there in spades because they realized they couldn't have 
empty space. They couldn't have like, sure, there's going to be plenty of time for that. There's going to be some planets where you, that's all you got is resources. And most, it's all empty. And you're just going to be walking across barren ground, but there's going to be sights to see. But what he said is flying through space. They had to have these moments in there too as well. So they spend a lot of time making sure that even flying in space or landing on one of these planets was always going to have something interesting. Maybe not always the grandest, but he said also there's going to be plenty of those moments where you find a mission that you didn't think was going to be anything big, but turned into something gigantic, right? That those classic um, modders will be able to create planets. Yeah. Yes, he talked about crazy. these. Yeah. yeah. He talked about I this. I was expecting that. I know we joked about it, but it's an open, it's an open pal. It's a blank. It's a, it's a, that's just crazy to think of that. They're going to have, but he is like him admitting it though, that you're going to be like, it's one thing for a modern to go try it and be like, Oh, is this possible? It's another thing for you to come out directly and say that, yeah, you can do have it. Whole Literally, we're gonna have whole worlds created by modders. It's going to be insane as we go through the years. Um, that's the other thing he touched on too. I don't think uh, I don't put it in here, but he talked about how, and we've heard Todd say this too, that with their games, that they they don't think about when they look at engagement. It's not about like hours that people spend in their games. He's like, literally, we have data that have people playing for we measure them in weeks right and months mm-hmm. and years and decades like he's like very few games do that and it's true that yeah. that's unique outside of mmos and that kind yeah. of stuff M- like yeah. it's very a single player rpg that, sure. that yeah exactly very MMO-ish. um pretty crazy um certain companions will get annoyed if you do bad things even companions who are really close to you so yes depending on who you have in your party some of them he specifically said like picking locks stealing stuff will disapprove and let you know that they disapprove. We've seen that in games before, but it's cool. It's cool. Three bits playing Um, uh, Starfield, by the way, apparently. What? Yep. What? Yep. He just, he was, uh, he just mentioned it. He said he played it for 30 minutes so far. He said it's great. Three bits under NDA. He can't be talking. You can can say it's great. I, I, no, you can't even say that. You're not supposed to give any personal impressions. He's um, not under NDA. He got, he got it from somebody else. Yeah, baby. Anyways, three bit. I'm jealous and I hate you and uh, whatever. Uh, let's see here. Uh, lots of settlements with their own people and quest to find outside the major cities. Uh, we touched on that. New Game Plus relates to the main story, so you couldn't say a word on it. it. Says it's different from most New Game Plus mechanics and is rather special. Something Steel and I just talked about yeah. again. I can't. I, I just. I have zero clues to what they're doing here but i can't wait to see doesn't know if you can fly from planet to planet as grav driving is much quicker only takes a few seconds that's Apparently, interesting we've seen that that's interesting we talked about we speculated on this too steel and that's what the question not the i had way, not in the negative way but i asked how how does that work mm-hmm. how big is the spaces that you are in i'm assuming Maybe they're space-like. gridded off i'm assuming they're gridded right now pete said he doesn't honestly know and that was another point he was making because people were asking him questions. He's like, people always think just because we're a part of the team that we know everything about the game. He's like, that's not true. Not all of us touch every part of every all the games. He's like, there are many, many things I can't have answers to because I just honestly don't know. But I got to assume they've grid, you know, the, the space that you're flying in is gridded. Now, I could be completely wrong and you could fly all the way to, you know, you could spend hours just flying to a planet that's so many light years away. I don't know. Neither does Pete. 
but I'm assuming they've gridded. But that's another thing I want to see. I, I think it'll probably they'll play it off like Everspace does it because Everspace yeah. also isn't like yeah. um, where you yeah. can just travel forever. I mean, maybe you could, but the way that they hide it, especially when you got to go to yeah. further planets, um, yeah. they use light speed and stuff like that. So yeah. if that grav jumping yeah. is kind of going to take place yeah. of that, I just yeah. what's curious to me is how how do they play that off? Right. How how good does it look when you do it? And is it quick enough and accessible enough to the point to where yeah. you don't notice it, where you don't miss that experience of you well, actually flying to? Flying? I, I think that the, I think a good example of that steel that we've seen now is the taking off from a planet because you don't yes. actually fly because it is That's a true. cut scene. Now, there was a certain set of community members who had some spaces oh, that God. I actually went into and listened really uh, because I wanted to see what they were. I wanted to see what they were saying. And they said how jarring it was to see that, that you take off and there's no, the screen turns black and then you're just in space. How jarring that was. Uh, I watched leaked footage. I kind of was expecting what they showed and it was so fast steel, the transition between seeing your ship from a third person view, take off into the sky and headed towards space, black screen, space. You were in space. I didn't find it jarring at all. I mean, I it's on, an SS, exactly it's on SSD2. Starfield yeah, is yeah, also yeah, requiring. Yeah, yeah, we're not required. Yes. Hindsight. It's, it's highly recommended that you use Hines an said SSD. said you cannot play it on a hard drive. Really? Like at he all? He said that in one of the interview. He said you. I didn't see that. I didn't said, hear that. Damn. Look, he goes, you, if, he goes, if you're going to be playing on PC, he goes, pay attention to the spec sheets we put out because you need to understand that you cannot play this game with you. You cannot. And he said, it, you cannot play this game without an SSD. You cannot play this game on a hard drive. And he goes, and if you're below minimum spec, you're going to have issues. He's like, so please pay attention. He's like, now's the time to upgrade your PC. We're gonna That's see because it's gonna be yeah, gonna the see. people first are gonna test. game that I can okay, that I can think of yeah. that will actually require the the SSD. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're gonna find out. It's gonna be interesting. But he but, did make a point to say that. So uh, um, we'll see. Weapon mods combined with skills are really diverse. Said he felt like Iron Man at one stage. I know your ears perked up at this one, Steel. Oh yeah, it definitely did. It definitely yeah, did. Yeah, that yeah. that had me super excited to think that I could possibly feel like iron man the last game that yeah. made me feel that way was uh anthem and i still yep. hate i hate ea well i'm not gonna say that i hate them i i do extremely dislike them for not allowing um 2.0 of anthem to be released yep. or to follow through with that because i do think there was yep. a a magic yep, in that ip that they looked over so yeah but to hear that um, we're gonna that i could possibly feel like iron man again seeing that third person gameplay um and imagining that i could possibly maybe what does that mean can i shoot a repulsor from out of my jump, hand can i jump, jump pack, like iron man ma max um, max your jump pack out be able to fly farther especially in low gravity that would be really dope where you can maintain flight and then have rockets potentially firing out or you know something like that you know like you said um, some type of, of weapon that makes you feel that way that you're actually flying and shooting guys from above. Yeah. Um, we kind of saw that in some of the, on the direct and that kind of stuff too. Um, but yeah, interesting here. Also, he did specifically talk about some tips for people jumping into this game when it comes to skills. Okay. He's like, now that you have to Love, level up that skill, 
He's like, it's not just about leveling up your character and just putting points in like you used to, like in Skyrim, where you could just, hey, I really want to do this. So I'm just going to invest my points in that. Right. Whatever, whatever it is you want. He goes, it's different this time around. He goes, you're going to invest your point to open up that skill, but then you have to do things within that skill to level it up so that you can get to the next level. He goes, so make sure that you're investing skills that you're going to be using relatively shortly. Right. Right. Otherwise, you're going to invest in something and you're not going to have any opportunity to level up that skill. And you're going to be going, why did I put that point in there? Because it's not going to be helping I approach it. So, yeah. So he goes, please be aware of your situations or make sure that you're about to go do stuff that relates to those specific skills. He goes so that you can build those up. He goes, otherwise, it's going to be a wasted point. You're going to feel like you wasted that point. The other tip that he had that everybody listen up, anybody jumping into Starfield. Your character will have a jump pack on his back when you start out. You have to equip the perk for the you have to actually spend the point in that jump pack to Makes use sense. your jump uh, pack. I mean, he said he he had play testers, he had people that were popping in for the first time, some of the review codes that went out, and he was getting DMs and he was getting calls saying, Hey, I I think my jump pack's broken. I can't use it. And he's like, Did you put a skill point in the jump pack? And they're like, No. And he's like, You can't use the jump pack until you put a skill point in there. So I mean, but there's also something to be said if like you don't say that's why do I have a jump pack on my backpack then? Like there's could have been a better way to introduce that. There's there could have been again, it's just for when you're thinking about players jumping in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. So uh that's a little tip too, uh about the skills. Uh you get bounties put on you, uh, but there's ways to undo them. Pretty normal standard practice factions. You can get bounties against you. I'm gonna have bounties against my head is gonna be wanted everywhere. Oh yeah, but he said said there's he said there's ways to undo them, of course, just like there was in 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 other BGS games and everybody RPGs. Oh yeah, kill everybody (laughs) or pay people off. Yeah. Um Museum on New Atlantis explains the lore of the game, the colony war, what happened to Earth, etc. Um, there's a huge lore background, of course. It's a BGS game. They've built this lore from the ground up. They've got no history. This no, brand new man. IP. We can't, so it's I all can't, theirs. That's yeah. why I'm worried about Sarfield, man. Yeah, lore, man, bro. Course. They had to build it from yes. the ground up, man. Right. right. Somebody, somebody also asked if you could change out the adoring fan and make him a robot. This was a weird question. I, Pete, Pete explicitly said, no, you can't change out any of the NPCs. The NPCs are who they are, so you can't change them. Um, there's an enormous amount of creatures, has no clue how many in the game. And he said, even if he did know, he wouldn't tell us because that's part of the game. It's part of exploration. Okay. It's, in fact, it's one of the skills you can get, right? So you, you can go around scanning all the creatures and plant life in the, in the galaxy. So, again, uh, no clue about that. Lots of mod support post-launch. We talked about that, of course. That's what their games are built on. Uh, it's a big part of it. Mission boards can ask you to build outposts on planets. Yeah, he kind of went into this. The missions are going to be very varied. He said you're going to have your standard, you know, go here, do this, bring this back, you know, missions. But you're going to have also some really different missions that you go need to do. And one of them might be you need to go build an outpost on this planet, and then you need to start shuttling different resources from that planet to a specific place. So there could be some very more complex missions. He also had a funny story how he had picked up a mission in which he had to taxi these two people to another planet. Then he had to go take a trip in real life. So he saved at that point, took his trip, came back a couple days later, a week later, whatever it was, 
totally forgot that he had taken that mission on, started doing a bunch of other stuff, and then realized that he had two extra people aboard his ship and was like, who are these people? <laughs> and then he, he went and talked to him, and he's like, oh, that's right. I was supposed to take you to this planet. So he said, I started taking him to that planet, and then he goes, I got sidetracked again by doing all this other stuff which is, again, classic BGS games. Again, open world sandbox. Things happen. You're going to get sidetracked a lot. So I loved hearing that story as well. Um, lots of Easter eggs, uh, as you'd expect across the games. Uh, no level cap that he could think of at this point. So, again, That's continue to, to level. And, again, with Games Plus mode, this gets really interesting. Um, but, yeah, most uh, BGS games, you've been able to max out your skills. Um, so, again, technically, go for it. Do it. Um Starter guides are coming out, according to the German interviewers, uh, but no clue when. Uh, people on PC who have played the game early on have said the performance is very smooth. Uh, those are the main main stuff that he talked about. There was a lot more in there. You can go watch the interviews back again. Pete really has been the face of Starfield this week at Gamescom. Again, Todd's done some interviews, but they've been short, sweet interviews. Pete's really been the one out here giving information yeah. um, that that specific interview with the, I, again, I do believe from the way that they were talking, these two girls were part of the Bethesda team in Europe. Now I don't know what positions they were, but I believe they were because they were really, they were on an NDA steal. They were talking about their experiences playing. And so that's why I think that they they were definitely when they were interviewing, they had to be they, part drew, of the same, yeah. they drew out a lot of information from him and they were talking about their own experiences in the game. And so there's, it was a really good interview because they did talk more freely than most times. And so we did get some bits and bobs in there um, as far as about Starfield, but yeah, I I'll leave it there. We've talked so much Starfield steel. Yeah, um, we, we uh, through and, and rightfully so. Again, this mm -hmm. is the biggest launch that Xbox has had in a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. Call whatever game you want to. I see most people saying Halo 3 or Gears 1. Um, you know, I've gone back to CE, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. The fact is, is this game's gigantic. This game is big for Bethesda right. because it's a brand new IP in the first one in over 20 years. And like I've said, this is technically Todd's first game from the ground up that is his baby because yes. he's always had games that have come with backstory and lore prior to him taking over again he jumped into he, he helped with the sound and dagger fall in that launch mm -hmm. but when he took over on morrowind you know as, as the kind of the the the, the producer or the director of morrowind that lore was already built in a lot of ways for elder scrolls uh fallout when they when they bought that IP, yes, they turned it into something completely different than what it was, but there was a lot of lore already built into the post-apocalyptic world of Fallout. Right. Um, they expanded it. They did all that absolutely 1,000%. This really is the first game that he and his team have had to start from absolute zero, ground zero, scratch. Like, we need to make everything about this world. Don't from worry food, for a lot of people to the trash he talked about the trash in one of his interviews we had to design the space trash like what does that look like in the future to the actual world building and the governments the laws the religions everything is theirs like this is truly their first baby that makes this a little bit extra uh that gives a little bit more this is their biggest launch in history it's their biggest game they've taken everything that they've learned from 
all their previous games of the year, from all their previous generational type games, right. and put it into this game. And you can see that in their interviews. You can see that when they talk about this deal. It's got a little extra juice. It's a little different for them this time. It's a little bit more nervousness on top of it, even though they're very experienced, even though Todd said, hey, when you get down to it and we start playing our game, we're still the only ones who really do it like this. He said that in the GQ interview, which was freaking amazing. Right. He's got the right to be like that. He's got the right to have that ego. He's got the right to have that proud, that pride behind it because of their past that he can say that. And it's real. Like they're, that's why I said, but that's the games are, but that's the games. They're the only ones who kind of do this stuff. It's not about, I'll end it here still. Cause I don't want to continue it. Cause I know our chat wants to hear about other stuff. Again, no, you're good. As much as I people mean, Starfield, love Starfield. Starfield is the next big game. I don't, I don't want you to feel sorry for it. I don't want anybody but, again. But, this is kind of the nah. basis of what I know we're doing a show. We got a podcast, yeah, the case may be, we got, but we, got we still, YouTube, this is not a place, yeah. unfortunately for some people, maybe where I need to rush along the conversation and we no, need to get over no, it. We no, never do that. This is still. a, this is a game yeah, that is going to be the most anticipated for a lot of people. And I, I, I want you to show that that yeah. love, that passion that yeah. you have oozing through. I mean, even you breaking it down. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times people have heard it or whatever the case may be. This is a game that you should be passionate about, man. You are excited yeah. for this game. This yeah. is a game that's going to really get you sucked in and get you highly involved in all the information that we're getting from it. Again, yeah. I personally feel like it's just a justification for the excitement because no because people feel like they know what it is but at the same time we don't know what to truly expect because it is that new ip as you've mentioned so hey, don't yeah be, don't, be, don't be sorry man. Go and on. everybody's gonna Black everybody's Black. gonna be different when they jump in this game too right. right and and it's 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 gonna be a different experience for everybody and how they actually go about playing this game which is also exciting because right. again that means that what i was just about to say and that kind of is to that point when people try to when when the hate side comes out and, and again it's fine if you dislike bethesda games again i'm not here to tell you you have to like bethesda games i'm not but the thing is when people tend to break this down are, are critical about a bethesda game or about mm -hmm. todd or about the team or whatever they really focus in on certain aspects that they believe a game has to have in order to be great and obviously one of the big ones is graphically or npc the character the characters they really focus in on that and say look this doesn't look current gen this looks not like any they should be much better at this even that guy you were talking about steel that psycho had posted that was a right. bethesda fan and he was you know he was producing content again the guy's got over 200k followers i mean again he's done his thing he's obviously found an audience but his whole point was pointing out all the flaws right right that oh they should have they should have why did they why did they use creation engine again they should have gotten an engine that would could produce graphics like the last of us 2 or like red dead redemption 2 he brought up in his video like can you imagine starfield looking right right yeah i didn't 2? i didn't get Bro, that i i the, 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 the thing is, and there's trade-offs and everything. Is, is that yeah. there is, and the creation engine was designed around modding, and the creation engine was designed freedom. around the sandbox. Yes, the freedom. And people forget that. And as a Bethesda fan, that's what I started scratching my head at. I'm like, really? You should probably understand that, like, that's why they use the creation engine. The creation engine was specifically designed for the mechanics that BGS brings into their games. And that's 
a big part of the magic behind their games. And if you gave them like unreal five, don't think they could pull off the same. Like that's not, that engine isn't built like that, but that's not the point I was making. The point I was making was that with, with Bethesda games for me, the way I look at them, it's never about one or two specific things in the game that blow people's minds. It's not about, when I say that's generational, because people say, how can you say these games are generational when they're not doing anything um, that's special? Uh, it's it. Listen, for me, Skyrim way, generational. It is. But they again, they don't they don't look at them that way, Steel, because they don't have the impact visually or whatever else that they think. There's never one thing about a Bethesda game in particular that is going to set the new bar. It's not going to be the gunplay that sets the new bar. It's not going to be the graphics that set the new bar. Now the music, maybe you could argue that their soundtrack set the new bars because they always have these composers like Enon Zer for Starfield that are just absolutely insanely good, but it's never one thing. It's the total package when it comes to Bethesda games that makes them special. It's always the total package. It, it's never one thing or two things that are all of a sudden mm-hmm. setting new standards. It's the complete package that nobody else to this day, people have tried. I said it before. There's been some really good games out there that have come close. CDPR with Cyberpunk, they're close. Uh, yeah, they're and close. This, this DLC, Al- I think, is what we actually yeah, wanted. But we'll, yeah, we'll they're, they're, yeah. Close. they're close to the total package. Mm-hmm. Elden Ring had moments i was here on living split screen when i first started playing Elden ring that said man from software open world the exploration aspect of hey what's over here and finding something that you didn't expect to be there and that opening up like a new adventure like they were close like i said that i said they were right there with bethesda in that term but that's only one part of what the sandbox that bethesda makes is the whole package that you have and not everything has to appeal to everybody, but that complete package, that full meal that you get when you sit down to a Todd Howard game, mm-hmm. that Bethesda a team game, that's what makes them special. That's what sets them apart from every other game out there. It's not one or two things. It's everything that they put together and the way they get it to all work not always seamlessly, but again, that's yeah. part of the charm. Not always seamlessly. They admit themselves. They put all these different systems in their games. They exactly. get them all yeah. to be cohesive and not broken. But what they don't do is try to dictate what those systems are going to do when you interact with them at different times. And that's the randomness that shows up. And that's also a part of the magic. And they say, we just make sure it doesn't really like break the game on you. But other than that, Pete put it best. He said the, my favorite thing about our fans, the thing that I love to hear the most is when they ask, can I go do that? Yes. That was his fit that he's like, that's the favorite thing I have about our fans and our games is Mm -hmm. our fans ask, can I go do that? Instead of saying, what does the game want me to do? Like a lot of games do out there. And I I hope you all are following here what this means. Most games are set up 
to give you boundaries and to set you on a path and to get you to do certain things at certain times, right? That's, that's pretty standard in gaming. Their games are, can I go do that? Let me go try to do this. And most of the time you can't. Most of the time you find out, oh shit, this actually worked. Holy shit. I just totally did this this way. Like I didn't think this was going to be a thing, but now it is. And that's what Pete said is his favorite part about their games and their fans. And I think that that speaks to me directly when he said that, because that's exactly what I feel like when I'm in their games. I never think about, oh, the game wants me to go do this right now. So I need to go do this right now. No, I never think about that. I go, I don't know what I'm going to do, but here, I'm going to go over here and find out what's over here. And then the next thing I know, I'm on a three hour adventure that I'd never expected. Or I'm thinking to myself, man, how can I set this up so that this works or this is going to happen? And then I go try it. Like I experiment like that's that for me is what makes Bethesda game special and why Starfield on this scope is even more exciting than Mm -hmm. an elder scrolls or a fallout. It's not just one piece of land or one world steel. Mm -hmm. We're talking about this huge wide open universe Mm -hmm. where anything is possible in my mind right now. Again, it's a game. There's going to be limitations. I'm going to find them. But the fact is, I know that what I'm going to go see and do is going to be beyond anything I've done and probably any other game, period, point blank, just sheer scope, sheer size. I'm, so that's, that's where I'm at, Steve. That's, 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 super, that's super dope to hear. I mean, now, I also kind of want to stage this, too, because a lot, a lot of these similar things um, you've also mentioned about Baldur's Gate and the way that it leaves it open. Um, that also came up during their different. conversation. It's different. Uh, but yeah. it did also come up during a conversation with the interview with Phil Spencer um, that Destin did for IGN. Um, and I got that pulled up here also. So um, so he brought up the question that, hey, Baldur's Gate 3 is a talk of the town right now. This RPG comes along, takes the internet by storm. Do you think it sets expectations for Starfield or did it steal a little bit of thunder? And Phil Spencer says, I don't think it has anything to do with Starfield. Great games come uh, coming out is good thing for an industry. Um, first, congrats to Larian and the team. I think it's a, a 97 rated game. Um, and as somebody who's finished the original Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, and what was the expansion for Baldur's Gate 1, Forgotten Shores or something, I'm a huge Baldur's Gate fan, and I see a team spend the time to take to make, I think, uh, a true iteration of a classic gaming franchise is always just great for the industry. So, like, you see people that are already trying to, for lack of a better way to put a set kind of expectation for Starfield or say that, oh, well, we've gotten all this hype for this game. Can Starfield meet up to that hype? Which is fair. I mean, we're in the gaming industry. Games are, it is fair to judge games in comparison to other games. Now, it's kind of it's kind of wild when you make comparisons that are like completely left field that don't have anything to do with one another. Um, but that's neither here or there. But a lot of those points that you bring up about um, Starfield in are definitely things again that have me intrigued and your excitement for it definitely adds on to the element of it and again and everything that i've seen from starfield um this game specifically again like with me being up at the casual people would ask people some people may say hey well why you don't really play their games like that anyway what what makes you want to play this one and again only draw comparison to elder scrolls online um and and what i've seen of what my wife has played from bethesda games but outside of that 
it being that space odyssey game knowing that you're going to have that freedom that that the freedom the level of choice the constant evolving experience knowing that i can play in third person and it looks good um there that's that, that definitely a major add-on being able to make my own spaceship um that's something that's an extremely interesting take to do and just that vastness of the game it's like me playing um again we made those comparisons earlier and saying hey you got to be a certain level of you have to have a certain level of integrity when you're making when you are making those comparisons and understand why those are being made. Um, but it is like that Mass Effect. It is like the the No Man's Sky. It's like they're combining together in some facets where you're really giving um, the audience an overall story. And this is an extremely hyped game. I do think um, it is along the lines of what Gears One did for the Xbox 360. Again, Gears One pulled me away from that Halo Three era, right? Um, like late Halo 2, Halo 3, that's what I turned into, right? I went from a heavy Halo player to a heavy, really heavy Gears player. So, and then now you have this um, this brand new IP from this big studio um, who, again, has all the, has more backing than they've ever had previously um, with Xbox being behind them. And seemingly, this is, there is that, um, experience that seemingly everybody's going to to really enjoy so um and, and Baldur's i do agree Baldur's gate 3 is not a it's not it's not compatible um but and you can't really compare the two either but you can compare them in the hype level that they may end up building now keep in mind starfield has much more hype than Baldur's Gate ever did going into it, but Baldur's Gate also built up off of word of mouth, and Starfield has that same potential too, which is why I wanted to um, read through that statement because I, mean, I think Phil's 100% correct, and I feel that way with a lot of different games. I don't think that one game success has anything to do with this other game success. It's going to be what it is. Is If the game is good, it's going to be successful. I mean, that can't be everything, but... Oh. It's a it's a it's a moment for sure. And on the PC side, that's why Larian released Baldur's Gate three prior to Starfield. That's why they pushed they pushed their launch date up was to make sure that they gave their game breathing room because they do understand the impact that Bethesda has on the PC side specifically when it comes to their games launching. And they did a great job with that. That was a right. brilliant decision. And I said that when it happened. Yes, you would like to have seen it all launch at one time on all platforms, including Xbox, which we could talk about now that it is coming this year. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, is that they didn't do that for this very specific reason. And people now will have had a month into Baldur's Gate 3, which, again, that is a big game. And there's going to be plenty of yeah, people fair. who will put hundreds mm -hmm. of hours into that game. But the fact is, people will have had their time with the Baldur's Gate 3 on the PC side of things, and they will be able to move on to Starfield. These games all can coexist in the same space. This is not an issue. It's never been an issue ever. It, it, great games are played no matter what. And both of these are going to be shining examples. Now, again, Starfield still has to launch. We still have to see. Yes. But again, just all word on the street is that. It's leading. Yes, this that, is yeah. going to this is going to live up and go beyond a lot of people's expectations. So if that's the case, we can say that these are both great games because Baldur's Gate 3 while it was an early access for three years, while people on the PC side were talking up Baldur's Gate 3, their hype for their game 
jump-started when it got close to launch. And then when the game launched, got rave reviews, people started playing it more so than just even the early access people. And people started realizing, holy shit, this is the CRPG, the classic style turn-based RPG that I didn't know I needed in my life right now. Mm -hmm. But now that it's here, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm playing. Like, that's when it really started the ball moving. Starfield already is at that point. Like, again, there's so many people pre-ordering this game. There's so many people buying premium access to Starfield. This is going to do gigantic numbers. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows what's coming. We'll see. Baldur's Gate 3 was a little bit more surprising. But the fact is, is that Larian gave themselves breathing room. It turned out to be a brilliant move. And Phil's right. It doesn't matter. Baldur's Gate 3 does not take any shine off of Starfield. In fact, Baldur's Gate 3 probably ignited people's appetites in a lot of ways to get into another RPG right after coming out of Baldur's Gate 3, having a whole different experience, a whole different style of game from Baldur's Gate 3. I think it probably excited people even more so to have Starfield right on the back end of Baldur's Gate 3 a month later to say, oh my God, I just had this freaking amazing experience with Baldur's Gate 3. Now I get to jump into another amazing experience, completely different in Starfield. But I don't think we ever have gamers that go, oh man, I just got done with a freaking game of the year contender, a generational type game in Baldur's Gate 3, but I don't want to jump into another great game right afterwards. I I don't want to do that. No, I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think that's any, it's not even in the realm of reality. I think people are excited for both for every valid reason. So I I think, uh, yeah, no, Phil's spot on here. Yeah. uh, So so that's, it's interesting to see how things are playing out and kind of unfolding on themselves. Um, They also talked about in that interview that Phil had um, with IGN and Destin uh, that Destin asked them another question that, uh, coming off of the Starfield, the whole conversation that we were having and anticipation that we have for that, um, you know, just kind of kind of folding this in because it was com- they're still kind of mentioning it in a lot of ways um, on different facets uh, on in this interview. Um, but Destin asked him about Matt Booty promising four first party games uh, per year. And are you on track? Um, and Phil Spencer came out. Then Starfield is part of that conversation. He said, uh, we've released more than that this year. If we start with Hi-Fi Rush, Minecraft, Legends, Redfall, maybe people don't want to give us credit for that. Um, and then Starfield and then Forza. Uh, and then you also had Age 4 that just released on uh, consoles at Gamescom, um, along with some additional footage from uh, Starfield that we weren't made available to that we talked about earlier. You kind of see how the year... Well, not even kind of. You see how the year is unfolding, right? And yeah. if Starfield is that, I would consider Starfield to be the cherry on top, and maybe Forza is going to be end up being maybe the the graham cracker or that you throw on top, like the crushed graham cracker, or maybe the um, what else could you put on? Maybe the sprinkles on top. It, it's going to have to be something else because honestly, there's not going to be a bigger game than um, Starfield releasing this year, and just to see. Yeah. Uh, Xbox to be on this seemingly cadence, especially coming off of last year. And we can all say that, oh, they pushed games back. Starfield was even supposed to come out last year and it didn't. I, 
you're going to quickly see the conversation of the past of uh, some of the mismanagement and the worry that people have start to really fade away, I think, after um, Starfield releases and even in early access because then people are going to be allowed to talk about it. 31st reviews go live for the game. We're going to really see how it stacks up with uh, many different people's opinions. Um, I mean, how do you, how, what, what are you kind of anticipating as far as reviews go for Starfield um, coming off the conversation we just had? And then also hearing some of the other additional things behind the scenes that we've seen. Um, do you think it's still, do you still have confidence that's going to be around that high? Uh, well, mid 90s low 90s range or what what do you what are you thinking on that yeah as far as reviews go um for starfield i think i'm i've been locked in at 93 um i think uh 93 is a good number um i think it's got the potential uh to go mid 90s for sure um i think it also has the potential to hit a high 80s um depending on how things kind of play out here the landscape has changed i hear people um when you know when you look back at Bethesda's big games in the past, you know uh, '90s uh, high '80 or '80s uh, Fallout 4 was the lowest one. Um, I think there is a trend, but I do understand that people say, "Well, things have changed now. The industry's changed. It's not that anymore. Right. They won't put up with the bugs like they used to." But then I see that's not true either because we've seen games this year forgiven for performance issues and bugs steal we've mm-hmm. seen certain games be forgiven then you got the, the people who say yeah but now they're acquired by xbox so the media you know always downgrades xbox games and, and that kind of stuff and while there are certain sites that obviously have shown certain biases i absolutely am not saying that there is none of course there is everybody's got them and right. nowadays it's nowadays journalists are not expected to uphold any integrity whatsoever so they can do what they want to do and get away with it right they can they can in interject their biases into stories into reviews and nobody bats an eye anymore because that's what they do nowadays that's where journalism's at i hear all that but i also do know for a fact that there is a large group of journalists out there who do consider Bethesda games some of the greatest of all time, who do look back more than fondly on their time with Fallout. They also Skyrim, overly criticize them. No, but they don't, but they don't steal because the review, if you go back and read the old reviews again, the PS3 version of Skyrim was broken mm-hmm. steel, like bro- broken. Okay. So. It's still scored in the nineties. Mm. Okay. So That's a good point. There's still a bunch of people out there in this in and that yeah there's more that have come up but there's but a lot of these reviewers have touched Bethesda games and love them. So I, I think that overall I think it's going to kind of all even out. That's why I put it in the low 90s. That's why I put it in 93 because I think at the end of the day it all evens out. Now, if it came out and scores an 88, 89, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be back here going, "Oh my god, I can't believe this." It wouldn't shock me. If it scores a 95, 96, 97 even, would I come back on here and be shocked? Nope. Wouldn't be shocked either way. That's why I kind of settled in at 93. So I think overall it'll even out. Yes, there will be some reviews that are obviously biased that do downgrade it because it's Xbox that or that don't like Bethesda games in general that will nitpick things to death. Again, as I've said previously, with a game like Starfield, with them doing so many different mechanics in it, 
there are going to be things that don't appeal to everybody still, right? Some people oh, yeah. might not like the space flying. Some people might not like the base building, right? There's going to be those yeah. reviewers who find something they don't like. Forced to do any of that too, right? Like, right, but but still, but still, it's going to be there for them to say a negative, right? It's going to be them for them to go, oh, that base building was I wasn't into it, man. It just kind of sucked. When you do a game like this, it does open you up to more potential criticism because yes. there are going to be aspects that people don't like. So, and that's okay. I just think overall, the overall package, if this comes out as the least buggy Bethesda title ever, be that will play into and actually help the reviews steal because let's be honest, Bethesda is a name that is out there. So if people... I've already seen it all over online. This game's already going to be buggy. This game's going to be, it's going to be broken mess when it comes out, blah, blah, blah. Reviewers are going to have that same mentality steel. They're going to have that in the back of their head. And if the game shows up as what they're saying, it is the most polished, but that is the title ever. And if what some of the early leak reviews, reviewers out there have been saying is true that they're not finding any bugs. Well, then that right. automatically they're already at a bonus points, right? They're already bonus points because that's already exceeding expectation for a lot of people. So I think that would actually help this scenario. So I do believe it scores in the nineties. I, I really do. I, I think we get another 90 Bethesda game. I get, I, we get a game of the year contender. Um, now does it win in this year? I don't know. They've pulled out again twice before against Zelda. They pulled it out. Is Zelda tears of the kingdom even the favorite anymore? A lot of people are saying no. Baldur's Gate three is the favorite right now. Sitting mm. at a 96, 97, man. That that that's tough, man. Yeah, it's that's... impressive. But I, I because of, because yeah, game of the year is a more of a popularity contest I, and um is. is driven more by um a wider audience, hopefully in votes and whatnot. Uh, I would in some of that, but I still don't think it's as wide as Zelda was. Or Zelda is um, Zelda just because it's rated high. Down. I'm just saying. I mean, but Zelda is also Zelda is also a smaller game in comparison to Baldur's Gate, yeah. right? Where yes. there is a. I mean, but that's why I always add that there's like different games have so many variances between other games, right? So it's like when you talk about game of the year, it's really it's it's difficult to say because. Because of di because of so many different elements, right? You could say that well, Starfield is better than both of the, both of those games because it's doing all of these things uh, and better and more. And Starfield is also another game like Zelda that has that potential to because of the fan base behind Bethesda more so um, and their style of games to reach that wider audience. Correct. It is, does. It is. It's. It's. It's all worth to be in the conversation for me, at least. Um, overall, um, if, it, if it's nominated but, at the end of the day, still, if it's nominated, that's really what matters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. If they yeah. come out and they have their most polished game ever, and people generally see that, right, and acknowledge that this is their most polished game, which right. would be a new kind of territory for Bethesda, would also prove xbox correct in the fact that they delayed it for another year for polish mm -hmm. would also stomp all over the narrative of oh xbox can't manage studios look at redfall blah 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 listen yeah, they're it not would they, they, it would kill that it would kill that instantaneously <sighs> right 
So it wouldn't kill it instantaneously well, because it would okay, still okay. linger for right, a bit. Right, right. They, still it's like one they still have more. game. And, they still yeah, have more. Yeah, proof. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. You got to no, do it with Forza I, now, especially with yeah, the missing features, quote unquote, that I'll people are now that. running with, and then yes. that now leading again into um, the re- series ass stuff that we'll get into here in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it, it's definitely the start. It's they definitely the start for sure. It would be a big start. Because again, start. Yeah, it'd be yeah, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bugfesda is known. Right. Again, that's why I'm saying they kind of have a benefit here if this truly does turn out to be the case because everybody's already expecting the worst. So if you come in and blow everybody out of the water, you get bonus kudos. So, all right, I'll retract killed, but it will be a huge it start. It would definitely be a huge, effect. it'd definitely be a huge start. So, Absolutely. and I, I, I just, like I said, I'm confident. And, and again, that's my biases too. Obviously, yeah, I freely I, admit I, it. You, anybody who's listening to me knows. Again, I'm always gonna. I don't care. Again, I was playing the 360 version of Oblivion when it came out, which was extremely buggy, and I had zero problems with it. Thought it was the greatest game I had ever played of all time during that time frame. Right? Same with Skyrim. Same. I, I will say my biases will lean that and way. That, and that's kind of my thing but, about Starfield too. It's like yeah, we, all because. I'll be, I, this is this is kind of my perspective on it right now. Armor Core Six would, was going to be my game of the year unless Starfield does something to prove me different. Sure, not not in the way like I'm talking about. Like the game literally impacts me in a way that it's like, oh wow, this is, truly is special. Like the way that I felt about Mass Effect, right? Yeah, exactly. If if it gives me that same exact feel again, going into continuing my playthrough and master there wasn't a single moment in mass effect where i wasn't so engaged in the game and wanting to see what else is going on and learn about my the my crew and just experience the universe that they put you in um along with that story of being gripping right um especially in the first game that's why i can agree with you um that the first game is a great in the story progressively did get worse in comparison although i still Mm -hmm. think that mass effect 2 is the better game but mass effect 1 that baseline story and getting you put into the world um or into the universe excuse me um was (laughs) a few marks from perfect to be to be quite honest and if starfield if starfield is able to complete that same element because armor core 6 for me different I say it's game of the years for the exact same reason you say the Starfield is. It's biased, right? But the other thing too, right. it's also gameplay. It's also what yeah. I've traditionally expect yeah. from from software. Elden Ring is that is of that is in that Baldur's Gate three right? for me right now is is game Ex- exactly. Right? That's why right. Baldur's Gate three moved past Diablo four for me is because of those situations, right? That there's right. no biases with Baldur's Gate three other than yes, I love CRPGs and yes, I played the originals and loved them to death, right. and I'm an old D and D fan. So it speaks to my heart, but at the same time, the game itself really set the bar, right? right? And so for me, that's why it moved in the game of the year. Now, if Starfield surpasses it, we'll see. Obviously, I assume it will for all the reasons before mentioned, but I, I do... I do understand where you're coming from with Armored Core. There is that element to it, but that's why I'm also so excited for you. I want to see your reaction to Starfield. Again, so, as a yeah, casual, but, yeah, as a casual Bethesda fan, as somebody who's recently discovered that now enjoys a lot of single player experiences more than the past, right? And you've you've done something like I also experience Mass Effect. Right? To be fair, I also have a I have a high bar for what sure. I expected in game. Right, right, right. right. But um, that's why well, I'm that so excited. Happy. 
Right. That's that's why I'm so excited, Steel, because this is the first Bethesda experience where you're jumping in day one with a fresh look at a brand new IP from Bethesda. And already there has been things with the leaks that you've oh, yeah. seen, which are very important that to your experience. Yeah. That third person mm-hmm. view is the gunplay was immaculate. Again, everybody looks, has different good. priorities for like, you. Yeah. Those are the priorities, mm-hmm. and those are already from what you've seen against different when you play it. Oh, yeah, what you've seen, especially in comparison got to you Skyrim, for an example. Oh, yes, hell correct. yeah, especially yeah, in comparison right. to like Elder Scrolls Online, for an example. Oh, hell yeah, like again, that's like that's what's so few so weird to me. Like when people said the the weird shit about Armor Core 6 looking old, and then you go look, you go to Starfield, I, I know completely a separate side of the spectrum, but then you also said star the people are saying starfield looks like looks like an old game and oh it looks like uh it looks like skyrim but better what is that what does that mean can you just say that it looks good can you just yeah. say oh it's it, it is a solid looking game it does not everything has to all of a sudden just harken like again i know more to games than graphics. It's like people have some. That's why I ask. I try to. I tend to ask if we live in the Twilight Zone. Is because like yeah. people just forget what those experiences were like. And then when you mm-hmm. go back, especially when I go back to them on emulation or whatever, it's like, yeah. or I go back to them on PC because Skyrim came out on mm-hmm. PC. Um, yeah, game came out two thousand ten, and and then I hear other. I don't see that. I still see again casual um, for in the Bethesda universe side of things, and I can see the improvements and changes and and oh, the yeah. vastness of it. And then people who aren't like the guy we were talking about um, in the DMs, he's like, "Oh well, it's just not that impressive, and it, it doesn't look like uh, Red Dead, even right. though it's Rockstar, completely different studio." Not only that, it's a completely different style of game. That I would tell you, if if Rockstar made a space game, it would not be that detailed. Uh, on this scope, it no. would not be this. De- it no, would still be. It would be very. It would be very more focused in. You would have a genuine story. It would be very tailored. Unless you're talking about GTA Online, and they're not taking that. They're not. We're not going to have GTA in space for thirty years at the rate that they're going right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 bro. We'll, we'll get a Bethesda online it's, it's, game before that. It's just, it's weird to me when people, Hogwarts, it's human yeah. nature to compare, okay. but it's, it, it's, it's weird when people pull those types of expectations from other games and place them on studios that don't do that style of game. Like it's just, it's weird to me again, Bethesda's style is is its own like they they, they yeah, creation it, it, it looks like their right. game it's, it looks like it's, their it's games this it's is the thing that i say about every other studio right. your game right. looks like the game that you made from your studio like all your games look like that it doesn't matter what other part of your studio uh like whatever the part of your dev team makes any particular games they all have this some yeah. form of that style that you're talking about id yeah. um and feel or, you can't replace feel either so it's just i don't know it's, it yeah, just feels it feels it's, weird and disingenuous in a lot of ways yeah, but yep uh, yep again, it is hey, it is it, yep. it is what it is uh, where are you at with the reviews steel what do you think for starfield I'm, I'm still gonna say 98 i'm gonna say 98, 98? just to be wow. 
just to be I on love. the extreme side of things. Just because I, I want to see I people be upset right. and cry and <laughs> and talk about it and how people. Because what's going to happen is I know this oh. is what's going to happen. People are going to say, "Well, oh, you guys are just overhyping a game. You haven't got a good game yep. in a while." Oh, um, you guys are biased towards Bethesda. You nerds, you nerds like this space stuff all of a sudden. Um, You're the same people that like Baldur's Gate. You just want (laughs) to, even though they haven't shown any nudity or any any good times in in Starfield. um, There will be when mods mods get their hands on it. That's going to be the first mod pack. Skyrim's different now. Um, Starfield's going to be different too. (laughs) Yeah, Starfield's definitely going to be different. But yeah, um, yeah, it would, I hope you're right, Steel, because that would be fun. It would be fun. I would, I would, see, I would, I would so see things fun. burn. I want to see the, I want to see the world burn yeah, a little I bit. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be hilarious. But um, spe- speaking of which, um, it's all my Starfield, uh, and also brought up Baldur's Gate. I think this would be a good opportunity to kind of introduce some conversation about on uh, the series mm-hmm. S again uh, this mm-hmm. week, right? Because people do have some fears about because Starfield is a decent looking game. Um, I do see some people kind of like. Man, I don't know if I would really want to play Starfield on a Series S, though. And then now we're also seeing that uh, apparently Phil was able to get into Larian and uh, get Baldur's Gate to release by the end of this year on um, on Xbox, which is yep. really dope to see. Now, there is additional conversation to be had there where um, a lot I see a good amount of people saying that this is proof that the Series S is holding things back, that um, that they have to. <laughs> the number one part of the conversation was, oh, look at Xbox already breaking promises, um, their parody promises, just so they can uh, appeal their fan base or whatever the case may be. They can't they can't keep their word for anything. They don't. Uh, this is this is living proof that the Series S is going to hold Xbox back um, as we move further into the generation. Um, That's been the main crux of like the news. Right. And then also coming off the heels of and I'll I'll follow it up with uh, with this because Destin asked Phil about this during their interview. He says, do you have any news about some sort of mid gen refresh for Xbox? Because, again, the Series S is limited on RAM and that is something that is affecting the Series S a lot. I'm I'm, I'm not going to front on that, but I'm also not of this mindset that one con this this the series s is what's holding things back i just like i and the main reason and I, then i'll get into this uh this little blurb right here the main reason for that is because we're going to again get to a point towards the end of this generation where the series s is playing games at 60 frames that we thought wasn't going to be possible at the beginning of the generation why do i say that because it's happened every other time why would this generation all of a sudden be different? Right. Why all of a sudden would technology just stop moving forward, especially on the software side of things, where AMD is trying is call it for for better or worse because they it's like they take a step forward, take some steps forward, and a step back. You see the GPU pricing, whatever. Um, but as we get better with software and you get things more implemented, you are going to see a ton of games pick up. Um, as far as that goes um, for the Series S and the games that we're currently getting on console. So it's just, that's kind of my mind state on it. But anyway, um, but Phil Spencer to the question about the mid-gen refresh, he says, no, um, we're doing right now the increased storage on the Series S. But no, like I said, we're kind of at the beginning uh, in my, 
we're kind of at the end of the beginning in my mind, excuse me. So I think we need to let dev settle on this hardware and get the most out of it. But in terms of increased frame rate, uh, increased resolution, I just look at what goes on on a PC with high-end GPUs, high-end CPUs. And it's not like always just about pixel count or frame resolution. I think there's rate lighting techniques. Um, there's a bunch of things that go into what makes a game look and feel great. And we have a ton of hand, headroom as an industry there. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Phil, Phil's not the guy who's putting these this hardware together and he is supposed to make sure that no matter what, Xbox is in the best light possible. But this does kind of, I at least in my opinion, double down on some of the thoughts that we've had about them not doing that mid-gen refresh. Uh, but that was also, but this part of the conversation is also what's been added to this continued uh, and ongoing conversation with the Series S being the potato um, in gaming right now and not allowing uh, for the consumer to truly get the experiences that they were uh, that they asked for or were pitched for, which we we have talked about here, right? Where again, marketing tools worked again, worked once again, pitching them, pitching us something that is a pipe dream. But in, in, I also believe in that same breath. When you have in hardware, at least as a consumer, you should also make yourself aware about different versions of a product right especially if it's along the same line for samsung is a good example right they have the s22 and then they'll have the s22 ultra it's the same phone but clearly one is the better phone right and you say like you can't there might be a game that you can't play on the regular phone at a certain quality that you could play on the other phone right one fourteen forty, others 1080 just as an example the consoles are exact are exactly the same in that in that fact, right? Or you could take it into cars if you'd rather do that. Whatever car that you want to choose, if it has a sports version, it's still the same car, but it might have some tweaks to the motor. Maybe it has a completely different motor in it. Um, that is possible. Uh, maybe it has some better tires. Maybe it has better rims, bigger rims. Again, we know that the Xbox Series X has a bigger GPU. They do share that CPU power. I think there's a little bit taken off the top um, as far as a Series S goes, but not so much in comparison as far as uh, in comparison to the, like the graphics um, that are capable of the box. So for me, I did like hearing this because I do think in uh, the conversation that we've had previously about Xbox potentially, instead of doing the mid-gen refresh, going ahead and working on that next xbox um to pull people in with so they can be it right again right on top of the narrative of power being ahead on the industry maybe possibly waiting for some uh, those additional tools to come alive and also seeing because i don't think going into the next generation either we're going to see xbox possibly go to oh we're going to create different games differently or we're going to create a different environment for devs again because that's their biggest thing that's holding them back right now you're getting better games from PlayStation, not because the Series S is the potato, but you're getting better games from PlayStation 1 because they have the player base. Two, they're using the same environment that they carried over from the PlayStation 4 for the PlayStation 5. And that's that's not the case for Xbox. And that is a problem for them. Mm-hmm. But if those things get hammered out and they go into the next generation, yeah, you might lose the power narrative for a year or two 
But if you have the games to back you up, because those always will stand the test of time, PlayStation 3, perfect example of that. They got PlayStation 3 was getting macked on, right? <laughs> For a lot of that generation. And again, things leveled out towards the end. But PlayStation 3 released good games that we thought shouldn't have been possible in that cell processor that they tried to sell us on so hard. Again, that's where we got Last of Us. It was a cheap Blu-ray player, too. And a so. cheap Blu-ray player also, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> Last of Us came, came from out of that environment, yes. right? So yes. if yes. that's possible, if you can get Last of Us at the end of the generation on a PlayStation 3, mm-hmm. what do you think that you're going to get at the end of the generation for the yeah. series and PlayStation 5? Right. That's why, like, it's that conversation to me is always really strange and kind of I, I try to pull myself back. And again, we always use that RTS perspective, uh, RTS view, and then that educated consumers perspective, but that ECP. Because people people do come from different uh, facets of the, of the conversation. People care about different things. So for me, as somebody that cares about the overall scope of it and how it affects different levels of things and one game not everything needs to look like horizon uh zero dawn forbidden west god of war last of us these games it's been proven time and time again baldur's gate is another one of those good examples i think we could throw in there now not all games need to be of that visual quality quote unquote or of that artistic style everything can stand out on its own and it's just it's up to the devs to be able to use those things um like what have you seen about or have you seen anything about the Series S um, conversation that are kind of coming back up? And are you excited to see that Xbox is willing to make some sacrifices or pull back from their parity clause? Uh, well, seemingly quote unquote parity clause that they kind of had in line where, you know, if the game comes out for one console, they want it available on the other console because it just, that's their ecosystem right now. Um, how do you feel kind of them pulling back from that and feel saying, well, we a good game is a good game. We need to get it on the platform. Do you think they're going to work, start working on those things sooner, much sooner than waiting for a game to be successful and then do it? What do you, what do you, what do you think? Tough questions. Um, number one, um, you know, Microsoft Xbox brought this kind of upon themselves with the way that they marketed it. and it's not just xbox right the other you know playstation also marketed their console a certain way and not all the games have lived up to that either as we've gotten into this generation so this is not specifically an xbox problem however it is highlighted on xbox number one because xbox always gets extra attention uh number two because they did go to this two skew um, setup with one system being obviously a lot less powerful than the main one um, for obviously uh, financial reasons, because again, they wanted that lower priced skew to sell more to a different market, which is fine. Again, I don't have any problem with that, but how these consoles were marketed coming into the generation and what has actually happened are two different things in a lot of cases, not every case. We've seen a lot of great examples and this is not a industry wide situation with the series S like it was with the PlayStation three, even PlayStation's, you know, first parties were having issues with the cell processor. So if you guys are old enough to remember back in the day, um, 
so it's not on that level. Is there an issue? Of course there is. Um, I, I don't think that there's not. I, I can't sit here and say that, you know, there aren't certain devs that are having problems with using the Series S um, for their games. I think that that's, you know, it's quite obvious. Now, to the degree, like I said last night on Xbox Ultimate, until we get to a point where a dev flat out comes out and says, I cannot put this game on the Series S then I think it's a situation of limitations, but not potential consumer harm as mm -hmm. far as missing out on a game. And I think that that would be a moment where we need to have a serious discussion because, well, Xbox internally would be having a serious discussion about what to do. Right. The Series S was always going to be a system that was going to have a less lesser experience than the series x that just from raw power yeah. that was known that was that known. was introduced in the one now, s and um regular yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely now 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 xbox's kind of always been a talk off and marketing was oh well the devs will just be able to lower the resolution or you know maybe it doesn't right. have the same frame Marketing's rate speed. but everything's gonna be fine well, now we see that there are specific cases and specific situations. You know, let's we'll just say split screen for right now because it's the easy one to point out because there's been multiple yep. times kind of the conversation that, people that this causes a problem. Okay, so fine, so be it. I think that there are. Is it great? Is it great to say one version is not going to have parity with another version when you marketed it differently? No, it's not. Is it fair to your Series S consumer? Even the less than 1%, I'm just throwing out a number. I don't know what it is, but I'm assuming less than 1% of Series S owners who are going to buy Baldur's Gate 3 and want to play split screen. Is it fair for those consumers? No, it is not. As a consumer, yeah, as somebody who does speak out on this stuff, it, no, it's not right. Should Microsoft, should Xbox make the decision to hold the line here in this case and say to their entire fan base, you guys don't get Baldur's Gate 3 until we and Larian get this split screen figured out on Series S. So you get you have to miss out on a game of the year contender, something that uh, a game that people are calling generational. You have to miss out on that experience until we get this figured out. That's the real question here. In my eyes, no, you don't do that. In my eyes, you take this hit up front. And again, the criticism is fair because... You know, did did Xbox engineer the Series S and say that it was going to be able to run every game this generation? Yes. Is that so far true? Yes. But did they also have a parity clause in their contracts? We've seen it now direct. Shout out to Stephen Tatil and others who have pulled the, the, those documents. Is Do they have a parity clause that said to developers, you've got to have the same features, not frame rate, not resolution but same features on both consoles in your games yes they do have that parity clause in there is that being lived up to well no now they've broken that rule but do i think that that priority as far as split screen goes do i think that those features should have different priorities and if there is a dev that is having a problem getting one of those features to work on the series S versus the X and that's stopping the game from coming out. Do I think low priority features like a split screen in a CRPG where 
Again, they probably have the internal numbers, whatever that percent is, is ultra low that people are going to take advantage of that feature. Do I think they should have the right to say, yeah, we're going to make an exception here and get this game out to our entire base. We want this game on our system, in our ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Yeah, I do think they should have the right to do that. So I think that both the criticism is fair, but I do think that this is the right decision overall. Should we even be in this spot? No, but we can't go back in time. Xbox can't peer into the future when they designed the Series S and know that they were going to have these types of issues. Do I think that they would have launched the Series S knowing that these issues were going to pop up down the road? No, because this is not the PR you want. This is not something for your consumers you want to say to have a sticker on the series to have a sticker on the box saying if you are a series s owner you do not get split screen no that's not what you want as a company when you design a two skew system like this at all i don't think i'm going out on a limb saying that internally this is not the ideal situation but again it's not industry-wide a lot of people want to blow this up and say all the devs are saying that they hate the series s BS. That's not true. Have we had more than a few devs come out and speak out about the Series S? Yeah, we have. Have we also seen a couple of those same devs who spoke out about the Series S problems and saying things were impossible come out with a patch for their games 30, 60, 90 days later, and all of a sudden, magically, the Series S works? That version of the game is all of a sudden better than what they said was possible? Yeah, we've seen that too. Dev's time is limited. I understand that. Dev's resources are limited. I understand that. Priorities are going to be different in each case. I understand all of that. We've seen that. To steal to your point, mm -hmm. you and I have been through enough generations of games. Most of the people in our chat probably have been through enough generations of games to know exactly what you said is true. What we see in the beginning of a gen and what we see at the end of the gen completely different. are a lot of times are night and day. Right. Things that we said Most when we time, first man. popped in our first game, right? On a new gen said, Oh my God, look at this. How could they do any better? Five, six years down the road, all of a sudden we're playing a game going, Oh my God, how can they do any better? Like this is crazy. And you go back and compare the two, and it's like, whoa, what a jump. Could the same thing happen this generation? Of course it could. It's up to the devs. It's up to the tools. Again, we've heard the tools are all set. They're all ready to rock and roll, but it's up to the devs. Are they going to put their limited time and resources into using all of those features in the tool set that Xbox has provided to make sure that the best experience is on both the X and the S? That's a, that's a million-dollar question. And third-party-wise, so far, we haven't seen that. We haven't even really seen the full capabilities used by a first party title yet out of Xbox. Will we see that down the road? Yeah, I hope so, because as a first party, you better be using your system to the full capabilities. But again, this is not an Xbox only situation. Do, do I think that PlayStation, when they signed a deal with Square Enix, when they sent part of their devs, their engineers over to Square Enix to help them? And again, we know this because Square Enix said that's part of the deal that Sony does provide human resources, manual power to make sure that Final Fantasy 16 was going to run great on PlayStation 5. Do you think that they, at the beginning of the generation when they created or when they engineered the PlayStation 5, they thought Final Fantasy 16 would drop down to 720p no. at certain points? No. 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 Man, that's not acceptable Actually, either. That, that, was, no. that was not the goal. That was not what was marketed to their consumers either. Mm. So again, this isn't 
this isn't, you know, one thing, this isn't just an Xbox problem. It's easy to point out the Series S because it's the weakest console yeah, outside of the Switch again on the market, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. In this current gen, the Series S is the weakest link when it comes to consoles. Now we talk about PC stuff all the time. We talk about how many different variations of PCs that devs have to to, you know, account for when making a game. Well, obviously their priority is PC because most games, 99% of games start out on PC. Actually, all games start out on PC in some form. So they automatically are already working on the PC versions and they do that. When it comes to consoles, that's when you start getting down to time and resources and where your priorities lie. And is the Series S a high priority? No. Is Xbox's higher priority as PlayStation? No, we've seen that too. But we've also seen games run better on the Series S mm -hmm. in some instances. Armor Core, for an example. Right. Than on the PlayStation 5, right? So we have examples on both sides. It's like damn near 10 to 15 frame difference. Yeah. It's just easy to point out the weird. Series S. Again, criticism of Microsoft, Xbox, how they how they positioned the Series S coming into this generation. That 5%. criticism is fair and should be there. Again, you can't go back and change what's been done. A mid-gen refresh to your other point still here wouldn't help the situation because devs still have to account for the old series s hardware yep. it's not going to change anything so they're kind of locked it's in the same thing yeah uh, no matter what mid-gen refresh again i'll say it again i would understand why xbox would do it if playstation's going to do it i'd understand why xbox would do it to keep the power narrative to make sure that they're up to date to not take the hit for whatever amount x amount of years right. before the next gen launches i i would understand do I, do I think Phil's being real when he says that they are not going to do mid-gen? As of this moment, yes. I would say that I do believe that he's not going to do a mid-gen refresh on his consoles. That basically the Series S Black Edition, updating, mm -hmm. you know, giving you more memory, Storage, that's yeah. about as good as it's going to get. We might get a, a slimmed down version of the Series X at some point. That might happen, but more power? No, I don't think that's going to happen. I will say it again. If they're not going to do a mid-gen refresh and PlayStation does, then my my opinion what my strategy would be if i was phil and i i kind i don't know maybe this is me re, maybe this is me wanting to believe that phil is strategizing the same way but the way he talks i think they get to next gen faster i think the problems with the series s kind of the the situation with unreal engine 5 and where it's mm -hmm. at and sure we could see it we could see it get better in the, as the oh, generation yeah. mm -hmm. goes on, but do you want do you want to hope and pray, or do you take control of your do you take control of your destiny for control. next gen? Yeah, and I and that's why I think Phil's at, and I think they launch next gen earlier than they had originally planned. I think they go a year. Colt suggested two years, like twenty twenty six for Colt. I said twenty twenty seven. I think you jump the gun, you get out ahead of PlayStation again. There's multiple reasons for this. You will have especially the ABK strategy. deal yeah. goes through. You get you pull out an old strategy because you have the internal studios at this point yeah, to, a, to take to full that. advantage and press that advantage. You could press PlayStation hard. That would be interesting. That would be it would be because the amount of content they could have the amount of content they could have from first party ready or maybe PlayStation for that, that launch could be big, could be giant. I don't think PlayStation PlayStation's not in the position. And I think that's why we're talking pro. I think that's why I agree. I, I do believe those rumors. I don't think they're in a position to do that. But yeah, they could. I mean, obviously, any, 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 we've seen companies. It is do much it more likely for, especially yeah. with how on top of the generation that Xbox decided yeah. to be, what Microsoft decided to be, um, this gen, 
you yeah. waiting for RDNA 2 and whatnot, if you waiting for the yep. additional features and whatnot. I kind of feel like that that's going to be their pattern moving forward. That's they're going to be yeah. their hardware approach as far as the gaming market goes. Yep. In this time around, you could use that 360 approach by getting a year ahead um, yep. and really taking advantage of, because who knows? I mean, four years from now, five years from now, you're guaranteeing DDR6 at that point, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The advancements that we'll probably see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to be expensive, but there's also, I think it's going to fluctuate down enough to a point. It, it's, also, also gonna, it's also hard to predict because we don't know what tech, technological advancements will make yep. within that time either in the next decade who knows what's going to fucking change when when you launch when you launch steel if you do launch early just again i've i've said it multiple times but when you think about their if they if they do get the abk acquisition you promote the best version of call of duty yes you could legitimately probably at that point state that you within the first year of launch you're going to have elder scroll 6 on your new hardware as an exclusive mm-hmm. which again if you think the starfield hype is big wait until the next elder scrolls is getting close it's going to be on another level you have that in your back pocket along with all these other studios making all these other games you could have one of the biggest launch lineups during the first yeah, year absolutely. of your new console in history you could have one of the best launch lineups of all time like that's where you press that advantage so um i just think it's an interesting conversation but overall the s conversation is overblown obviously Uh, by a lot of people to me it's overblown the criticism is fair it's not the ideal situation yes again it is like don't misinterpret what what we're saying it's It's still worth a conversation we're not saying it's irrelevant but no at the same point like again this Again, is you never want to do this to your consumers. You never want to come back and backtrack no. off of your product. It's not okay. And say one set of consumers is not going to have the exact same experience potentially as the other set when you said it was going to be the same minus resolution or frames. You don't want to do this to your consumer base. It's not the it's it, it's just it it's it was never intentional. Okay. I just don't think that they had the foresight to see these problems. And is that their problem? Yes. And that's where I say the criticism that's is a, fair. This problem as, for them as, as a business, as, though. Like as a business, you right, take right, right. Damage. As a business. Mm-hmm. Right. You do. Right. No. And, and I agree, Steele. It's just that this is not Kinda good. Right. From a consumer standpoint, it's not. You can you even a small feature like split screen on a CRPG, it's still not okay. No, it's not okay at the end but, of the day, because overall saw somebody mentioned that. Yeah. Right, but overall, for your entire consumer base to get the game, a potential game of the year, potential generational type game into your ecosystem within the same year as everybody else, is that a bigger priority? Yes, to me it is. To me it is. To me, you got to do it. You got to make the hard decision and move forward. You take your hits, take your lumps, but move forward and know that you're going to have a lot of happy people in the Xbox ecosystem that now get to play Baldur's Gate 3 this year mm-hmm. versus waiting for an unknown, right? That, that That is a win at the end of the day, right? And so I think you had to make this decision, period. Yeah. Now, I mean, again, um, we'll see how things end up playing out. I just think that they're going to traditionally fall in line like things have in other previous console generations. Um, and then we'll, we'll get improvements that will help uh, boost performance and 
Uh, you'll get. I think we'll end up getting a lot more use out of the Series S than people are anticipating. So, um, yeah. Edgy Boy says apparently Sony is experiencing the highest return rate for a PlayStation console ever. Coincidence? I think not. Uh, I'd have to. I don't know how concrete those numbers are. Uh, I have heard multiple people that do work at GameStop say that they've gotten a lot of PlayStation returns and whatnot. Not just Psycho. I've had other people that. Um, connected with that said some of the same things. It's hard to kind of judge those things, right? PlayStation's always going to have its place. Um, a lot of people are going to hold on to it no matter what. But we are very quickly getting to a point to where you need to have content and the variety of content. And right now, the strongest suit for that is in the Xbox ecosystem. Uh, you're seeing it all the time when they make Game Pass announcements, the type of games that are coming in. Is every game going to be for you? Probably not. Every game isn't for me, but I'm still part of the Xbox ecosystem. I'm still asking myself why. Why should I be part of the other this uh, this other place uh, ecosystem known as PlayStation? What are they giving me as far as value goes? One easiest point of contention for me would be like, yo, if you had even uh, your own launcher on PC. It, you know, that might be an easy way to get me pulled in, right? I could have got Ratchet and Clank because the wife wants to play it at some point or through that, through that, right? And I still got Ratchet, so I mean, so nonetheless, it is what it is. Um, but this is going to be a time to where we're going to see how how competition truly plays out. Will PlayStation really pull those cards out again? I heard you mention, I'll be able to be able to get, you know, a special person naming, yeah. The, the anticipated games to be released on um, on PlayStation months. within the next year or whatever nine the case, months, nine, nine months, months, even better. And the types of games that they're throwing in there. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I see a potential, a lot of that, like a stellar blade that, that has me excited. But sure. I, I think sure. we, we are definitely in, entering a point in the generation, especially with gaming, that you have to figure out how to get people to have access to your content no matter where they are and just sure. having the the hardware for PlayStation be that place not having a uh shout out to Doc Dark I think he was one of the ones that made this point uh that I heard uh the the PlayStation portable right you releasing a handheld that literally doesn't do anything but do remote play now mind you if you leave your playstation on you go traveling you got access to decent wi-fi yeah you can still connect to it we know how that works it doesn't fucking work great at all typically uh, especially unless if you're somebody some magic now, yeah now they oh, unless you magic. keep your unless you have your own hot spot you know what i mean yeah. there's there's we're, those we're, things that you could use that but even that is like very touchy feely but we're not at a point for those experiences outside of your house to very be bene- to be very beneficial to you um and it's also just extremely inconvenient i i feel like they dropped the ball i feel like i feel like they're making weird decisions they are they're they're making weird decisions and and i think they're reloading and i think honestly if there is a pro steal i'll, I'll speculate and say that they're holding back some announcements mm-hmm. right now uh, as far as first party roadmap goes uh to line up with the pro announcement because i mean again you come out 
and you give people a big update on Wolverine alongside a pro announcement, that's going to be huge. You give people an update on some of the other first parties you've been working on and say, oh, by the way, best version is going to be on the pro. Like that's that's marketing 101. Yeah. And I think they could be doing that. I'm not making excuses for them because, again, we all knew this was coming. There was going to be a lull eventually with Sony. They didn't have unlimited ammo uh, going for them. Like they eventually this was going to happen. They had consistency for a five-year stretch your studios have to start reloading at some point you filled in some of the gaps with remasters you know all that kind of stuff great fantastic you still got your third parties lining up for you great fantastic but first party wise we knew this was going to be the case the next year this year and potentially next year are going to be very light for sony but if the pro rumors are real, they'll announce the pro next year. By the end of the year, you announce that future roadmap lineup with, oh, God, we're going to have full advantage of this pro. It's going to be freaking amazing. You know what else, Pong? We were yeah, talking yeah. about showcasing and whatnot earlier. Yeah. We yeah. still have the game awards towards the end of the yep. year. And sure. does Sony decide after Spider-Man um, seemingly yeah. is successful? Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, I would Ooh. imagine at least. I mean, I, I don't imagine it not doing numbers and being no, successful no, and one, being an overall one of the biggest guarantees, easy guarantees. good game, right? Overall, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they there is a high potential that sure. come game awards, maybe they make that PlayStation Pro announcement. Maybe, maybe, maybe. they do give you a roadmap there uh, because yeah. again, like we made the the point last yeah. year and the year prior to that, where it's just like. Uh, obviously there's more people tuning into these events than there were previously. And this is one of the bigger events to tune into. Mm -hmm. So if they hit people over the head mm -hmm. right there, you fill it up with a bunch of PlayStation, got trailers out there. You'll have hype to be able to write off, but you still can't write off your competitor either because maybe yep. Xbox, because they also made that throughout that interview um, that Phil had been doing and other folks that there's also, this is, this is the beginning of that possibly that back and forth that we that we were traditionally wanting to get previously right um from like the e3 times and you see that constant competition who won right what if it gets to a point where the game awards becomes this thing where it's just like not only because we're not going to get it at e3 time i guess um but not only do you have a good game award but you're also walking away asking yourself damn with what these different publishers showed who really showed out was it playstation was it xbox was it nintendo was it you know whoever else decides to step into that ring so uh, that's another that's another thing that actually that gets me excited because that's what i peter moore's interview with the iron lords was extreme was extremely interesting yeah. mainly because and i'm bringing this up be, console wars are good for marketing not sure. good for emotionally driven people well, not that good. yeah for communities and for not social <laughs> for media people that now. that live around that yeah. and make yeah. their entire yeah. being their based life. off of yeah. that right yeah. um mg says the beginning of the back and forth about time xbox been sitting in that competition out for years and, but again mg that's my point right and you're making some some statements uh in chat and whatnot and saying sony's being successful and everything but i hope you know even you and other playstation fans can see that hey some things aren't lining up things aren't feeling quite right what is truly going on it's like we typically would have somewhat of a better roadmap from Sony because that's what we kind of come to expect. At least that's what I came to expect that, Hey, I kind of have an idea of what I'm going to, what's coming out from them. Right. 
right now it's more so i know there's spider-man coming around the corner but if that's not getting you then where are the hopes and dreams that they're good at selling us to right where yeah. i need that also so again if that back and forth starts here it'd be really beautiful to see it or really hype up that again the fall going into the winter is a perfect time for consumers anyway it's one of the biggest times of the year um that the economy really sees a boon and makes a lot of its money um because of the way people are spending money and again that could, that could be gaming could help add to that conversation in in my opinion so absolutely hey real, hey, real quick steal yeah go ahead um some uh, sad breaking news by the way oh uh, sad Whoa. yeah sad uh big part of my childhood a big part of a lot of people's you know again TV show watching back in the day, um, Icon, uh, one of the goats of game shows. Uh, Bob Barker has died, 99. So he uh, he passed away. So Bob Barker, of course, Price is Right, uh, fame, of course. Uh, yeah, he passed away at age 99. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Kind of Damn, sad. that's crazy. I remember that yeah, guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I had to look him up real quick. Bob? Yeah. Bob? Yeah. Man. A, he was a huge part of my childhood. He used to be up all the time. Yeah, man. I didn't Price intentionally right. watch this stuff, but when you start watching oh. it, uh, he oh. yeah, he was definitely a hell of a host. Bob, yeah, I've, I've seen, yeah, I've seen a lot of him. I've seen a lot of him so, on TV. Yep, yep, absolutely. So Bob Barker, ninety nine. Damn, that's man, crazy. What a life. I mean, yeah, I mean that's a, that's definitely a lifetime though. It's always, yeah, I mean, that's the it's kind of the dream, yep. right? And I think he was yep. pretty pretty active for for most of it. So, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. he's been out of the limelight for the past probably like five ten years he's probably been you know winding down and out of the limelight but uh man it's better than a um, long time better than sleeping um yeah when you're yep. trying to bob, help people bob you're right red monkey butt and he was in happy gilmore he beat up adam sandler for one of the best uh, cameo scenes happy of all gilmore time as well yeah 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 so but uh yeah shout out to bob hey man uh at least he at least he didn't fall asleep on on his shows like uh we have people falling asleep during national emergencies but nonetheless it's true that's true that's true uh what else do you want to get into here pong uh we got some some info possibly grains of salt if you if you'd like um there's confirmation though because the team their part of their team was cut um this is coming from jeff grubb on game mess morning dragon age dreadwolf was internally planned for a september 2023 Oof, release they got pushed back to here. 2024 currently it's planned for summer 2024 at the earliest but it could be pushed back even further i think the and uh i believe the additional part of that and correct me if i'm wrong pong but it, the team from because it's bioware right that's working on it uh right. 50 people um veterans apparently uh were cut from the studio uh i know jeff grubb was kind of thinking that it was probably people that were higher a little bit higher up in the echelon as far as like pay grade goes uh so maybe they were getting some of those people out there i don't know and we're, we're, we saw that from halo 2 maybe it's just an ide I, ideal shift and ideology shift excuse me maybe oh. that's what it is we won't know until these games come out. Dragon, uh, Dragon Age, uh, Dreadwolf comes out, whether that's true or not. But from uh, what also what Jeff Grubb also said, he said that this um, that they have pulled people from off of Mass Effect, the new Mass Effect yep. game. We knew that yep. to work on Dreadwolf, and yep, now they're probably going to have to. So with that kind of kept kept in mind. Yep. What is EA's mentality, right? Like, what is going on with with all of this shit? Like, and again, oh. he, he even made the point 
And I know the industry is kind of hard to gauge sometimes because you get a game like Baldur's Gate, really RPG focused. You can get single player co-op. You got other, got multiple multiplayer. You got multiple facets of the game that you could jump into. And then you have your more traditional studios like a Bioware, single player driven most of the time. Great stories from what I've heard most of the time. Really not get their just dues or get more what I should I say more money thrown their way but I also feel like maybe potentially they haven't proved that they just deserve that money because I, I I don't know for me Pong it's hard for me to grasp because and maybe you'll have a little bit more of the baseline knowledge or more information behind it but for me I also look at it from a business standpoint um, it's like what has Bioware done lately though uh, and how successful has that stuff been? And because I don't run Bioware and it is under EA, is EA seeing things from them that lead them to believe that they shouldn't have faith in what they're creating? I know the last we heard and Jeff Grubb said the same thing that apparently Dragon Age Dreadwolf is in a good spot. But um, in as far as his game cycle, but I mean, of course you'll say that for anything. But is Bioware even what they used to be to the point to where EA feels like it's worth continuously throwing that money at them? Because it seems like from this, on the business side at least, maybe it's just not a disagreement of creative vision or maybe a lack of money, but maybe just a lack of faith potentially. I mean, like, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you think about what, like, what how this is kind of kind of playing itself uh, out? Because EA, I'll, I'll give you this too, Pong. Apex Legends, from everything that I've seen um, over the weeks, and this has been an ongoing thing for the last six months that I've been kind of paying attention to, Apex Legends is falling off hard. Mm. It's not what it used to be, and they're Good. actually... Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a real Titanfall then. Maybe, but they're, maybe. they're, they're not... They're it doesn't seem lining. like EA is going to be depending on that game like they used yeah. to. So I don't know. I, maybe I don't that know. has an effect on that too. Every time I think EA's turned uh, right in Zampel or we trust Zampel has done so much for EA to get them to open their eyes and realize things. They always seem to take two steps back. And when it comes to Bioware, Bioware is nowhere. It's, it's a, it's a shadow of a shadow of its former self, right? When yeah. those of us that have been around for a long time and seen Bioware rise to the peaks of RPGs, uh, and considered one of the probably at the at its peak, probably one of the top three studios in the entire world uh, for most fans. Bioware uh, was unbelievable. And slowly but surely, it has been decimated uh, through layoffs, through people just flat out leaving, sick and tired of EA's BS, um, whatever the cases may be. Much of Bioware had already been gutted. Probably 90% yeah, of ago. Bioware, the original Bioware, was gutted, right? And we saw the problems. We saw the problems arise, uh, especially with Mass Effect Andromeda was kind of like the the greatest shining example of how far Bioware had fallen for most people. Now, I know there's some people who do like Mass Effect Andromeda. In fact, I was, you know, a few months ago back to playing it again to get my sci-fi fix. And overall, again, a, a good sci-fi game, not a great, not a, not a good Mass Effect game, right? That's kind of where I fall with it. But so much had been lost, so much talent had been lost. You could see the results. You could see what was happening here. 
So I already wasn't holding my breath when it came to uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf and the new Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. I already wasn't going to hold my breath on this. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I'd love to see those two franchises be resurrected again, come back with some great showings. Um, I had hoped that EA had learned enough lessons Doesn't from like Anthem, it. from all these different situations that like they it. were on the right track. But here we are again. Two st- the minute I, I even say, you know, the minute I even start talking about, you know, maybe, maybe they figured them some things out. Maybe they can bring some people in, get that talent rebuilt up. But, you know, we see two steps back again because this layoffs are going to happen in this industry. It sucks. It's going to happen. Right. You know, it, it, it's, it's shitty. It's going to happen. But the facts are that we do know and we did know. We had word already before Grub reconfirmed it again that they had already pulled some of the Mass Effect team off to start working on Dragon Age Dreadwolf to try to get it across the finish line. Right. Like you said, Steel Grub said they had internally planned for September this year launch. They, that had already got pushed back. Now it's pushed back again. So they obviously aren't restacking talent. In fact, that they're pulling talent off of their other major franchise to try to get one out the door is already concerning. Now you lay off 50 people and it's not... And again, everybody that was laid off, I feel for all of you. But the main thing I want to focus on here, Steel, is we're talking about at least that I'm aware of right now. Mm -hmm. Two of their final remaining veterans, two of the final remaining writers who are responsible. And that Dragon Age and Mass Effect narrative heavy world building character development the writers are what a majority of made those games and you're going to release two of the most famous writers luke christensen uh chris jansen excuse me chris jansen luke chris jansen and mary kirby who both go back to the dragon age Mm -hmm. the original right you're going to let those people walk. You're not just going to let them walk. You're actually going to push them out the door. Um, huge disappointment here. This is, this is like, Oh my God. Like, okay. Who's not to say that there's no way there's no way that these games could turn out good. There's of course there is yeah, New talent comes happens, in that, talent goes out. It happens naturally. It happens through layoff. It, it will. It's the reasons for it. But you got, but, but you got to understand when you're trying to, when you're trying to reinvent two franchises that are some of the most popular franchises, you want some of that old DNA. It doesn't have to be all old DNA, but you want some of that old DNA around the people who understand what originally these worlds started as mm-hmm. the original lore where some of the feelings behind some of the decisions that were made with certain characters in those worlds were made like you people can read about it. You can look at, you know, obviously they've got all the, you know, the, 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 they've got all the lore written down somewhere there in Bioware. They've got all that available. They've got all the appendices and everything that was created. And you can have new talent come in and look at that stuff and understand it but you're not going to have the same feelings behind it. You're not going to have the same emotions behind it. And then those games, that's what it was about a lot of. And now you kick two of the biggest writers that you have left from that original group out Mm -hmm. the door. 
yeah, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Like I said, I already wasn't holding my breath. I, again, I'll cross my fingers. You know, maybe they felt that they're, you know, maybe EA felt that those two specifically, since those are the two big ones that I do know of, had given them what they needed to for both of these games. Right. Um, and their services just were no longer needed. Like you said, Grub mentioned that he thought it was going to be the high, the high earners within Bioware. Mm-hmm. But if you again are talking about two of your biggest franchises of all weird. time, yeah. oh, you make sense. You would want to invest, I would think, in keeping those types of people around, even if they do cost more. Like, why is your cost cutting moves? on those types of games. Why, why is your cost cutting moves there? And again, we talk about this all the time. It's not like EA is struggling folks. EA is still pumping out massive sports franchises yearly that just print money. They've still got apex legends. Yes. On a downturn right now that is still printing them money though. Like this is not a struggling company. You can't keep some of your two best writers around. For a little bit longer or let them continue they on were like let you don't go, want them right Not- yeah that's what i'm saying they kicked them out the door like that's that shows to that's just says to yeah, me that just- ea is still right at, at the end of the day we know this about all these big yeah. giant companies we know this yeah at the end of the day it's all about dollars and cents it doesn't matter they can talk about we love you as a consumer they can talk about oh we love our dragon age fans we love our mass effect fans we love all of you They can say that until they're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, when it comes to decision time, when it comes to the boardroom, it's not going to matter. The talent that has developed these games is going to be a number sitting in front of them. And they're going to say, hey, can we get somebody else to do this job? And they're going to say, yeah, we can hire a hundred different writers to do this job. Okay, well, we don't need Mary. We don't need Luke anymore. Well, don't you think, too, though, that what would add on to that because if they're like the top writers for bioware and the last few projects that bioware has put out anthem mass effect andromeda um i feel like i'm missing one yeah when they're right when their recent projects were weak as they were though in comparison to what they've released previously again that's that's why i bring up the whole faith that this ea had faith a lot of it because if you miss that many times you're later on in your career is it worth that money that i'm paying you if you're not able to create something that wasn't as impactful as those previous games were right but a lot of that was because that's hard to work against but a lot of it and i see i i I do just trying to where you're coming. No, no. And I do understand where you're coming from steel. I do. I get it. Even if you say these two are talented by themselves, if they're, if they're a part of this last handful of people left over from the original Bioware do, does their experience, does their talent even make a difference when the overall packages were impacted by the junior talent that they brought in? Right. Does, are you, are you looking at the situation from a realistic standpoint, from EA standpoint saying, are these two going to make a big enough difference in the overall picture right. of these two games, these two franchises that they're worth the extra money? Um, I would still say yes, yeah, because they can teach the youngers, you know, the younger generation, the new people you're bringing in, they can teach them and give them the knowledge. And again, 
what are we talking about here? Again, I don't know what experienced game writers like Mary and Luke yeah, make, I mean, I, but let's say it, let, let's just say off the cuff, let's say that they're at the upper echelon deal. So mm-hmm. let's say they're making, let's say they're on salary and they're making 150,000 a year. Okay. Let's just say that I, I have zero clue how they get paid or what yeah, they yeah, get paid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's just say 150,000. Let's say you can bring in Same some bad, new bad. talent for the, well, <laughs> it's a guess. It's a guess. Bro. Bad, but, but let's just say that let's, yeah. and let's say you can bring in some new writers, less talented, less experienced who haven't worked on either one of those franchises, but you can bring them at in at you know, 80,000, let's say about half, right? Is it worth that to EA? A billion dollar company. That's when I go, what are we doing here? What what are we doing here? You're EA. This is not a indie studio. This is not a studio that maybe is a little bit beyond double A studio who still has to really watch the budgets, right? And they have to make tough decisions, right? I'm not talking about that type of place here. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about freaking electronic arts. EA. The top five publisher in the entire world. Yeah. And again, your two biggest franchise, two of your biggest, most important franchises that you own IP wise deal. Not talking about some new IP. Right. No, not talking about unproven IP. I'm not talking about IP that wasn't successful. I'm talking about your two biggest franchises that you're trying to bring back. According to you publicly, you're trying to bring back to prominence. Is it worth the extra investment there? Uh, in my eyes, yeah, of course it is. It could, but yeah, again, EA is saying it, no. It could be so. contract disagreements too, because I mean be. that there could be that. Maybe those right, maybe those writers and anybody else that was ended up being but let again, go that they couldn't come to an agreement. <sighs> they wanted more. I'm in an industry that is also talent based in a lot of right, ways, right, 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 right. I, when it comes to sales and finance, there is a talent level difference. There right. is a different. There is a different level of work that you get out of somebody who is experienced in my field. Right. Okay. Then you do out of somebody. Most things. Right. And I've seen these things as well happen within companies. Oh, we can just, this is, this is easy. This is easy. I can give you a script and I can bring in a new person and you can read the script and do what these other veterans are doing. And I can pay you a whole lot less. Doesn't work well. Most of the time. (laughs) It doesn't unless that person has natural talent, that new person. That's what I'm saying here. I just think that the investment was worthy for these two franchises. And again, this has been ongoing. This is not something that just started. We are at the tail end of the complete destruction of the original Bioware. I I don't know how many are left. I got to believe it is literally like a handful of original Bioware people that have been around since the first or second mass effects and dragon ages. I, I don't know how many are left, but I got to believe it's a handful at this point. What does it really matter? I see yeah. your point steel. If you're looking at it from EA standpoint, we've just, already gutted this, these, this team completely. What is the difference? Trying to make sense start fresh, bring more people. Right. And I don't know if there's any sense to be made, but yeah, right. it, it, it's disheartening. It's sad to see these people. Nothing but the best for Luke and Mary. Absolutely. I'm sure there will be teams that will be extremely excited to pay them rightfully so for their services and they're going to whoever picks these two up is going to get some amazing writers amazing world builders with amazing experience instantly injecting them into their team i saw a lot of people tagging phil and sarah 
I, you know, Obsidian, In Exile, like all the teams at Xbox. Listen, wherever these two go, I hope they get what they deserve. If it was about salary, if it was anything, I don't care. Pay these two because these two have proven themselves. I believe in that. They're going to get, they're going to be fine. It sucks. It's awful because yeah. they obviously both of them from what they've posted on Twitter or X, neither one of them wanted to leave Bioware. Okay. So then it, 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 it was shocking questions. to them too. Yeah, so, but again, hats off to them, but to EA, Again, if you think you're going to revive these franchises, best of luck. If you, you know, I hope not so. Talent. I hope, I hope they, and again, I'm not saying that there's not talented people there. I really hope they've done a great job rebuilding Bioware. Yeah, Maybe we'll start talking about Bioware five years from now. Like, oh my God, I can't believe what we've seen Bioware come back from. And oh my God, look at this new group of talented devs that are just crushing it with, with Dragon Age and with Mass Effect. I I, I hope that's the case because I'd love well, to see new talent. The as well, other messed up reality overall, too. I hate it. Uh, the other yeah. messed up reality too that could be possible is that it could just be simply in the EA stand standpoint side of things, it could be simply easier to get somebody who's younger on, um, or maybe is newer to the team to get this X amount of work out of them because they haven't experienced some of the BS that has gone through this company. Yep. Right? That's hap that happens every day in real life companies, um, in real life business. To where yep. you know sometimes it's worth taking the the lower payment, the newer guy, um, just because you know he's going to work x times as hard as your experienced guy because your experienced guy isn't going to deal with your dumb shit anymore. The new guy well, and will. that could be and Dicato said it, and you kind of brought it up there too, Steel. Like you know maybe maybe they were. You know, with the changes they're making to Mass Effect and Dragon Age for sure, because we know they are changing Dragon Age again. Right. I wish Baldur's Gate 3 had come out three years ago and proven to EA that you can make a core game like that. Again, there was differences, but I'm just saying you can make a core game like that in this day and age and still find huge success. And maybe they wouldn't be making all these changes they are to Dragon Age. Right. But the, the, maybe they were pushing back. Maybe they didn't like the way the stories were going. Maybe internally there was some battle about the direction they were taking some of the characters or the world or whatever the case may be. Maybe that was. That's always a possibility, too. Um, and, you know, EA higher ops has said, nah, you guys don't see the vision that yeah. we're trying to put forth. Your services are no longer needed here, right? That's certainly a possibility that's happened. That happens in other industries as well. So maybe that is the case. You know, there's a lot of different reasons. I, I just got to ask real weird. quick, totally yeah. off topic, but Blue Moon. I'm trying to find out what this hat. Where have you ever retired a human by mistake? So cool. Is that from Blade Runner? I got to know. I, I thought that was a conversation that was being had. And I'm like, well, where are we going here? Have you I, ever retired a human by mistake? <laughs> by mistake? So cool. I um, think that's Blade Runner. I think that's Blade Runner. Maybe I'm wrong, know. but I think so. Okay. Anyways. Yes. It's got to be Blade Runner. It is Blade Runner. I know. I, I could see the scene now. Like I was racking my brain. where this Eastside Vandal City. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right, I was I thought I was like, whoa, what kind of conversation we got going on? Yeah, I thought it was getting personal at first. So I was like, what the, <laughs> the fuck happened? Um, like, but Blue no, Moon and Killer, Stone Cold Killer, we didn't know about in our chat. All right, uh, that's funny as hell. All right, um, but yeah, no, um, again, hats off to Luke and Mary and whoever else was released as well. Um, again, I hope you all find uh, new homes very quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's that's what I always hope for when anything like this happens in this industry. So um, shout out to them. Cool. 
Uh, well, Pong, I mean, what else would you like to get into here? We're getting about running into our four hour mark here for the show. Uh, we covered a lot of different topics here, a lot of wide ranging, a lot, a lot of Starfield, a lot of Armor Core that was thrown in there. So, of course, there was going to be the new cruxes, main cruxes of the show because one's on the horizon, the other one is here yeah. currently. So, yeah, correct, um, we were correct. both we were excited for both. So, um, there was a bunch of uh, we, there's a bunch of Starfield information that we still we didn't even still talk about. They could talk about that for tons and tons and tons of time. And you, oh, yeah, you guys will get more and more information from it once we get. We could have done on. a whole Starfield conversation for sure. So, uh, uh, yeah, a thousand percent. The whole show on Starfield uh, alone. So I do easy. want to mention that yeah. Stalker Two did get pushed out yes. um, in the 2024. Uh, Q1. So there's so there's that. And again, shout out to the team over there. Whatever they can do, from what I've seen from the gameplay, although. The gameplay that I saw Phil Spencer playing looked really weird. It looked like he was shooting at something, and then all of a sudden he had a pop-up on his screen. Yep. It appeared that he uh, shot somebody he was supposed to shoot, potentially. Again, but it's like there was no is, animation, though, like of the creature turning around and coming towards him. It was just like No, no, there wasn't. But, but see, with Stalker, you got to... You gotta realize, Steel, I know you haven't, I, yeah, I haven't played Stalker. Though. So, so you're dealing with... Um, you, you're you're dealing with things in the stalker world that aren't necessarily right? always real and can be supernatural in essence as well. Okay. So it's it's hard to say what that situation was. And stalker, the original Just stalker had a lot of um it was you had heavy consequences for your decisions, okay, okay. in the original stalker as well. So Again, without knowing context right there with that screen, it was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. When I was watching, I was like, what the hell just happened there? Yeah, just... Um, I, I'd like to know, but from everybody else talking about yeah, it, uh, yeah. Boxenberger played it. Um, I think Jez got hands-on with it. Everybody got hands-on with it. Really good impressions. Really good impressions. Absolutely. So I'm excited again, pushing out the Q124. I don't care. Again, the fact that this team is even out here marking this game, going to Gamescom, the fact that they're making right. a game at all, still, let alone yeah. talking about, hey, we're going to get a window for Q1 2024. That's fantastic take as long as you need. Like I said, I always say like I said, too, because I talk so much about this stuff. But um, obviously, it's still important to the team you know financially to get this game out the door. Again, they put their lives on hold. Meanwhile, their families, some of their families are fighting. Some of their mm -hmm. families may have um, already been killed. Um, they've been dispersed. Um, a lot going on. Obviously, the fact that they're still going forward, GSC Game World as a business at some point too, financially, I'm sure they're getting a ton of support from across the globe. Mm -hmm. But financially, at some point too, you put your heart and soul in this game. You got to get it out the door because that's going to help yeah, your families too, yeah. right? That's going to that's gonna help a lot of things too. So they mm -hmm. got to get this game out the door eventually. But again, whatever you guys do, I'll be here for it. Trust me, I can't wait, but take as much time as you need. I, again, this year is packed. Core 1 2020, 2024 is now looking packed too. My God, big games. But uh, I can't wait for Stalker 2. I'm just happy that it was there at Gamescom. I was happy to hear the positive feedback from everybody who got hands-on with it. It sounds like it's really good. Uh, Boxenberger says it's one of the most beautiful games he's ever seen. Um, okay. I mean, that's what it looked like when we saw the presentation okay. previously. Um, yeah. Eastside yeah. Vandal brought up an interesting point. I didn't, I didn't, I missed this one. He says, Pong Soul, what about Destin asking that horrible question to that stalker dev? WTF. I did not see that interview. Yeah. I did not um, see him interview. What, what did he ask? Let, let, yeah. let us know what he asked because uh, 
depending on what he asked, I definitely want to. Yeah, because Destin had a great though, interview like, with Phil. Like I gave Destin his flowers uh, for the Phil interview. I thought Destin's Phil interview. I don't oh. know if it's because of IGN. Like he still asked some decent questions, but the he way that he questions. approached him, like the way that yeah. he, I felt like this question that he asked could have been asked better. Like really? maybe, like maybe he could have phrased them differently. Because you saw okay. some of the questions with Phil was like. What do you mean by that? Like, like the whole, like one of the questions that really put me off was like, oh, well, how are you guys going to treat um, whatever, well, the Activision Blizzard games now that you guys bought them? Is Bobby Kotek going to still, he's like, yeah. For so, yeah. Like I was listening to it, I was like, Destin, Destin, like, what are you talking about? It was like, we've already, like, this has already been established that Bobby wasn't yeah. going to be the lead for that. Right, but it was all. But it oh, was no, also it was great because it got it, it was because it allowed Phil to go. But it allowed it, it, I it saw was funny. Phil's it was funny. Turning like, in his head, yeah. right, and he was thinking about how he was going to answer that. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But, the, but then he had the chances to say, "Well, there's going to be a new boss in charge." Like that was great. That was like that it was, was funny. It definitely worked right, out. Right, right. But it was just like I the just, question itself. I was yeah. like. Yeah, uh, the way I that he see, staged the question, right? I can see that one. Yeah, I can see. He could have said, "Hey, how do you guys plan on?" carrying over to Activision content. I like interviews where they're not softball questions. And Destin really did drill into some tough questions with Phil. And in fact, you know, again, going back to the Larian conversation about um, Baldur's Gate 3, he actually got a he actually got a preview of what was going to happen from Phil. And I don't think Phil meant to, but Phil already had it locked in his head. Obviously, what was going to happen in that meeting because mm-hmm. Destin's interview was prior to that meeting, and he asked him specifically about Baldur's Gate 3 and Series S. And Phil goes, Well, I think the team has announced that it's coming out this year. No, Larian had not announced that. In fact, most of the speculation from their wording was that it was going to be a 2024 game by how they were talking. Oh, but yeah. Phil obviously was already already knowing how he was approaching the meeting, which he had right after the Destin interview or very shortly after the mm, Destin interview. Okay. And he knew what the outcome was going to be of that meeting. And he kind of unconsciously put that in his own head. So that was interesting too. That I just was, thought it was, was good that Destin at, did ask some tough questions. Um, did, did ask some interesting questions, you know, about the roadmap, about the, the one per quarter. I like that question. Phil again saying it's no longer just our, our, our strategy. It's now our plan, meaning that they now know for a fact for at least the next few years, one per quarter is a reality, obviously. So uh, I just, overall, I had to give him his flowers, but I could see how that one question that, that one just threw me for a loop stuff. and then yeah. it was just like the overall vibe of the interview too was just yeah. weird i was like oh, i don't know mm-hmm. it just felt weird it felt off to mm-hmm. me it didn't feel okay. like destined like he was in his element typically um okay. again i don't have any critical views on him uh himself or whatever he yeah. says he has hot takes but everybody got hot takes um at least in my opinion i mean yeah no i um, don't agree with everything destin does i just think he overall he's pretty damn good at what he does and i don't have a problem with him generally speaking at all so uh i'm cool side vandal was saying yeah. um about that question he said he Dustin basically asked uh the stalker dev about folks dying in the war that man was there to talk about stalker stalker not his dead buddies Ooh, uh, um Depending on how that the how how that was phrased, if he did bring phrase, that up yeah. again, that that's the re- that's also the reason why I was just like, if it's if he also staged that question weird, I that would lend some credence to that question the 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 weirdness that I had from that Fistville interview too. Yeah, because 
there is a way to talk about what's going on at the war that you're dealing with uh, while still developing a game and yeah. sounding genuine versus like, hey, um, I heard your buddy was dying in a war. How, yeah, how, how's that feel? I mean, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, I'm pretty sure he didn't say it like that. I hope not. No, nah, I'm pretty um, sure he didn't. But yeah, no, I, yeah. I can, yeah, that, that would If anybody be... in chat can let us know what he said, like, exactly, so I can, because again, a, I don't like, I don't like trying to address things. It's a, it's a reality. Without hearing the exact quote that we were said. Yeah. Right? So I don't want to take it out same, of context. Same, same. It, I will say overall, just it, however the question was phrased. In that moment at Gamescom when you're promoting Stalker, sure, the war and the situation is a reality. And I don't say that you have to ignore it as a journalist. But mm -hmm. in that setting at Gamescom where they actually brought their game to be hands-on, mm -hmm. like this wasn't them just, you know, appearing at Gamescom to give update. They actually brought their game in a playable state for the first kind of hands-on for the public with Stalker 2. I don't know if that was the right environment to have that question, right? right. I, I don't know if that like, was the right moment to have that question. Maybe if you had a, you know, maybe if you had something separate outside of Gamescom scheduled with them and you had right. an interview and you're kind of talking about overall what's been going on with them as a dev studio, you would obviously bring the impact mm -hmm. that, that the whole situation has had. But right there at Gamescom with their playable game right there, like, yeah, no, I don't, that probably wasn't the right way. So probably was not the right way. Uh, Sergeant Sentinel says I clashed with uh, just before because I said it was stupid to compare Starfield to No Man's Sky. And he thought yeah. that it was a reasonable comparison. Yeah. And it's like, fuck yeah. you, guy. I mean, but even like even here, Sergeant, we've we've said the same thing. Like it's it's fair to compare them. It's disingenuous to say it's the same game. Sure. That's what There's I don't be... I don't like and I don't understand. Sim simply simply saying this part reminds me of no man's sky like the mind there's nothing wrong with this that. part there's nothing wrong with saying that because yeah. of course it does like i said i will always say well of course, of course it does yeah. because again if you're going to have a grounded sci-fi game based in reality well how else are they going to get resources like of course it's going to be laser do you want to do you want to axe pick you want well, that's what I said. You want, aspects, you, want it, you want them to go backwards and start dynamiting for resources? Like, of course. What are you, you going to circle up to a straw? Like, be lasers. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah, no. Again, overall. Every, know, it's all going to be done by way. machines, Pong. We're not going to do anything handheld. We're that, just going to send robots thing. out. Big mechs. It's going to be armor cores mining I, for resources. That's what we're doing. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's certainly possible. But again, grounded in reality, if you were to have a portable <laughs> mining machine, of course it's going to be laser. Right. right? Like that. I had I I had conversations with Destin too when he when we went through that with him. I had conversations on X. Normally I I normally I don't give it my energy, but I did have some conversation with him, some decent conversation with him. The thing that I didn't like about that whole time frame with Destin was that he was acting like he had no clue as to why this was a problem, and that was during the oh, time. Okay. When I think I remember the whole when when the clown show and the circus was nonstop on X Twitter at the time was nonstop just using No Man's Sky to put down Starfield, right? I to think downplay I what Starfield. About, yeah. So I yeah, that so that was my problem because he acted like I don't know why this is such an issue. Dustin, you're in the community. Of course you do. I, you see this nonsense, okay? Right now, you just stepped in the hornet's nest and said, why am I getting stung when you full well saw the swarm? You knew <laughs> what was going on. Again, 
there was a whole subsect of the community using No Man's Sky to downplay Starfield, to trash Starfield. And that was the problem. And then you walk in doing a comparison, even if your intentions weren't the same, of course you're going to get stung. Of course you are. You walked right in. Yeah. And then they go, I have no idea what's going on here. Come on, Jesse. Yes, you do. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on man. So anyways. Yeah, that's just like saying um, like those other games that came out, like was a Bionic Commando. What is I think it yeah. was or one of those games. It was like a gear style type of game. Um, yeah. That's like saying that that game was exactly like Gears of War. No, it wasn't. It was different. I mean, yeah, they might share similarities. And I know that might be a little bit of a simpler similarity to use, but that's like saying Devil May Cry is like Bayonetta. No. I mean, they play similar, but again, that's also hard to make that comparison. Um, I saw... I, I saw I Space know. Marine just, 40K too. Or, uh, oh yeah, Space 40K. Marine too. Uh, yeah. I said that's Gears of War. That when I saw it, I it looks like Gears of War. I said for again. everybody that's kind of feeding for <laughs> Gears of War, it kind of looks like Gears of War, right? Like, like it reminded me, right? <laughs> Coming off because because I just played for the reason I say it like yeah. that because I just played Space yeah. Marine one yeah. recently yeah. for the first time. Yeah. Um. So then seeing that Space Marine two gameplay, I was like, yeah. this is literally. Oh my God. Did you see? It looks. It looks amazing, bro. Yeah. It Ooh, looks the, fucking the, outstanding. The the stupid, the, stupid just good. The action in the background, stupid steel, good. It feels stupid. like you're in a battle. They got explosions going off. They got aliens running. Not stuff that you're necessarily going to interact with. It's stupid. But bro. just the atmosphere that they're creating in that game. Stupid. Yo, we're oh, we're definitely we definitely need to co-op stupid. that one yeah, day yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, need to co-op yeah. that day. That's gonna be a lot of fun. And I was typically um that game is at least the first one. It wasn't a long game. Um, so we might be able to we might be able to get through that too. So that was fun. It was fun too. It wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, I'm and you're right. Out. And you're right. Blue Moon. That's where context comes in, and we don't know. Like again, I'd, I, I'll 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 probably go back and try to find that interview because I do want to see. But Blue Moon, like Blue Moon said, he we don't know too. He before he started the interview, he could have told the dev that he was going to ask that question like hey is it cool if i ask you about this yeah like he could approach him prior to a yeah. lot a lot of journalists will do that as well hey are you okay with me asking this question like especially around sensitive situations like that maybe destin did do that too yeah we don't we wouldn't know that unless it's specifically stayed within the interview so you're right blue moon uh, you know again I, I just see why if it wasn't known and that question came out in that setting. Why some people would be like, why are you asking about this right now? Like I could see that. Yeah. And then Isai, um Vanna was saying that he staged it like how did development going with how's development yeah. going with your on, ongoing situation or current situation or whatever. And again, it's just, a, if yeah. it's uncomfortable, I can understand that there is a time and a place for everything. And I'm yeah. not, everybody's good at determining when certain things are meant to be said at certain times. Um, we got some people on um, there talking talking about No Man's Sky and whatnot. Uh, yeah, Balantone was I think was saying that let's not forget that No Man's Sky was a Sony timed exclusive. I still remember, ooh, excuse me, mm -hmm. Sean Murray's interview on Late Night with Stephen Colbert. I remember that interview also. I remember him coming out talking about No Man's Sky and then yeah. um all the disappointment that I played followed. day one on PlayStation Four. I didn't play day it so one. Recently. I was there. I was there day one, so I was there to experience it. It still was cool, but it was not the game that he promised you. Right, so, no. Nah, nah, 
what yeah it definitely deserved it a fan said that i'm glad i didn't play no man's sky for go, the yeah. sake of starfield being a space game i'll play i don't like space games i was let down a lot it's a bethesda story let's go hey really? shout out to you a fan for jumping in and, okay. and checking it That's out fair. Then. uh i love to hear that i love to hear that again space sci-fi is not for everybody that's the thing that i kind of have to constantly remind myself just because i am a star uh star wars fan a star trek fan uh i just i love the thought of space right the thought of something else that being out there how we would adventure that spaceships traveling shooting stuff futuristic stuff that interests me but it is fair to say that not every a lot. There's a lot of people who like more of that medieval style back in the day. Let's take it back. Swords, magic, you know, more in that yeah. element, which is which is I, extremely I, fair. I, right I lean a little bit more high fantasy, but sci fi is a close second for me. Obviously, I'm a start. I'm a Trekkie and a Star Wars fan. Uh, which some people claim you can't be both, but you can be. Um, so sci-fi is a close second for me, but there, you know, if I had to choose, I I would probably pick high fi or high fantasy because I've read, I haven't read a lot of sci-fi books, but man, Forgotten Realms, Dungeons and Dragons, Dragonlance, my God, you know, obviously Tolkien. I, I've read a ton of high fantasy. That's probably why I lean that way overall. But yeah, not everybody's like that. There are some people who definitely do not like sci-fi. So see, the fact that you're going to check it out as a fan, I love that. And balance on that, you're a good example of like what I speak to all the time. Like, yep. I always value the opinion of people who have yep. actually played these games. Um, because like you say, you got four how 400 hours in No Man's Sky, and not once did you think that Starfield was just a clone of No Man's Sky. See, that's important. That's important to draw from. I got about 100 hours in No Man's Sky. That's why I'm saying the things that I'm saying. Like, I, I went and because the hype that people were giving Starfield, I said, okay, what is a game that's close to that? I like space games. I've played space games in the past. What's close to that? No Man's Sky. Okay, well, what is this game? Played it on PC. I'm telling you, me and the homie Boogie Boogeyman from the community, I had a, a blast with him building stuff. I got so caught. You can ask him. Like, I was so caught up every time that he was, like, doing whatever. We were just sitting in a party. I mean, you asked what I'm doing. I was like, I'm, I'm building up my face some more, man. Like, I just, I'm just this this is what i'm in right now like i wanted to look a certain way i wanted to look good i want to be the, want this to be the main base and then he told me well you don't need to have a main base but then i also found that you can have a teleporter you can put the teleporter in the house and then you can go to all your bases and i was like hey, well, all my bases got to be somewhat decent um he he was the one that had to break me out of that hey just just make a, he had to get me into a point where it was just make a two by two, make like a four by four or something, man. Just build something quick. You know, not everything needs to be massive or it has to be like a, of, of your, of your liking. I was like, Oh, I don't know, man. Like but for steel, <laughs> like, yeah. When he starts doing that, like he said, he spent what? A couple hours designing freaking uh, emblems for freaking uh, armor core six. Oh right? no. A couple you hours. Get... No, it was like six. Oh. It was like six hours. I've missed out six hours, six hours playing the game. So yeah, you got to know steel down. too. like yeah, steel yeah, yeah. when he gets down to it, if he's into it, then he's kind of a perfectionist. He, he wants things to be exactly how he envisions it. Right. So like he will put for? that extra time in. So if he gets into space, you know, uh, outpost building in Starfield, look out. Because that could be, the and they said kind of that there's elements yeah. of that that are in the story and whatnot. Um, that actually they're going to need, they're going to want you to build bases in certain areas. And if if you're going to want me to build a base, or I'm forced to, yep. not necessarily forced, but it may be a mission or uh, side quest or whatever the case, that's going to ask me to do that. Yep. It's 
going to be of that essence. I mean, and, and, and Yobi, although I didn't get as much playtime with Yobi as I would have liked in No Man's Sky yep. in that hundred hours that I put in there. Um, but Yobi, I, I remember, uh, yo, I remember when Steel picked up No Man's Sky. I sent him tons of care packages. It was so dope. Yeah. He was astounded and happy. I mean, yeah. but that's what it's about. And people yeah. like Yobi, people like Boogie, they, the thing that gets them in No Man's Sky and keeps them in that environment is helping other people. I can be honest to say that I'm very selfish and that's, I, that's not my approach to games. I like to have a good experience and I can also be honest to say that, yo, I mean, if the, if I didn't have these guys to pull me into that, I wouldn't have spent almost a hundred hours uh, in that game. Right. I would have found out that I get to a certain point, maybe I would have progressed. Right. But I never, I, I wouldn't have done as many of the things that I did end up doing, which was super dope. And they added on to the experience. And I don't regret that time that I spent with it, but it's like, now that I have Starfield coming, the things that I'm missing from no man's sky um, are going to be in Starfield. And the things that I'm missing from um, the things that aren't going to be in Starfield, but are in no man's sky, I can go without, right. They're like the inner, like, going from being able to travel from the atmosphere into onto the planet like it's it's really not that big of a deal like it's cool again the first 10 times you do it yeah it's dope but after that mm, having a ship that i had to go sit and wait for a particular ship i can't customize it really i just have to wait for a particular ship. i can't even color it really it's like you know it 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 doesn't give you as much personality as i would personally look for um yobi says i'm firing up no man's sky right now i gotta get my fix as usual they dropped a new dlc called echoes uh yeah i seen that now with the robo race and everything they need more cosmetics in there i need i need some some dope outfits and this stuff in there man Doc, doc 50 yeah, everybody else is right. It's the console war isn't going to die down. Um, no, it's, it's not. Get worse. It's the not. more successful mm-hmm. Xbox is, the more good games that they start putting out, the worse it's actually going to get. Uh, because there are people that that's their entire lives. They that's their personality. They are wrapped up in that. They built entire it's fair, channels like, and communities. You're a fan of something. Um, you want to defend it. Uh, but right but we've had this discussion there's over anything there's no championship at the end of the year no there's not there's not even a trophy like in sports like there's like a winner there's like an ultimate winner it's not like you get that award you didn't benefit the team at all correct and that's why i say it's stupid too right that's why i say it's stupid i mean they get a game of the year we get a game of the year friends between friends between that stuff i've always said that's normal like that's that's good natured shit right the ugliness that's out here in the community from time to time personal that's where i'm like bro and that that's why i said even at stadiums when people go to sports games and start fighting and throwing punches like bro that shit is that's that's clown shit that's not part and i hate when people say oh that's part of the no it's not you don't have to be an idiot enjoying your thing the thing that you like yeah it's it's just going to continue to build even more and more shout out shout out to nam omar remember for one month of the splitters shout out to all the splitters out there he says war divorce pong start a starfield podcast uh well i'm going to be streaming i am going to be streaming and we'll see where that takes me um i I do want to do my own channel sometime too where i do uh also do videos and stuff and and maybe talk maybe do some uh Maybe do some, you know, solo, uh, you know, shows Adventures. where we talk and, and get it up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll find out where it goes. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll try. Um, Steel Splendiferous brought up an interesting conversation that's oh, also fine. happened. Um, and shout out to Splend. Love you, Splend. Um, 
I wanted to get your thoughts on this as somebody who has been a PC gamer, as somebody who yeah, does partake time, in yeah. mods a lot, right? Yeah, most of the time. Um, mm-hmm. And there's 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 been a Depending. conversation in general around Xbox and how much IP they have and how much potential there is for having games that kind of cross or you know having Halo these uh, you know having Halo DLC in you know Doom or you know or vice versa okay, or whatever yeah. the case may be all that kind of talk right and then you know Boom wants Boom wants his his you know racing game right his mario kart where they mix all the ip all that kind of stuff this is an interesting conversation real quick here because splen said i hope they have bethesda has dlc for starfield in which we can fly by the halo rings right oh but that specifically yeah that's specifically right i don't know Maybe it's just me. Chat, you guys can all let me know your thoughts on this stuff, too, when it comes to official DLC mm-hmm. versus mods. Right. I'm kind of a purist when it comes to games. I am, too, in some ways. Yeah. And when I say that, what I mean is I, I'm cool with mods. I'm cool with Star Wars, Star Trek, everything that you can imagine. Halo being introduced right. through the modding community into Starfleet. Armor, I'm yeah. cool with that. Armor, everything. I don't care. Bring us max. Bring us all that. Whatever you guys want to do. I'm cool with all that. But as a purist, I almost, I don't like the games that bring in a mix of other stuff from other IP. Like I, like every once in a while, like in a, in a game, like, Call of Duty, if you want to do skins, that's different. But in a game like Starfield, I almost don't want Bethesda. And I don't think they will because I think Todd's a purist at heart, too. I I don't want official Halo DLC for Starfield. I don't want official Doom DLC for for Starfield. I want Starfield to have DLC based on Starfield lore. Right. Yeah. And, but if the modding community does something and I choose down the road to play with mods and I want to yeah. fool around with some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Freaking loot. Bring me lightsabers. Bring me Death Star. Bring me all of that. Like, yes, I 100 percent have already said I'm excited. But official DLC from Bethesda. I hate keeping my mic, too. Sorry, guys. Um, I don't. I, I, I kind I don't like that. What, what are your thoughts on this deal? I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you um, on yeah. that. I am typically a purist in that way. Uh, this is like something that's cosmetic or something to that nature. Sure. Um, like again, making Master Chief Barrett in Final Fantasy VII remake just because I don't like the way he sounds and I'd rather him be Master Chief. Um, just looked better, felt better. Um, yeah, you did that. See, I could never do that. Like, stuff, stuff, that. stuff like that. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a cosmetic thing, not, not necessarily sure. taken away from the story itself. And it wasn't a. Just if weird. it was something that it was official, like if, if yeah. like say, let's like say that yeah. was something that Square Enix did, that yeah. would be weird. I'd be like, right. that doesn't make any sense for your other games. Like you have right. so many other games to pull from. Right, this right. Um, I could see like a Metal Gear pulling crossover before anything. Um. So I do agree with you, like, as far as, like, official downloadable content, yeah. DLC, add-ons, whatever, no, they didn't need to be things specifically tailored for Starfield. Um, right. Mods are completely separate from that. Those just should be yeah. add-ons to the experience, but the core game should always be the core game. It should be whatever the dev- developer's original vision was. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm 100% kind of in agreement with that, and I don't really necessarily fold. Now, you can have things that may have inspiration from certain sure. games maybe sure. hey starfield dlc with 
a Master Chief looking armor, right? It might have some aspects to it that look like, oh, yeah, they got that idea from, but it still fits the Starfield universe versus just Master Chief in the game, right? There's the difference there. Um, So that's kind of my outlook on it. So, yeah, I I agree with you. I want to see what... I'd rather see what a team can do, like what Capcom did with um, an Exoprimal. They put Ryu Street Fighter character in Exoprimal. Like, again, yeah, it's wacky, but days. at the same time, it yeah. makes sense because it's still Capcom IP, right? Um, yeah. But even that, it's like, it's weird, but it's but it's that game still doesn't different. take itself seriously either, right right exactly, exactly. i think of like serious games like starfield is like, a little bit on starfield more serious to know serious side right, right? and i just it, it's interesting because it's still an option you don't have to you don't have to do it like you, you know it, it's always going to be an option for the player to choose to partake or not i just right. want the team to focus on starfield right. dlc not worry about giving me halo in starfield nah. like i'll let the modders do that work or whatever the case may be uh what did someone say no 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 uh just like a time remnant no official halo dc ah, okay. but just like we are a part of this universe yeah see that's where that's where i'm still a purist though splen i don't want any and and again i might be fun really, that could be fun, i might be but... really strange here still but i don't like interconnected universes I don't not I don't uh, okay. like the Marvel universe right. the way it's set up. I don't want everything to make sense in all the worlds together. Like I know people have said, oh, wouldn't it be That's cool always- if we find a fallout world or a Skyrim world and it's all interconnected? And and one side of me goes, okay, that would be kind of cool because it's all you know BGS, right. it's all Bethesda. But at the same time, too, the bigger side of me goes, no. I want this to be its own universe. Like I don't like interconnected universes. The other thing, I, I just the really other thing too, though, it has to make sense. Yeah. Make sense time period wise, and those sure, games have sure. such a vast time period difference. Yeah. That but that's they, what I'm that saying. You could find like our, you could find like you could find like remnants of like Skyrim in on it, one of the worlds, right? That, that would be that could that, that could be cool. I mean, the reason I say yeah. that it would just be interesting more so yeah. than anything else, um, yeah. is just because I mean. It's kind of like that note some games used to do where you get certain characters, like Soul Calibur. You get yeah. Soul Car- certain characters for certain games. It's just to represent that platform. <laughs> and it could be Starfield. Put, I could see them doing something with Halo to say, hey, we're part of Xbox now. This is a moment. So you kind of carry that on forward sure. with you for the future, sure. right? It's like sure. that. It's like that thing that you just draw some attention to. Like, oh, wow, yeah. The, I this reminds me of that time that Xbox bought Bethesda bought Zenimax, right? Um, that's why this is kind of in here, kind of a tie-in. But overall, yeah, yeah nah. I, I want Starfield to be Starfield. Deal with your reality and however you see fit. Mm-hmm. Sure, pull in inspiration from other things because that just makes sense. There's always going to be inspiration, no matter what time period we live in. Um, yeah. But so yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of me. I like Halo. I wouldn't want to see Mass Effect shit in Halo all of a sudden, like. Why? Why do why why do we do that? Like, right. I don't, that makes right. no even sense. Even if even if Xbox owned all of it, yeah, I just, like I don't, I don't, I, I, the cross pollination thing to me is is still again there are games yeah, fun, that are made but, that way yeah. and right there are games that are made for that and I have zero problem if if Xbox puts out like a brawler or if they come back with Killer Instinct and they start adding in you know Doom guy along with Master Chief and all that's all cool like that's all fine to me it's just like a serious game like an RPG like this a single player certain games yeah. in its purest form that's all uh, I. 
I don't know. Again, maybe I'm just weird like that, but it is just something interesting that Splin brought up, and I was like, oh, I got it. Um, he said that. they will have references to other sci-fi stuff, but I think Starfield will definitely be its own universe. Yeah, and again, influences, right? They've already talked about a bunch of the influences, like Battlestar Galactica from back in the day, Buck yeah. Rogers. Um, they talked about, uh, you know, the uh, um, uh, what was the old tabletop game that Todd's always talked about? The um, God, what, what was the name of it? Well, I can't think of it. Anyways, um, stuff like that, like Easter eggs like here and there or just like a like like nodding of the cap to your influence like that's cool with me as long as it fits within the universe and it isn't jarring like that's out of place i'm cool with that stuff like that's fine to me like if you put like a something in the lore that references back to something that you go oh i know what that's from yeah. that's okay with me too like that's that's fine i just don't want to see big halo rings in my starfield that's all but again this is me again i i think there's a lot of potential for xbox to do something cool like that in some of their games it's just this one i'm just like nah i don't want that but interesting discussion chat you guys have been on fire man you gave it you we just had a whole random conversation chat wise like this this was great this is why we love our community here that we're building at living split screen we appreciate Absolutely. all of you for being here thank you all for joining us today i've seen a lot of people jump in here later too as always love you all live supremacy balantone uh wilfer rosario all you guys jumping in here man i'd love to see it splend um you know everybody that joins us doc 50 of course ghost fixers in here as well um i just i just love you all so it, this has been such a great run, man. It really Yeah, has. greatly appreciate you guys. And again, um, that's where I think we're going to start winding things down. It's been some time. We'd like to get some things, some things knocked out for the day. Um, yeah, I got an extra show today, too. Yeah, that too. Um, I got a full day. <laughs> so um, with that, we'll go ahead and wind things down. Um, again, ladies and gentlemen, definitely look out for more streams coming from Living Split Screen. I do plan on doing some more Armor Core streams, just playing a game live. Um, for you guys, for anybody that wants to join as part of that, um, maybe mm. whether you need some help or you just want to see me struggle, come laugh at me a little bit um, as I kind of bang my head against some walls um, just because I want to play a certain way. Because I am, I am biased. You know, I, I'm just now trying out the reverse joint legs. Um, just now. So <laughs> uh, I've been bipedal this entire time. So um, so we're, we're, getting, we're getting into there. Uh, also... As far as Starfield goes, I will let you guys know a little bit more about that. Uh, again, we're going to, the plan, I think, currently, I mentioned this last week, too. Me and Pong are probably both going to be streaming Starfield day one, so keep that in mind. Uh, well, day zero more so, so that August 31st at 8 p.m. Central. Um, if everything works out the way it's intended, um, if Pong ends up wanting to do it, that depends on what's going on. Life is always a factor, right? The main plan is we're going to have uh, one of us on YouTube and then one of us on, on Twitch. That way, no matter where you are, uh, you can kind of tune in. You could keep both tabs open if you want, separate sides of the screen, however you want to do it, however you want to rock out. It's going to be completely up to you. I know Mav is also planning a stream, so there's going to be many different people doing uh, getting their streaming yeah. on. Again, leave that completely uh, leave that completely up to you guys. Uh, but I do want to let you know that it is going to be available. I want to do it on, uh, I'm probably going to be the one on Twitch just so we can start trying to grow that community over there too. The more people we can pull in, especially when we got a new game release, um, I think the more the merrier. Um, and then we'll be able to point people different directions. And again, we might be able to pull in a whole different community of people that 
we never expected to get because of this kind of motion motion that we're putting out there um trying to get that wide reach of audience so there is that just be on the lookout just kind of want to set some expectations so. plus you guys can come laugh at an old dog learning new tricks yeah on how to true. stream right so i can podcast i can talk i have zero problems with either one of those but actually running stuff setting up streaming streams, is i'm gonna be learning streaming all of that so this is gonna be it's gonna be interesting folks it's gonna be interesting and then you get to see maybe starfield will crash on me midstream and then you maybe. Get to see me get angry about pcmr and about how it's not worth it uh and how much i miss my console it's gonna be a lot of interesting moments for this old dog right here i'll tell you that <laughs> again well we definitely want paul to be comfortable <laughs> i also want uh i also want you to be able to enjoy starfield the way that you want to enjoy it man so yeah, it's like yeah, it's you don't be have to me all right you know you don't you know no no to, but i've wanted to i've said it from the beginning that i want to is right. it going to be Which different for me saying. yes because again i am a single player dude heart that's my heart that's what i have to tell i always played video games yes i've played multiplayer yes now i play multiplayer more than i ever had before because of steel and the, everybody in our family and our community but at the same time when it comes to a game like starfield like that's a real normally personal experience for me like it's me it's the ai right. but i'm just experiencing it with nobody else around i'm making decisions with nobody else you know, seeing the decisions I'm making, all that kind of stuff. I go waste a lot of time doing random things that maybe other That's streamers fair. don't do. Yeah, That's, That's how I play games. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting sure. inviting an audience in to see that. You get to see my game faces, which obviously have already been seen thanks to Mav and Caitlin over there. Uh, they've they've posted some screenshots of my game faces previously when they caught me. Um so you will see that stuff. I'm like, you know, it is going to be different for me, but it's going to be fun. I've wanted to do this from the beginning, especially with Starfield. I think it'd be a blast having other people around, uh, kind of judging me for my decisions, kind of yeah, laughing with me as mis mistakes again. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not that gamer. Who's going to be like, yeah, watch me pull off this crazy nah, stuff. No, you shouldn't nah, try to nah, be I'm your different. average game. No, nah, exactly. I'm not that dude. I'm going to be the average gamer sitting down, just having a good time. And I, you know, it's going to be fun steel. So no, I'm excited. I'm excited. Is it going to be a different? Yes, it is. Am I going to stream the full game all hundreds of hours that I'm on it? No, there'll be times where I go and just kind of chill out on my own and do my thing. But I can't wait to invite people in and it's going to be a fun time. So this is going to be new, man. This is going to be new. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, and for those of y'all who are like, oh, I'm not, I'm going to be playing too. So I'm not going to, that's fine, man. I mean, that's what it's yeah. about. The main thing is because it's not going to be available to everybody. And that's the, that's yep. what I want people to know. Anybody that's tuning into this, a lot of the things we say aren't just for you guys in the chat, for the splitters, for anybody specific. It's for everybody that's listening, right? Me and Paul want to be able to reach 3 billion gamers. Will that ever happen? Well, maybe, maybe sure not. Uh, we got a lot of work to do to get there, but we would love to be able to talk to as many people as we can because, again, I do think, and I will pat myself on the back a little bit, and I do think that, especially for me, um, Pong has definitely been on board with it too. Me and Pong have been kind of on point as far as determining quality in games, what we feel are what is good, what we feel is worth it. Like, I know I I have probably overhyped Armor Core quite a bit, but it also came out and got an 88 day one on Metacritic. 87 day one. Something I I personally wasn't expecting. Sure, I was over. I'm, I'm, I can be honest and say I'm overhyping it. This personal engagement for me and hype for me, but 
It's happened, right? Um, Cyberpunk, I feel, is the same way, although it has its issues. Baldur's Gate has been some of that, um, although it's having its issues. Uh, there's just just a lot of that. Oh, yeah, sure. With that, the main thing that I'm, that I'm saying with that is that we hold our opinions to value, right, to our heart. We wear it on our sleeve, right? We want people to understand that we're coming from uh, a genuine place. This isn't oh yeah, some just some made up stuff. No we're bullshit. doing it for no what it for whatever reason. Um, it's always it's always heartfelt. Feel. So, pure, pure and simple. Steel uh, Blue Moon had a question for you in the chat. Yes, one that you can answer better than me. PC guys in the chat or Steel, would I be able to play Starfield at 4K 60 max settings with a 4080, or would I need a 4090? What do you think? If you're trying to it's play, hard to tell. If you're trying to play 4K 60, yep. Just based off of the stats that we're seeing it's going to depend on what resolution that you're oh you said max setting sorry that is because a recommended is a 2080 right max but that's not max i don't think no 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 that's just right that's what that's like 1440 isn't it yeah uh i think it's i think it's still 1080 i think it's still 1080 1080 typically yeah for recommended um it's gonna be close for my 4k 60 max yep I yep. even with a 4080. Right. If everything about this game is true, um, the game needing an SSD, the quality of this mm-hmm. game, the type of lighting that they're using, the way ray tracing is implemented, uh, the way global illumination is limit is being implemented, um the different systems that are being used in the game, I can get Fallout 4 to make my computer chug and I have a 3080 Ti and I have a 12 core 24 pro uh 24 thread processor a 5900 X gets a generation yeah it's a generation behind um what's current but just to put that in perspective that's at 1080p max settings Fallout 4 with visual mods so to give you perspective like the reason I bring that up Starfield, if everything is held true, 4K60, you're going to have to play with some of those settings. Ultra everything, I don't know about 4K60 with the ray tracing and all the lighting and, and all the different things they have implemented into the game. I wouldn't be able to guarantee that. That's also, but for me, I also have a different perspective on PC gaming overall. Because I didn't, I, I didn't come up in an... In, in an environment where people were like, oh, the graphics are everything. No, I, I like, we came up, I came up playing Rainbow Six and just dealing with whatever graphics that I was able to play for the game to be as smooth as possible so I can get as, so I can do as good as possible. So like, I can make some sacrifices. So like, for an example, instead of playing on ultra, play on high. Yeah. Hey, well, instead of playing on high, go in and turn some things down. Maybe some medium shadows, maybe some medium things of this. There may be some of that that you might have to do at native, true native 4K. Now, because they are going to have FSR, you may be able to use some of those things um, to get 4K 60. I just, I don't think it's likely though. Without without using those other implementations and FSR hasn't held up the greatest from what I've seen thus far. In my from what I'd have experienced. I just don't want to give you a unnormal or try to set your expectation too high or too low. It's just we're gonna have to see how the game releases. I don't expect even for top of the line 4K60 though. Max. 
My fault. Uh, what, what happened? No, I was just laughing because that was a long answer to not give him a definite answer because this is so I, many unknowns. I just, I, I know, I know you don't want to do it. I know you don't want to do it's it. It's just not me. Man. There's too many unknowns and it's too hard to, it's too hard to get down without seeing the, well, again, we don't know because again, they always come out with recommended specs, right? They always come out with, oh, you'll get the best, but that's not for every PC. Like it doesn't always work that way. So it's like, we don't know until we get our hands on it. But I, I would say again, probably pretty close maybe. Cause they've said that the, for the ultimate, right. Steel, they said a 7,900 XT, right? So oh, yeah, the with the other, specs that, the other specs that they put out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, they said, said in his 4080 is technically better than the 7,900 XT, but just 4k 60. I don't, I just, yeah. I don't want you to, if you're like spending the money for it, I don't yeah. want you to sit there and try to guarantee yourself that that's what you're going to be able to play at. Well, he's already got the 4080. Right? Oh, but, it, it, he, but I, if you, I, if you yeah. already, if you already have it, I would still try to play at 1440p rather than 4k yeah. 1440p max settings rather than 4k just so that you have the smoothest experience possible. Um, now, if you notice that you have a good bit of headroom, then I would try 4K out and see what it's looking like and see how it's running and go from there. I just, I overall just have a completely different way that I approach PC gaming or how I approach how you tune a game on PC to play how you would like it to play. I can, mm-hmm. I, I'm all, again, I'm playing at 1080p max settings, but I'm, I, I'm afforded that because I'm playing at 1080p, right? I also see at 1080p games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla that will make my computer run a little warmer than I would anticipate. So it's like at 1080p. <laughs> so it, there's there's perspectives. Uh, that's that I think Florida it'll be heat. fine. There, there's that, that too. Heat. You got to take that. That is taken into consideration too. So, um, but yeah, sorry wow, for that long answer. Of, but yeah, speaking of has just put out i don't know where this i don't know where what where this came from but it sounds like it's official i don't know if, if um i don't know if somebody put out or this had put out some uh analyzing on it i don't know uh maybe digital foundry did but he has just put out a post where he said um on immortals a immortals of avium right, right which we know is running on unreal 5 mm-hmm. is running at upscaled 720p 60 mm-hmm. on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series. Mm-hmm. And the Series S is starting at 486p. Yo. The game, and from what I've seen, the game don't look terrible on those consoles. No, it's all upscaled, obviously. I mean, but, but even still. E- but even as a... Comp- but that, I, I to me, I feel that as even more legitimacy to what I've been bringing up about upscaling technology being much more useful than sure. trying to beat things be 4k all the time. I'm not saying that this is okay, but I, like bro on oof. PC. Oh no, it's Alex did his uh, PC port review for Immortals of Avium. And yeah, yeah. It, it even on the higher, uh, on the high level cars, bro. Like it's, it's not an easy game to run. It's intensive. Yeah. So like I, I just I think it's crazy just to see those numbers though like where they're upscaling from like, oof, boy that's 
Yo, shout out to Silent Cypher for the five. Ryan, what's going on, brother? He said, I would love to be able to travel to uh, LV426 and see the abandoned colony and planets from aliens while traveling. Yep. So I don't want to see none of that shit. Okay, so I don't want. I don't, I don't want, want to see that. it. But if they, don't if want, they want to mod bro. that in, I'm all for it. Give me Silent. aliens too. Silent. Let give me, me tell you. Let me tell you. You want, you want to get? Give you want me to, space marines. Want to get me away to stop playing Starfield? Bro, come on. You is you is try. to add aliens in there? You would bro, go. See bro, I don't. I don't want for somebody for bro, me to be going give, on my journey. Bro, bro, then out of bro, nowhere, they I give run you into somebody who's infected, and then there's a fucking crawl there. Like I don't. I don't want to deal with that. They give you a pulse rifle, and you can go. Lay in the flamethrower. You go lay into some freaking aliens on an LV now, now you're telling me there's going to be xenomorphs yes. randomly in some yes. event that's going to fucking yes. try to ring me up by the well, neck. Not official mod. So you just know where the planet's going to be Even and you go travel that planet. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Give me all the sci-fi classics. When people start modding, I want it all in there. So I have a choice. That would be freaking unbelievable. If somebody does aliens in this game. Oh, in Apex, I, I can believe that graphically it's not impressive on console. I mean, Pong yeah. just explained why it wouldn't be graphically. Any resolution when you, there's only so much upscaling is going to help. Yeah. But at the same point, for it to still be able to run on that console and look the way that it does, it doesn't look oh. like a 360 game. <laughs> I mean, right. like, or an early Xbox One game. That's that's what my thought process like silence says he doesn't want alien another two dollar super chat from oh, silence just the Brian, okay. shout out to you brother thanks Thank you. You just that. the environments that. no give me the aliens give me give me pulse rifles give me flamethrowers give it to me as a mod and i'm going to that planet we're gonna have some alien ass kicking fun man. yeah because for I'm me if, you. if you're gonna have the planet or the environment you might as well just put the aliens in there but yeah, then yeah, see yeah. you know a quick way we could counteract that you got to bring the predators in then. I need predator. I, I need I need them. You, Paul, do you know you're muted? Do you know? Give me AVP on a planet. Do you know how dope it would both? be? Yes. For there to be a predator race. Yes. That literally yes. is another yes. side of like the bounty. Hunt. They're considered bounty hunters, quote unquote. Yes. And they show up at random times. Mods. You got your invisible and everything. Man. Bro, they've got we've got twenty years worth of. Can you imagine dying from a predator yes. running up on you? All oh, you hear, you hear the noise. Yeah, and then all oh of a sudden, God, <laughs> bro, I'm all about this. I'm all about this. Again, the fun. more we talk about this, like I said, driving fun. through space, and all of a sudden, out of light speed, comes a star destroyer, you and you got to take that yo, and then Tie Fighters start coming out. I'm telling you, I'm t we got 20 years plus. Modding community is set. Silent Cypher with another two dollars. Oh, he said, Ryan, "Did they say you. if mods are on the console release? Uh, they have probably not, not day one. Like it's probably not going to be day one at all. Uh, usually for stuff like that, it's probably going to be. I was telling, like I was telling Pong, um, we were yep. talking about the PC, um, and where we wanted to get it out or whatever the case." It's probably going to be at least a year until we see a lot of the mods that people want yeah. to see, like are really going to enjoy. They're going to add an additional element to the game, possibly. Now, as far as cosmetics and stuff like that, we'll probably see that within the first month of the game being out. But anything outside of cosmetics, you we we need the we have to have, the modders need time to understand the game systems and what's possible. We do. Um, there is a team, if I'm not mistaken, that are. Um, that did get Starfield early 
and I know they're working on mods right now for Starfield. So we may have yep. some things that will be available day one, um, but nothing that's going to be super expansive or anything else, else like that for a while. Yeah, no, not for a while. But again, I can't. Can you imagine if they got all the Star Wars bounty hunters chasing after you too, showing up still randomly? Oh, God. That, that'd, that'd be oh fucking God. insane. Bro. Absolutely Bro. insane. Oh. Um, Mav says Unreal Five was marketed and hyped as uh, making graphically impressive games easier to run. Yep. Seems opposite. Right now, yeah. Again, yeah. a lot of that yeah. stuff was based off the pretense that the tools were going to be able to be usable. And right. if PlayStation ain't using UE Five, then do you think those tools are really going to be used? Right. And they're also the, the other thing too. They're also using different lighting and other aspects of ue5 that are hardware intensive and again i mean three bits even three bits even admitted if devs could get us to all have 4090s then that's what they would have if they yeah, can make whatever game that they wanted and didn't could do very minimal and optimization yes. for one thing <laughs> that's what they would do but that's just not the reality <laughs> nope it's not not the reality at all well Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and wind things down. Uh, we'll try to get through it uh, quickly if we can. But all right. So we got to get into our This Day in Gaming segment where we go about 30 years in gaming history um, or as like Splin and Pong like to say, make them feel old segment. Yes. So let's get into our uh, This Day in Gaming, ladies and gentlemen, because gaming is art and should be treated as such. Um, this day in gaming again is going to be August twenty sixth, twenty twenty three. So in August twenty sixth of previous years, we're starting in nineteen ninety four this time around. Um, what what you say, Split? Oh yeah, said, he, he he's said lucky earlier about that he's so lucky and he can't stand stand you right now. So I don't know what he's talking. What you talking about, Split? He's 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 jealous of. He's jealous of math some way. Whoa, whoa. Oh, uh, I don't know what's well, going on. You gotta explain yourself, Splin, but we're gonna get into these into this <laughs> this day in gaming segment. Why explain yourself? Uh but in ninety-four in Japan, we had Super Nintendo release Dragon View. No? Dragon View. Okay. Oh. Nope. Um yeah, then, on that one. then in ninety-four, Japan on Genesis released Land Grisa 2. Ooh, land greaser. Good old RPG right there. Underrated. Then in 2000, uh, in Japan, you got Dragon Quest Seven: Fragments of the Forgotten Past. Hmm. Okay. Shout out to Dragon Quest, though. Yeah, been still, still hitting. Then in 2001, Game Boy Advanced released Mario Kart Super Circuit. Shout to Mario Kart. Still hitting strong. Yep. Then in 2002 on PC. Splin says he's young, by the way, bro. Oh, no for steel equals make him Splin is young, bro. <laughs> hey. Well, you're, uh, if you're you're young like me. Um, yeah. <laughs> then in 2002, PC got Icewind Dale 2. Oh, freaking Forgotten Realms, baby. Icewind Dale. Great series of books, by the way. Great setting. Let's go. Uh, then in 2002, GameCube got Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, Shout out to Super Mario. Quite a quite a loved game by many people. I've heard. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Then in 2003, GameCube got F Zero GX. What a great game! F Zero. Great times. game. Fun time. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, Splint says he got my QB because Kyle Shanahan is a dumbass. Uh, ah, okay, gotcha. 
Trey Lance trade. That's why. That's why. Gotcha. Yeah, that was a steal. He did. He they the Cowboys did steal him. I thought the Vikings were gonna get him, but they got a steal. Fourth rounder. Oof. God, <laughs> Blue Moon Blue Moon says Lord Call calls still a young buck. It's because I yeah. am, bro. I, mean, I, yeah. I can get out there running, but I need to get. I need to work on my stamina. We're working on that. We're working on that. Yeah. Let's be real. You younger than me, Splin. You younger than me. You got. How would you ask? How would you? I'm a. I'm a 92 baby. Come on, man. I thought I was like the youngest guy in here. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> I was almost. I was a year away from being an adult when you were born. Jesus <laughs> Hey, me. it was a great time. Yeah, Love the nineties. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, even yeah. even mad, being mad young, I bet you loved remember. it even more. Oh yeah, uh, I know. Nineties best. I, I know. Eight, late eighties, nineties. Oh yeah, all of it. Um, then two thousand three, uh, Game Boy Advance released Pokemon Pinball, Ruby and Sapphire. Sonic Pinball, however, great. Sonic Pinball was amazing. Sonic, Sonic, Sonic Pinball is a classic. Legit. I would legit get game. lost in that for. Oh, yeah. A long time. Oh, oh Splin was born in eighty one, so he's he, oh, come on oh, now. Old to be dumb. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> come on, Splin. Let's own up. Come on, you're eleven come years on. old to four, be, man. It's all right. forty it's year all right. olds. We're we're all young because we play games, so we're good. But I, come on, but man. you're but you are young in my eyes. You're a young man to me. He's Eastside Vandal says I was doing nasty things in ninety two. <laughs> oh God, Eastside. <laughs> oh, dude, that's funny. Oh. Uh, uh, but you're, but you're a young man. You're definitely y'all. You were all young men for to me. Uh, you guys got a lot of got a lot of knowledge and a lot of lot of things out there. You got a, you got a long way to go. Don't don't sell yourself short. All right, then we got 2004 in Japan Game Boy Advance releasing Mario Pinball Land. Mario's is garbage. That's all I'm gonna say. His pinball game had to be garbage. But I'm also a Sonic fan, so there's that. Um, (laughs) Then in in 2008, the DS released Digimon World Championship. Not the Digimon. 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 Digital. Anyway. um, Then in 2008, PlayStation 3 released Disgaea 3, Absence of Justice. Love Disgaea. Sarah, paging paging Miss Bond. Miss Bond, we need Disgaea. We need the complete series. On Xbox, please. Bring them on over. Yep. Uh, then in 2008, the DS released From the Abyss. From the Abyss. Sounds familiar. I don't remember. <laughs> then in 2008, the DS released Harvest Moon DS, Island of Happiness. I was laughing because uh, Splin was like, yeah, that's right. I feel 24. I, I, feel, I saw it. I saw it pop up. Uh, then in 2008, Xbox 360 released Tales of Vesperia. Ooh, freaking Tales. So good. Tales of Vesperia, one of the best, too. I, I like my eyes. I liked I liked what I was playing of uh Tales of Arise. It was slowed yeah. down too much for me. Too much yeah, I know. For that pause I know. combat. I don't, I don't like that. But it was it was it was cool from what I was getting into it though. I spent, I spent Great about style. 20, 30, Great almost 30 style. hours in that game. So Great um, style. I gave that one at some point. It was it's all right. I, I like the I like the and I, I like the, the story. I played the demo and loved it. It was cool. So yeah. Um then in yep. 2008. Uh, you have PC released The Sims 2 Apartment Life. Shout out to The Sims. Still hitting strong. Sims is, is another one of those dangerous another, games to where... Another EA franchise. We, Sims, Sims is another one of those, like... I have accidentally been pulled into The Sims many times. Many times. I've played it. I've played it I've been lost a few times, for hours. Never, never been lost. Just a couple, couple it, times. 
I love and that. I, I love the people back. that create whole the whole stories though around their characters. Yeah. Some 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 of the streamers dope. out there, and they got drama, and they they like do the voices for the character. Like that shit. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah, definitely audience for it. Um, yeah. Then in 2008, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, the PSP, Wii, and Xbox 360 released Tiger Woods PGA Tour 09. <laughs> Some of the best golf, man. I'm telling you. Still, yeah. God, those were great back in the day. Yeah, still to this day, too. But back in then, oh, man, it was another level. Tiger Woods was oh so good. Uh, then in 2010, the PSP released uh, in Japan Ace Combat Joint Assault. Shut the Ace Combat. Shut I haven't played Ace Combat in a long time. Man, got to turn on the Iron Eagle soundtrack. Hop in that cockpit. Ain't nothing like it, babe. Uh, then so in 2013, PC released Lost Planet 3. What a great game. All the uh, Lost Planets were good. Three, three, yeah, 3 was good. It's multiplayer. I mean, par. not up to par. It had multiplayer. That's all, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. But uh, again, 1 and 2 for sure. Yeah, Lost Especially 1 and 2 need facets. to be remade. 1 and 2 single player and multiplayer were all hit. One and so, two need to be remade immediately, yeah. Um, yeah. and be be released as like like a, a dual pack. I, I need that. Yeah, Capcom's got to have that on their list, man. Bring back, bring back Lost Planet for sure. It's definitely a uh, live service element to yes. it that that is missed, in my opinion. I need that. Mm. Um, then in mm-hmm. 2014, PlayStation Vita released Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth One. My girls, let's go! I will always enjoy those games. They're just so much fun. Again. Girl that represents each console. It's so freaking awesome. I That's so it. dope, Dad. I just think that that concept is, is amazing. Is. Um, then, is. uh, 2014, I uh, had uh, PS3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One release Madden NFL 15. Shout out to Madden. Hey. Um, then in 2014, uh, PC released place. Uh, well, PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One released Metro Redux. Nice redo. So, uh, I'll redo. Sorry, um, nah, I haven't played good. Metro. It's beautiful, beautiful games to this day. Then in 2016, uh, PC released Attack on Titan. Shout out to that. Shout Attack on Titan. Amazing, amazing show. Haven't played the games. I remember watching Attack on Titan. Just couldn't get into it. Really? Maybe it was just the wrong time. Yeah, it could could have been. It's it's yeah. it's it's gritty. It's gruesome. Um, it's dope. Yeah. I love. Uh, I love. Uh, then in 2021 on PC, uh, you had Baldo, the Guardian of Owls. Shout out to Baldo. Hey, anybody who's a Guardian of Owls, I like. Let's go, Baldo. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. Uh, Sonic was a Guardian of Owls. I guess you guys didn't know. That's why he's a better character. Anyway, um, <laughs> they showed that in, the, in this first in this first movie. You guys should check it out. Go watch it right now. Uh, anyway, uh, then in 2021, Nintendo Switch released The Legend of Heroes Trails of Rivery. More Tales. Nope. And then in 2022, um, on everything essentially, uh, Pac-Man World Repack was released. Okay. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your this day in gaming segment. You made me feel old, Steel. Definitely did that that segment. I'll Again, that that's one. uh that's always my intention. I want to make you feel I as know. old as possible. So I know, sir. <laughs> I know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for joining us on episode 116 of Living Split Screen, season three. We're knee deep into it. A lot of passionate things to talk about. Favorite game, Armor Core Six of the Year, is right here. I'm I'm gonna be knee deep in this for quite some time. Let's see if Starfield is able to pull me away from Armor Core Six for an extended amount of time we'll see i definitely think between the two along with 
life. Uh, I think I got my hands full. But uh, we'll see, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, it's a great time to be a gamer right now. Greatly appreciate everybody for tuning in um, for episode 116. You can find me, Steel Rain. Uh, right now, again, I'm in the process of changing it. So right now it's just Steel Rain. T is a seven. Um, that's the easiest way to find me. Uh, it still will pop up as I, Steel Rain, I with the T is a seven. So either way. Uh, you'll find all my information that way. Uh, frequent the streets of Twitter um, and the Xbox ecosystem. So send a message through. Let's chop it up in the DMs or in messages and just go back and forth. Hop in a party maybe if we if you want. We can just let's chop it up about games, life, or whatever you want to get into. Uh, I don't hide from people, so there's that. Uh, and uh, yeah, other than that, be on the lookout for more streams coming to Living Split Screen. Mainly, I could just go to my own channel if the Armor Core things end up taking off fucking goes bananas or something uh, i may make my own youtube channel more so focused around that i don't know and i don't anticipate it getting that far but we'll see um we get deep, deep in the pvp community or something we'll definitely have to do something tailor it off but um live a split screen man it's a non-console centric platform we're covering everything going on in the gaming industry not only with our podcast um but we're also branching out trying to add additional content because we were just a one show pony for quite some time and now that we have some additional resources available um and want to reach out to more uh communities again look out for those live streams that we'll do for any game that we're playing you know you guys have seen that i like to do it from game to game depending on what's going on and just as a chop it up and uh for us to get together and have a good time but pong lead these yes. beautiful people to victory thank you for another amazing show and uh giving your time every saturday morning doing a show with you brother is always a blessing and always a Freaking great start amazing. to my day but i uh, didn't didn't think their show was going to go this long again today but uh nope but never, here we are never a negative here we so. are yeah nope absolutely not because that's what we do here still we have such a good time we just keep going and going and we could continue to go we we could have an eight-hour show this is this is not a question between you and I, um, but uh, everybody who joined us, everybody who's been lurking, everybody live in the chat, everybody who is watching us in the future. Again, nothing but love and respect each and every week for all the shows you guys come out and support, no matter what that is, including our show here, Living Split Screen. Again, Brother Steel, it was just another fantastic Saturday morning to start my way this way to get some real good conversations in about a wide range of conversations and chat. You guys, you know, we hopped in there. We weren't planning on doing that. We had a couple more things we could have gotten into, but you guys were bringing up some cool stuff in the chat. Love to do that. You guys know that. So we brought you in and we had conversations about stuff going on in the chat and did that for like the last almost hour of the show. So thank you all uh, again. You guys contribute each and every week to us, what we do here, why we do this. So uh, again, all love, all respect all the time. Um, Starfield's coming next week, folks. Early access. If you're jumping in, can't wait to see screenshots. Can't wait to see video. Can't wait to hear about your experiences. Let's fill up. If you guys are active on X, formerly known as Twitter, whatever social media you're, that you're a part of, fill up the timeline with the goodness. This is the golden age of gaming. We're, we're having one of the best studios, in my opinion, ever in the history of video games put out a brand new IP for the first time in over 20 years. Special. This is something special. It is. These are the moments. Again, these are the moments that we wait for. And it doesn't have to be just be about Starfield. But again, next week, I can't wait to see everybody's excitement or 
fair criticism. The real views uh, again, look like, it, yeah. It, 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 yeah, if Bethesda didn't pull it off, if they've made some mistakes, you know, I'll be here again. Even though I have bias, I'm going to talk. <laughs> Not what I'm hearing. So I'm expecting a generational type game, but I want to see it. That's what this is about. Sharing our experiences, being happy and excited for the entire industry, no matter what game it is. But man, Starfield's a seminal, a seminal moment for this industry it is a big moment for everybody so i can't wait to see it um we're gonna be sharing it so um again pong soul xbox pong soul on the x formerly known as twitter uh i do have a show uh today uh that's not the shop podcast that is coming up so keep your eyes and ears open it hasn't been posted yet uh but uh, be ready for that i'll be showing up place i haven't been to in a about a year and a half i want to say or so but i was happy to get the invite it's going to be a fun time it'll be interesting depending on who the other guests are we'll see um but uh we're gonna have a good time no matter what so keep your eyes and ears open for that is it a known show it is a show very very known show by by a special queen in the community so oh yeah 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 so um but we do have a schedule change tonight no shop podcast. Um, I don't believe PTK's put it out yet, but he hit us up in the DMs. He had uh something to take care of. Uh, so he That's has fine, got yeah. something. Uh, he forgot that he had it scheduled. So uh, we're not going to have the shop podcast tonight. We were supposed to have slow mo on. So I'm kind of a little sad because I was getting ready to get down dirty with slow mo. I like I like giving him a hard time. He gives me a hard time. Uh, but uh, I'm sure we will have him on again rescheduled. But no shop podcast tonight uh so you guys uh i'm recording yeah, throws my whole yeah i'll record but it throws it throws my whole no, no. saturday off not having to shop so um but otherwise normally we do have the shop on saturday nights and then next week it starts all over again xbox factor podcast on tuesdays although i think that there's not going to be an xbox factor podcast i think boom said that in the DMs yes he's well doing a di- he's doing a different show he's doing um, a different show apparently yeah. it's a big show um, yeah, he's, he's under doing NDA something he's under NDA. Yeah, we could probably all guess what it probably is concerning being it next week. But again, he's under NDA and he actually didn't spill the beans. So uh, that should be interesting. Uh, but uh, otherwise, Thursday PM and the PM is also going to be a special Pong and Mav and the PM on Thursday. Fun Speculation Network, one hour lead up to Starfield launch. And then Mav's going to go live. I'm plan is for me to go live streaming as well i'm sure a ton of people are going to be streaming starfield live as we get into early access but a one hour special pm in the pm it's going to be pure starfield hype let's be real that's all it's going to be so drop on in check me and mav out but normally pm in the pm every thursday night fun speculations channel 7 p.m eastern six o'clock central time be there for that and then friday night as of right now mav is still going to have xbox ultimate uh so we'll see if that changes this depends due to on how good starfield is right yeah maybe 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 not but i'm sure we're going to still do xbox ultimate so we can go ahead and talk all about Starfield. You play that hours. night, right? Yeah, Most 10 a.m., uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, nine o'clock Central Time. I'm on vacation, so I don't yeah, care. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm off from Thursday night until uh, next Tuesday morning. You know, we'll be in party. Side note, side note, teenagers are something else, man. I, I, I remember, and I remember why I was such a <laughs> they just have no, you know. I feel bad because I was a good kid overall, but obviously still being a teenager, right? You just only think about yourself. You only think about yourself at all times. It is such a selfish time in most people's lives. And having one around the house at all times really reminds me of what it was like. 
just doesn't have any care. We're just going to stop. We're going to slam doors. We're going to do whatever, even though he knows I'm live. Like, it's just like, you know, kid, really? Anyways. Um, God damn. You can't hear it. So uh, <laughs> I know. I know. But it's still, it's yeah. still distracting as hell. Hell. Yeah, and he knows. Uh, anyways. Um, so, yeah. So uh, that'll be Xbox Ultimate Friday night. And then, of course, Steel and I will be back next Saturday again gonna be big starfield talk can't wait to hear steel's thoughts and opinions on it uh, probably some more armor core talk and whatever else happens next week it's gonna be fun so be here next week for living split screen episode 117 next week again it's the golden age of gaming people i'm so freaking excited i've been excited this year has already been crazy this year is gonna go down as the greatest of all time in video games in my opinion again if yours is different i can hear it but man, no matter what, this has got to be a top three, top five for everybody who's plays video games. No matter what you're doing, there's something out there. Play what you love. Love what you play. Have a great rest of your weekend, and I'll talk to you all real, real soon. See them. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, y'all stay safe. Take care of yourself. Have a beautiful rest of your Sunday, no matter what time of the day that you ended up listening to this. And uh, if you're listening to this on a different day than Saturday, what's wrong with you? Come check us out on Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time, right here for Lift a Split Screen. Much love. Stay safe, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.